Welcome to Callum's Petty Talk Show. For episode number 10, I'm pleased to have makeup artist Louis Lazera joining us today. He's worked on so many amazing projects, including The Addams Family, several of the Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th entries, and has worked with so many legends of cinema, including Roy Scheider, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Samuel L. Jackson. As always, this episode is sponsored by Pie Bake Shop, delicious pies crafted in the heart of Los Angeles and delivered fresh to your door. Just call 818-986-1441, that's 818-986-1441, or follow them on Instagram at Pie Bake Shop. That's P-I Bake Shop. Louis Lazara, how you doing? Great, how you doing? Thanks for having me. We're doing great. Thanks for being here. So what have you been doing during during the quarantine? Uh, well, I'm writing a book, so I've been working on that a lot and, uh, and watching uh, a lot of, um, catching up on things I never saw before, like House. Never saw House before. Never saw Bones. Really? I'm in like the ninth season. I'm fascinated by it. it shows I never watched. I, I never watched, uh, what's the thing with um, Kelsey Grammer? Uh, Frazier? Frazier, I never saw yeah. it before. <laughs> I, I, I was always working, so I never got to see, uh, you know, TV shows, you know, uh, uh, the ones that were on at night during the week. I was always working, so I never got to see the first run. I, Friends, I didn't see Friends till two years ago. It's my favorite show in the world. Oh, I still have to see Friends. My cousin Elena loves that it's, show. It's, it's, it's brilliant. Yeah. It's so funny. It's a, yeah, especially like the, chemis- the chemistry between all the characters is just insane. Chemistry, <laughs> is, it, that's the most important part of it. All, all these kind of shows that I that are funny, like Psych. Have you seen Psych? No, I, ha- I oh haven't. I've been meaning to watch it's it. It's so funny, but it's it's the characters and their and, and how they react to each other. That's brilliant. Uh, Tim Amundsen, who was who I met on Sequest, was a good, good friend of mine. Very 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 great great guy, and um, he um, he he was on that show playing Lassiter, and uh, it, it's very funny. Brilliant, in fact. They, they have a new movie coming out. Oh really. How did your love for makeup and special makeup effects come to be? Well, I, st- I mean, I loved it when I was a kid, mostly through the uh, uh, Universal horror films, Frankenstein, Dracula, The Mummy. I was I was fascinated by those and trying. When I, I used to have a little room in our basement where I would, there used to be a bathroom and it, and it used to flood, so my father sealed it up and I had a little makeup room in there and I would steal my mother's green eyeshadow and do the you know the Frankenstein makeup cut the doll's eyes out of my sister's dolls and the ones that moved, you know, <laughs> and do like a Quasimodo makeup. My sister hates that. <laughs> Till this day, she moans about it. That's but, uh, yeah, I, and, I had, and from that, I, I, I just loved it. I did some theater. I directed some plays when I was in high school, and then uh, I moved to, to Hollywood when I was uh, 19. And, and, but it's through the universal horror films. That that and, and old movies. I I, I loved um, movies when I was a kid, really young, like six or seven. And mm-hmm. I had a nickname called Late Show Louie. And I would sneak up in the middle of the night and watch like they used to be called the Late Late Show and the Late <laughs> Late Late Show. And I would sit like literally a foot from the television with the sound really low because my parents' bedroom wasn't far from the living room. Yeah. And um, I would sit there watching movies. My mother was amazing. She, she would get she up and catch care. me. Yeah. And she'd come out and she'd, I'd sit on her lap and we'd watch the movies together. Oh, that's I mean, cool. Betty Davis, all those kind of films, which yeah. I loved. I've, I've actually got to work with a lot of those stars. Uh-huh. So Betty You're Davis, I did a film. Wicked Stepmother. Wicked Stepmother, yeah. yeah. I know about it. She left in like the middle of the she production, right? so did I. <laughs> oh, you did too? As soon as she left, I left. Really? I was there for her. I was there because I wanted to work with her. And, 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 and it was an amazing uh, four weeks. But, but um, you know, she actually asked me, I, I didn't do her makeup. She had a makeup artist uh-huh. when, when the film started. Some young kids from like a, one of those agencies, you know, who did beauty makeups only. 
and he didn't mm -hmm. do a great job. Well, she saw the dailies from the test makeups. She came to me and she said, um, I would like you to do my makeup for yeah. the rest of the film. Yeah. And, and I already had Barbara Carrera and, and, and everybody else in the film pretty much. Yeah. I said, I can't do that. But what I'll do, Betty, and I, I really want to do makeup more than anything in the world. Yeah. But I had a lot of prosthetics and stuff. And I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get you a makeup artist who you, you'll be very happy and comfortable with. Uh -huh. I happen to know somebody who did her makeup for like the Whales of August. He was a very good friend of mine named Bob Noring. Who just passed on last year, but mm -hmm. but when she, when she saw that I brought up Bob Norton to do her makeup, she was ecstatic because he made her look just like what she wanted to, what she thought she wanted to look like. Yeah, she had just had her last stroke and she did not look good. And that's why she left was because she hated how she looked, right? Basically, yeah. Yeah, that's not why she left. That's why she they said she left, but the real reason oh, okay. she left was because of her teeth. That she she had to go back to New York and get operations on her teeth. Most people don't uh, know that story. That's the true story. And Larry. She, she blamed Larry too, the director, Larry Cohen. Yeah. Uh, he, he wasn't that nice to her. He thinks he was. He wrote a book about her yeah. and stuff. But he, from his point of view, he was helpful. But Betty, throughout her career, this is Betty Davis we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. You know, she she She's king. knows. <laughs> people said she was, she was uh, hard to work with. No. No. She wanted what was best for the film, uh -huh. always. I mean, at this age, she was 83 at the time, some things weren't really realistic like her hair was a page boy with little points coming out and, mm. and, and she was so thin that we had to glue the hair to her face mm. so because it would flop out things like that and she and in the old days like um, specifically I know the story because she told me a movie called The Great Lie with Betty Davis and, and Mary Astor mm -hmm. and, and they were very very good friends uh, uh, throughout the years and they both worked at Warner Brothers. They were, they were amazing actresses, and they loved each other. And they did a film called The Great Lie. And during the, the, the original test for the film, um, the hairstyles that they both had were, were very similar, and the color was similar. And, and Betty, you know, in long shots and wide shots, Betty said in the dailies, she couldn't tell which was which on screen. And, and that's a smart thing to think about. And so she went to, she went to, to Mary Astor, and she said, I think because of this confusion, I think what we should do is you should cut your hair into a boy's haircut. Very, very short. The character she was playing was a sort of avant-garde pianist. Very, very, you know, uh, you know uh, they always call them long hairs, uh, but, but, you know, musician. And she said, if you do that, I think it'll cause a sensation. It literally did. It caused women to start cutting their hair short all over the world mm. from this hairstyle. And, and also... Um, in the film, during filming, Betty had given Mary Astor the best lines in the film because she kept thinking, this is a line you should be saying. So she's very generous with the actors, mm -hmm. but she didn't get along with a lot of the directors because they weren't, they weren't correct. They weren't, they weren't really making sense for what the characters were. And Betty, Betty was really great with character. And so she gave her the best lines and, and, and Mary Astor won an Academy Award as Best Supporting Actress that year. Mm. because she was so amazing in the film. Mm -hmm. Betty basically gave her the movie. And that happened a lot in her career. And she was very, very, you know, when she was on set, it's hard to, even, even at the age of 83, when she was on set, it was hard not to feel a presence of her. Mm -hmm. You know, her eyes, even at that age, were so clear and so blue, you couldn't stop looking at her. Mm -hmm. And I got along really well with her. We talked and gossiped a lot. I went to her house for lunch. It was great. I was loved working with her. 
lunch, I would sit next to her every day, and we would just, I would just ask her all kinds of questions, and she was hysterical. She had a great laugh. And, um, but one thing that happened that, with the story of Mary Astor, happened again. Mary had this orange hair, basically orange, and, and Colleen Camp, who played her uh, daughter-in-law in the film, had like a strawberry blonde hair, and it was, it was curly. But Betty came to me and she said, I got down on my knees next to her chair and talked to her, and she says, Lou, I think that Colleen's hair and my hair is so similar, people aren't going to know which one of us is on screen. <laughs> Colleen was 29, <laughs> and Betty was 83. So, I mean, I didn't care what the real answer was. I said, absolutely, I will ask her to change her hair. So I went into the makeup room immediately, and I told the story. Everyone giggled, but not in a bad way for Betty. And they, they, okay, you know what? Colleen Camp said, I'll do whatever you want to do let's if, if we have to do that let's make it funny so what she basically did was she took her hair in, a, in, in with both her hands put a giant rubber band around it on top of her head and it like flopped around for half the movie when you watch the film that's what you're going to see yeah and, and that was because betty asked her to change her hair mm -hmm. and uh you, you do what betty wants we had we had Betty with making that film with her there was was unbelievable there was no mm -hmm. nothing like it and we, we we shot we started the film in this house in in, in uh, Hancock Park, and and we're shooting the opening scene of the film in the hallway, and we wrapped this the third day. We're still shooting in the hallway. Mm. Nobody knew why, but third day, they call lunch. I was reading a book and I was sitting right behind Betty in my chair, and 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 Betty had this big white hat on, and and they yelled cut, and she didn't get up out of her chair, and neither did I. And I've continued reading. A lot of times I didn't go to lunch, I would keep reading. Yeah. And, and she turned around very slowly towards me. And I could see the hat moving. I knew she was coming all the way around. She came all the way around and she looked at me and she said, Lou, are we going to shoot the whole fucking movie in the hallway? <laughs> <laughs> I could see I that. Said, I hope not, Betty. <laughs> Miss D, she came, she made an announcement like the second day of filming. Yeah. Uh, everyone didn't know what to call her. Yeah. The director kept calling her Betty and she hated it. And, and he said, please, Larry, call me uh, Miss Davis or, or, or whatever, something, but something with some respect. And she asked the crew to call her. Uh, originally, it was BD. And about the second week of filming, her daughter, whose name was BD, uh. Betty Davis, um, uh, came out with a book, a very damning book about Betty. And, and the name of the, was, the book was BD. So Betty came to the crew that day and said, this book, a horrible book about me has just come out. Um, she said... Um, I would prefer if everyone called me Miss D. Miss D. Or Miss D. The crew called her Miss D from then on, as, as did I. Uh -huh. And uh, that was it. She called me, the best was at night um, when she called me up, uh, because in the old days, you know, they would call, the makeup artist knows everything. You, you know everything that's happening on set. Because uh -huh. all the actors are in your chair. And um, so one night, it's a Friday, it was a Friday night, and um, I had gone and seen dailies. And... Um, I get a call on the phone, and, and, and I never forget this day because I I was pacing my house on the phone. I didn't yeah. know what to do. Betty Davis is calling you, <laughs> and, and and in the middle of the conversation, here was the cool thing was in the middle of the conversation. She says, "Hold on a minute," and I could hear her spending two minutes lighting a cigarette, <laughs> uh -huh. looking for her matches, striking the match, lighting a cigarette. Okay, she says, "I'm settled now." So what happened today in Dailies? And then we go on from there. And Larry did a, did a shot that's in the film that was really horrible to her. You know, the famous feud about Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. Mm -hmm. It's a very famous feud from, from when they did uh, 
whatever happened to Baby Jane. But Larry decides that in one of the scenes, he was going to start on a close-up of Colleen Camp, come around the back of her head, and show the photo that Colleen was in her hands and crying to. Because the, the, the picture was supposed to be um, Colleen Camp's mother, real yeah, mother. Yeah. Betty was a stepmother. When the camera comes around and looks at the picture, it's Joan Crawford in the picture. And when, when Betty went to see that, she, she, she's not happy. And, then, and the next day, she was off the film. I thought that was the reason, mm-hmm. but it wasn't really. And, it wasn't, and how she looked was part of it, but really, it was her teeth. She, she was in very bad pain, and, oh and, and she had to have an operation. She died like six months later. Uh-huh. But it was very sad. But I, the time I spent with her, for me, was really amazing. And, mm-hmm. and to have talked to her, and, and you know, I brought up things like Turner classics, you know, Turner, um, Ted Turner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said to her, I said, Betty, what do you think about, it was the time when they were colorizing film. Just started doing that. I said, Betty, what do you think about the colorizing of your films? And, and, and I said, I, I just saw Dark Victory, and she said to me, and you have to know the film and know her, or at least film history to know what she was saying. She said, Judith Traherne, which was her character in the film, mm-hmm. would never have a pink bedroom. Uh-huh. And I said, what color was it? She said, it was all white. And that's very important to the film, because an all white bedroom in a film back in those days was very regal and very expensive and and you know, it was an Art Deco style. Yeah. And and when you saw a giant room like that, you know, usually you expect to see Joan Har- Jean Harlow in a film like that, you know, in a room like that. Mm-hmm. But she said that she would never have that, and therefore, it's 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 wrong for the for, to colorize the films. Mm-hmm. She was right. They colorize them now, but they're so much better. So much better. Yeah. Yeah. So did you have any good moments working with Larry Cohen, or did you enjoy working with him? Um, or was he kind yes, of tough I, on that one? I, I left the film. Yeah. So I, I, I knew I didn't want to be there. I didn't, I didn't care for him. Yeah. I didn't like how disrespectful he was to Betty. Yeah. Um, he was a brilliant writer. Uh-huh. He, he did a film called Quantus Squatsy, I think it was called. Okay. Great, great horror film. The big monster and things. The one that's on the building? Yes. The Q? Yes. Wing Serpent? Q. But it's Quantus Squatsy is the actual Oh, that's the full, the full word of it. Okay. But it's Q, yeah. Yeah. And... um. And I liked that film a lot. And, yeah. and I, um, what he, he was so smart how when Betty left, what is he going to do? You know, he, he could have gotten the money mm-hmm. uh, just to just shut the film down and not do anything else from insurance. But he was smart to keep going. So he took the money and he kept going. And, and what he did was he took, he made uh, Barbara Carrera, who was amazing to work with. I loved her. Mm-hmm. But Barbara Carrera, she played Betty, right in the beginning of the film, Betty turns her into a cat in the original script. What he did was he had Barbara Carrera turn Betty into a cat. Mm. So, you know, for the rest of the film, Betty plays a chain-smoking cat. <laughs> <laughs> Which actually, my friend, my friend uh, Tony Gardner built the cat. It was hysterical. It was so well done. <laughs> and, um, uh, but you didn't get to see that because you laughed, right? You didn't get to see like the... I, I wasn't on set for that. No. no. I did come back one day. Okay. Because my, my, my second, uh, Dane Johnson, who was my second for many years, he does... Um, He's only done like three things in the past 30 years. He's done Angel. Adam's Family? No, he did Angel, the TV series. Okay. And then um, he just finished like 15 years on on uh, uh, that, that that's, um, oh, uh, what's it called? Shoot. It's a um, a cop show. You would know this? Is it recent? Or? The, one they, the one that, what's his name, walked off of, uh, Manny Patinkin. Uh, which, which decade was it? 
Uh, who's on the show? I'm trying to think who's on the show now. It's Joe Montagna. Oh, Criminal Minds. Criminal Minds. Yeah. That's oh, like 15 okay. years he's been on that show. But he, he took over the movie when I left. And um, I've been trying to get Betty's wig back from him all these years. But um, he, um, he's very talented at makeup artist. But he, he did all that stuff after I left. And um, there wasn't much special makeup effects because I had done all that. We had shot all that while I was still there. Mm-hmm. Like, like a, <clears throat> a Lionel Stander, who was one of the 10 people who was... Uh, who was blacklisted during the black the black big black blacklisting in Hollywood? Um, he was one of the ten people who was told that he was a communist and he really wasn't. But he was in the film. He played Betty's uh, 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 husband, and I had to make him bald because mm-hmm. he had a ton of hair. And, and Betty makes his hair grow back in the film because because uh, she she wants him to have hair. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want a husband with no hair. It's, it's very funny, but. He did a good job with the film. He hired a bunch of old-time actresses to come and be in the show and a bunch of TV mm-hmm. stars. You know, uh, the father who was in um, Happy Days and uh, stuff like that. He hired um, Evelyn Keyes, famous actress who was in Gone with the Wind and Glory to Haven. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hired these other people to come in and sort of fill in this, the dead space. And, and the film turned out okay, I guess. Mm-hmm. I've, never seen, I've never seen it. Mm-hmm. So... so- Tell us about the beginning and you moving to Hollywood from New Jersey. Uh, I, I sold there. I decided one day, just I was 19, I said, I'm going to sell everything and move. I, I, I think I had two giant barrels shipped to me with my books and my, and my uh, other stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I moved to Hollywood. I, I, um, uh, one day, after about maybe six or eight weeks of being here, I was in Hollywood, in Hollywood on Cahuenga. Okay. It's still there, but it's not as much smaller than it used to be. It's called the Hollywood Book and News uh-huh. on Coenga, right on the corner there of Hollywood Boulevard in Coenga. Yeah. And um, I was there looking at magazines. There was oh, thousands of magazines back then and a lot of horror magazines. And I, was, I saw this guy reading Fangoria with his wife. And I, I tell it later they were, they were married. But he, he had a, a shirt on that said Makeup Effects Laboratory mm-hmm. on it. And I just walked up to him and said, excuse me, what is this place? And we started up a conversation, and he and his wife invited me to come up to a barbecue that weekend in the valley where the place was. And then he said, come over, come over on Monday, and I'll introduce you to everybody that owns the place. And um, I started for maybe six months going up there whenever I could, because mm-hmm. I was working in, at the May Company. I would take a bus up there. It took forever, like mm-hmm. three hours. And um, it was on Laurel Canyon and Sherman Way. It's still there. It's called Mega Effects Lab, and um, kind of schlocky, but but mm-hmm. you know they're there for years. So, uh, but um, I, I I started sweeping the floor, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and fixing things. How I how I really shocked them was my last when I was seventeen. Uh, one of my summer jobs was working for Craftsman Tools, and I fixing tools. Mm-hmm. And, and and Craftsman Tools have one moving part in them. Basically, you take them apart, you um, you bang it with a hammer put the alignment back in because people drop the tool and it gets out of alignment. Yeah. Put it back in and screw it back together and charge them 30 bucks. And, and, and I did that for two, two summers. So I knew how to fix any craftsman tool. Mm-hmm. And they had a, in their tool, in their tool shed at, at this place, they had maybe two apple crates mm-hmm. filled with tools, like 25 tools. And um, I didn't have any money and they were all going to lunch one day and they said, well, you want to go to lunch? I'm like, no, no I'm, I'm good. I'll just hang around here till you guys come back. And I saw the tools and I, took them all out and I fixed them in like an hour and had them all set up, all plugged in. Mm-hmm. When they came back, everything was working. They were very happy. 
They call me fabulous. That's how I got my nickname, Fab. <laughs> and um, and uh, after that, uh, things like that would happen. Like uh, right after that, these two producers came in on a Friday night, and they said, "We're going to give you until Monday to sculpt these giant rat heads mm-hmm. for a film called Deadly Eyes." And started Scatman Crothers. Saw that once a long time ago. Did you really? Yeah, <laughs> it's really bad. Anyway, um, so they turned to me and they said, "Can you can you sculpt?" And I, because they they wanted four heads. Yeah, uh, five heads, and there were there were four of them, and me, and they turned to me right away. And they said, well, "We have to have this done by Monday. We're going to stay all weekend. Can you sculpt?" And I'm like, "Sure, absolutely." Never sculpted before in my life. <laughs> Not even in, in in art school, you know, art class in, yeah. in, in grammar school, and um, so uh, they said, um, "Where are your tools?" Mm-hmm. I said, oh, they haven't been shipped from New Jersey yet. I know, what am I going to say, right? So I sort of borrowed tools from everybody, and I just watched what they did. Mm-hmm. Very slowly, I was always a step behind them. They built an armature, which is the inside of the sculpture that holds the sculpture up. I just built my armature like they did. I just watched what they did, mm-hmm. and I copied it. And the same thing with the sculpture. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at copying anything, mm-hmm. whether it's a, a drawing or a, a makeup, whatever. But... I watched what they were doing and I would take this one had a great ear that had like a bite out of it it turned down and somebody had a, a schnozzle on the on the rack that was like 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 mean looking and big teeth so I stole that and somebody else had another thing that was really cool like you know uh, wrinkles around the neck and stuff so I, I stole everybody's little parts of everybody's sculpture and put them in mine and on Monday when the producers came back they picked my sculpture as the main rat in the film oh cool so they were kind of forced to hire me yeah <laughs> And then I was there for uh, not long after that, maybe maybe six months, and I started doing other jobs. I, uh-huh. I met David Miller. That's the guy I met on the street that day in, in Hollywood. Was David Miller, mm-hmm. and um, and we became fast friends. And um, he started doing. He, he left there and went and opened his own shop. What I didn't know at the time was what people would do is because people were always coming and going. Mm-hmm. So when they were doing a film of their own, when they were done, they would always come back to make effects lab mm-hmm. or whatever lab it was. Yeah, whether it was Rick Baker's or. Uh, Greg Cannons or whoever it was. Mm-hmm. And so I, I started, Dave asked me to do a film, uh, which was, um, I had done Friday the 13th already, mm-hmm. part three, but it hadn't come out yet. And Dave Miller asked me to come and do Beastmaster. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was that. So I, got, I, was, I, I did a lot of ball caps on Beastmaster. I, mm-hmm. I was the department head on second unit. Originally, because Dave always got me jobs on the films doing his makeups that he designed. So he would build them or design them in the lab, and then I would go and, and, and do the makeup on set. That's how I got um, Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one, mm-hmm. doing the Freddy Krueger makeup, which I did the entire film. I did Freddy's makeup, mm-hmm. Robert's makeup, and uh, from Dave Miller, because he designed mm-hmm. the makeup. And he was in the lab still building things like the telephone with the tongue, you mm-hmm. know, that kind of stuff. He was there building those things. All the classic stuff. I was stuff. on set, yeah. Yeah. The, you know, the, the Johnny Depp's body coming out of the, out of the bed, <laughs> and that kind of stuff. That's one of my favorite kills ever. That that's just perfect. Johnny Depp. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, we, we, there, there's a picture that I, I gave to you guys of Dave and I on set with a sort of a, a skeleton head. Yeah. And, and um, behind me, if you look behind me, you'll see um, you'll see Wes Craven directing the scene. Okay. Which which most people don't notice he's in it. I was that that film was. Uh, I think by then I had actually done some other really crappy little films, and. Um, but I really, I knew they were bad. Mm-hmm. And this one wasn't bad while we were filming it. It was mm-hmm. really 
Wes was it was Wes that was doing it. It was Wes and his script, mm. and and he was so amazing to be to work with. And what <clears throat> one day there's um you know the scene with the with the giant um uh the giant room that spins oh yeah with the blood and all that yep well um the guys the special effects guys um, on the film Jim Doyle the, spe- the head special effects man mm-hmm. who's brilliant I mm-hmm. worked in my many films. And um, his group, his 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 friends. I mean, his his assistants, uh, Peter Kelly and Joe, um, uh, Lou Carlucci, and those guys. But I was sitting on set. I, I would often because I like to read. Yeah. Often when I was on a movie set, I would go into the, you know, behind the curtain somewhere, find a place where there was a little bit of light mm-hmm. so I could read. And I would sit there, and I was sitting on the set where the giant uh, turntable, the turning thing was, um, and they called lunch. Mm-hmm. Again, I didn't get up. I would stay and finish the book. And out of the corner of my eye, I see Wes come over. He didn't see me. It was really dark. Yeah. Wes comes over, Wes Craven. He, he's standing there, and he's looking at this giant behemoth of a, a set that they had built that cost well, it cost a lot of money. I don't know, mm-hmm. like maybe a million dollars, which for that film was a lot of money. A lot, yeah. And it was very important to the film. And he's standing there, and he turns, and he, he, he hears me, and he turns, and he looks at me, and he goes... I said, you worried about you worried about this uh, tomorrow, Wes? And he's like, it's going to make the film or break the film. Yeah. Because it's got to work. And it worked beautifully. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim Doyle is brilliant. And they use that twice. They use that for Tina's scene. Yeah. And then they used it for Johnny's the, death. The, with, yeah, the, the blood was Tina's scene, yeah? What was the blood that spins in the room? And, when, when it comes out of the bed, that's Johnny's. Yeah. And they then, fill the room with blood, right? Yes, that's Johnny's that was, that death. That was on the... That was on the um, it's called a gimbal, mm-hmm. that thing. It's the same thing that they used when Fred Astaire danced on the ceiling in, in uh, uh, um, Royal Wedding. Mm-hmm. You know that famous scene? Mm-hmm. That's the same thing as a gimbal. It's a room that's just on a big spinning wheel mm-hmm. built into the wheel, and they just turn it. And as they turn it, you can move them to the wall or to the ceiling. But Don't they still it. have that same room like to this day, or is it, is it still being used? No, they take them apart. They're they take them apart? Oh, okay. They, they, they take up too much soundstage space. Oh, I see. They would build them for the film, and, and that was very expensive, that one. But yeah. the blood, I mean, after they, they, I think they, I think, if I remember correctly, they did fill it with water first to try okay. it. Not so much for the blood, you know. Just, just yeah, yeah, just to see how it works. It, it was fine, but everyone was worried about the blood. I mean, it was everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't really do that many takes. <laughs> yeah. But it was a lot of it was a lot of fun. All those effects back then, there was no there was such thing as CGI. Mm-hmm. You know, it was either a matte painting, mm-hmm. something you know, a scene painted on glass. Yep. Uh, in the distance, or like in Beastmaster, we did a lot of um, a lot of maquettes where they would build um, the castle, uh, and it would be maybe this wide and this long castle trees, and then they would put that on a stand right in front of the actors. Mm-hmm. Like right here, and the actual mountain was, you know, six hundred yards away, mm-hmm. and it looks like the actor, when the actor runs in front of that maquette, it looks like he's running up a hill going to the castle. Because it's 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 set in a way that it's it's just amazing, all practical. Mm-hmm. Nothing was digital or or uh, uh, you know done in the camera. It was just all uh, we did we did all our effects that way. How was working with Don Coscarelli? I remember him having a beard. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I remember, I was very busy on that film because um, I did, the, there were these um, priests. Okay. The film. Did you ever see the film? 
Beastmaster? Yeah. Yeah, a long time ago. There, yeah. these, there were these priests in the film, a lot of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of them. And they all had bald heads. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and, back, and don't forget, it's, it's long hair days back then. Yeah. So every one of them had to have a ball cap on. Mm-hmm. And I never did ball cap in my life until that film. <laughs> First couple ones weren't that great. But after what you're doing 10 or 15 a day, every day, you get really fast and really good at it. Mm-hmm. And, and they, they, they were pretty good. We had the witches in that film I did. Um, Dave Miller did the makeup for it. Yeah. Uh, we did the witches and um, a couple other prosthetic things. There's a funny thing in the film. I tease Dave about it to this day because uh, Rip Torn, who played the, 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 pre, the, mm-hmm. the main priest, the bad guy, um, he wouldn't wear a prosthetic nose. He wouldn't wear a foam rubber nose. He wanted it because he came from the theater. Okay. Many, many Broadway plays. He wanted to have uh, wax. Mm. used to make his nose big and he would read the paper and then touch his nose and get black all over it. Or he, would, he would rub his nose and it would you know it. <laughs> I mean, put his glasses on and dent it oh and no it was impossible to keep up with him with that but that was Dave's, that was Dave, Dave it was the one thing Dave did it was only two days at work but Dave came to the set for that because I had all those ball caps yeah but um I read a good majority of Don's book, True Indie. He talks about the misery endured during the making of the Beastmaster, including the original animal trainer getting fired in the middle of filming by the producers. And he said the animals weren't working on their cues. Oh, my God, the, the, the tiger. I, I, had to help, I had to help dye the tiger black. <laughs> and it had stripes. Yeah. But in the film, it's black. Um, that was a pain in the butt. But yeah. it got loose one day in the soundstage. And, and it was huge. It was, like, bigger than me. I no. mean, two times bigger than me. Yeah. And now... You don't know what they know. What you don't know the whole cast and crew are on set. Yeah, and they start yelling out, "Don't move! Don't do not move! If you move, he will come up to you, want to play with you, and push you down. You're gonna think he's attacking you, and he's not. But don't move. He's more afraid of you than you are of him. And that was the truth. He crawled. He crawled under one of the big uh, uh, sets for the the, the pyramid mm-hmm. sets, mm-hmm. and and they finally got him out of there. But eventually, they let us walk out one at a time to leave the sound stage. But it literally took three or four hours to with that but and we had the ferrets which were biting everybody oh god and then we had um the hawk which never did anything on cue yeah and um jesus oh my god this we would be shooting at, in simi valley in these sandstorms yeah i mean it would get really bad and now you know john amos who was just wonderful john amos and 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 um uh for um mark singer you know they're probably naked in the film they got like these loincloths yeah. and you know some leather strap and that's it so i, I my, one of my jobs was to was to oil them up with with baby oil mm. before the shots so that they look you know it's called hero oil yeah and 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 every day the wind would blow and poor john amos he would get covered in sand mm-hmm. and then the director would yell don would yell uh he's too dry we need more you know, oil on him, and I go up to him, and he's got sand stuck to him. Yeah. And I'm trying to put new oil on, right, wipe him down, and put new oil on. And it's, it's like, it's like scratching him. And, and he yells at me one day, he's like, uh, You know, honey, you're not based in a turkey here. So let's, let's you know, not so hard. But um, <laughs> it was a tough movie. It was really tough. The, 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 there was, uh, John Beekler did these giant creatures that didn't work. Mm-hmm. Often, when they did work, they were really well done. Mm-hmm. He was the best. I met him a long time ago. John Beagle, yeah, he's yeah, a nice guy. A very nice guy. Nice guy. But th- those were th- those were difficult to work with. Yeah. Um, but so Don was cool though. Yeah, he was. I remember just being a nice guy. Yeah. I don't remember him screaming or yelling or anything no. like that. Others did, but not him. yeah, we heard we heard a story about you want to tell him about the phantasm. I just always heard 
Well, Phantasm like is things. a whole a whole other breed. Apparently, oh yeah, it was really bad filming. Like, that oh, okay. was a bad movie to film. The first one? Or are we talking about the sequels? I don't know. Whatever he did. Because the sequel, or the like the third one, you want to tell him about the Did end? he do one or two of them? Well, he did a... He did like the first four, right? He did the first four, and I think somebody Produced else directed the, the fifth, fifth one. I think somebody else directed the fifth one. But uh, no, because like, I, I had a friend, uh, I won't mention his name, but he's unfortunately no longer here. But um, he had like a connection with the Phantasm family, and he told me that there was a lot of tension between Angus and Don during the filming of the third Angus, one. The older guy. But yeah. Yeah. Angus was the tall man. Uh, yeah. He passed away four years ago, I yeah. think. Yeah, probably. His, his, I know his makeup, Mark Schostrom, you asked me about mm-hmm. earlier, yeah. was his makeup artist for that. And, and, um, and they were very, very close friends and, and sort of a confidant during that film. And I remember, mm-hmm. I do remember, I didn't know that, that Don directed those cause I wasn't involved in them. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, now it makes sense that he, it was difficult. Mm-hmm. I've heard stories actually. Yeah, I just he was really nice when I met him though, so I, I was just curious. Don. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, super for, nice for, guy. For Beastmaster, he was. He was. He was a taskmaster. Yeah. But but um, I was young and I didn't know any better. Yeah. I mean, you know, like I said, I was rolling up cable at the end of the night. Yeah. What did I know? Yeah. Well, he sounded know, like he was super stressed on Beastmaster, like from his yeah. book. Yeah, the book made it sound he like it was been, hell. I didn't notice it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's different when there's fan interaction and then you're working with someone. Sometimes, like, with fans, they can be the sweetest person, but then, you know, it's different, like, when you're working one-on-one with them, of course. It's true. It, 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 like, like with Jim Cameron, which we'll talk about later, but, you know, it's, it's a whole other breed of, of, of stress mm-hmm. working with him because Jim thinks he can do everybody's job. He can. He's so talented. He can do everybody's job, but that's not how film works. No. I'm here to do something for you. You hired me. Do something. This is actually what I said to him. You hired me to be here. If you don't want me to be here, just let me know. Mm-hmm. And I, you know I handed him a towel. I said, "Now you clean it up." Yeah. You, know, you poured act. You poured blood all over one of the actors. Uh, it was on. Um, it was uh, Arnold. Mm. And, and he should have done that because that was a mess. Yeah. Blood was everywhere. And, and he's like, "Well, just clean it up." I'm like, "No, you clean it up. You made the mess." Yeah, <laughs> you clean it up. Good. And the next day, you know, the next day was good morning, Lewis. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's nice when that happens. That kind of mindset. I've had a couple of directors I have run-ins with that like that. Mm-hmm. But 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 Jim's so talented. He doesn't know. He doesn't know he's doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. Have you ever seen um, uh, um, Bones, the TV series? I have never seen it, but I heard it's good. Bones. Yeah. You know that. So that the, the main lady who plays Bones on it, so she has no clue what she's saying because she doesn't understand emotion. Mm-hmm. She just says. You know what she's thinking mm-hmm. at the time, and it comes right out. And Jim's Jim's just like that, so talented. I mean, I I can't. I, I really don't. Other than I worked with John Frankenheimer, who's brilliant, um, and a couple other uh, Peter Himes, brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 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 Jim Jim Cameron's in another another league mm-hmm. because he's he's thinking in many different ways, and he's so talented. He started out as a, a set designer. Oh really. How did you get hired to do the special makeup effects on Friday the 13th, part three? Three. I was working for a company called uh, Makeup Effects Lab, and I was just, I was just, uh, I had worked, you know, I worked in the lab a lot. I, I, I started to show them what I could do on little jobs they would send me on there. Um, sorority, sorority. Massacre, sorority house massacre. Yeah, one yeah. of those slumber massacre or slumber party massacre. Yeah, that one. Well, I worked oh, yeah. on that, doing some some effects for them. Oh, cool. I don't have it. I don't even know if it's on my IMDb. I have a lot of films like that, the small little horror films. 
where I would go in and do one thing. Yeah. yeah. But I worked for them and they paid me. We, we literally just visited visited the filming locations from that, like oh, really? not even a month ago. Where, where was that house? Um, that it's, they shoot with a pool? Um, we went to the it, school. Was it like in East L.A. somewhere? Yeah. East LA. yeah that's what I remember. Or wait, wait, wait. Was it Venice? Oh, Venice. Yes. It was Venice. Right, right, yeah. Venice, yes. Yeah. All three houses are like right next to each other. I, I remember. I remember going there. Yeah. I remember. I remember doing some effects around the pool. Yeah. yeah somebody yeah. gets stabbed or something. Oh, yeah. Or, or, or what's the thing where something somebody's eye? Maybe that's part three. I've seen all three. I've only seen the sec the second and third one like twice, maybe. But, but um, I, also on the set for that, yeah. not all the time because they were building things. Yeah. Was Kenny Myers and uh, Doug White. Okay. Uh, and, and, and Alan Rapone once in a while. But, but what happened after a while, I just got left to do everything myself. Yeah. Which is what happened to me a lot because I, 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 I was very good at my job, and, mm -hmm. but, but I didn't know really. I just would say, just let me finish it. You swing it. <laughs> <laughs> Typical me. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and they would they would let me do it. Hell yeah. Because they, they were just, this, this, I mean, when we did part three, it looked like a piece of junk. Yeah. You know, I, I, you don't know when you're making them, which wasn't going to be good. I mean, I did a movie called Please Don't Eat the Babies. So you don't know what's going to happen at the end, how they're going to turn out. Um, but that was directed by um, uh, very, Steve Miner, yeah. who very, became a very close friend years because I'd done, I'd done like four movies with him. H2O, and, yeah. Yeah, and um, um, Warlock, which I walked Warlock, yeah. I'll tell you a great story about that. Um, I've actually never seen Warlock, but I met Julian Sands like, at the first convention I ever... Smelliest actor I ever met in my life. Never he's, he's what? Smelliest actor I ever met. Really? Never, never showered. Oh. I actually... I'd actually say you cannot come in the makeup trailer and get your makeup done anymore until you take a shower. Oh my god! And what he did was he didn't even do that because we were out we were out in the uh, in the desert shooting. And he, he went over to the caterer and asked them for a bucket of uh, hot water, and he literally showered. He took his, all his clothes off, except his underwear, and literally sh you know like, like a horror shower. A, yeah, a sponge, a sponge bath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he smelled much. He smelled much better. But oh and my I, god! I said, did you even use soap? Yeah. Well, see, a British, I, I, this is not a general thing about British men, but a lot of, <laughs> lot of times in England, what happens is yeah. when they're going to school, they didn't get hot water to take showers in. They stayed at school, you know, like yeah. in, those, in, in public schools, not private, public. Uh -huh. They were staying, you know, they had a place to sleep in the, in the dormitories, but they didn't shower ever because the f water was ice cold. Mm -hmm. They were never given hot water. Mm -hmm. So that is, I found out over the years, that is the reason that a lot of the British actors smell mm -hmm. <laughs> so badly. But not all of them. <laughs> the three D was great to work with. He was very sweet. No, yeah, the uh, the 3D in the film is hilarious and obvious. It's I've been so bad. I've been fortunate enough to see the film in 3D at the Egyptian in Hollywood. Part three. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, the, 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 I mean, you can even see like the the thing that went into the, the spear that went to the girl's <laughs> eye. It's like shaking as it's going. It's hilarious. When, when we did that, it was on the wire. It was so long. Yeah. So far away, there was no way to control that yeah. unless it was attached to something at both ends. Yeah. It wasn't. One was attached to her. Yeah. And the other one was, we were just holding it. No, yeah. And we would just push the arrow and a hole in the middle of it. We'd push the arrow yeah. and look out to the other end. The 3D gra the gags are just hilarious, though, like the, the, the popcorn when, popping. Uh, Paul Cracker, <laughs> Paul is his name, when we squished his head. Squished his head, yeah. <laughs> actually, there's a photo in there. You'll see a photo of me actually pulling on some wires to make the eyes come yeah. out. So what, was it more of a challenge than having to adapt the makeup effects to the 3D? I mean, nothing was a challenge for me. I wanted to do everything. Nothing, Because okay. I was so young. Yeah. I never found anything to be like difficult or uh, because because I, I wanted to be there so badly. You wanted to I figure was it out. Loving it, yeah. yeah. Um, they would actually let me alone. There's uh, who's the guy who gets his neck slashed? Uh, 
uh, I, I, Larry I'm Turner. Oh, uh, oh yeah, okay, Larry's, yeah, Larry, yeah. Sweet, wily, nice he's hilarious guy. in that. Is he, a, is he an actual goofball in real life, very like he funny, was in the very, movie? Very funny. Yeah, <laughs> very nice. He seems like but it. Very sweet. Yeah. And we, when I, there's a bunch of photos you'll see with me um, putting his prosthetics on and and and, and putting the blood on him for his yeah. slit neck. But um, uh, there's also other photos with somebody helping me, mm-hmm. which um, uh, Doug White was 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 using that. But mm-hmm. but they would eventually just go off to something else. And and I ended up being the same thing, same thing with Robert Englund's makeup. Um, Dave Miller did the first um, makeup on him in the test mm-hmm. back at the stu- back at his in his studio, uh, in his shop, and and then from that from the first day on set, I did his makeup and mm-hmm. removed it every day for the whole film. Mm-hmm. Later on, when when um, uh, years later when I was doing part, I don't it was five or six, but it, was, it had to be ninety one because I was doing Adam's Family. At the exact same time, I was doing both films. At night, I was shooting Nightmare, and during the day, I was shooting um, uh, Adam Sandler. Wow! And it was it was hard. It was that's a like lot. A month solid of that, and then maybe two months. No but sleep. I had to have somebody come and take his makeup off yeah. for me. I couldn't do that because I was I had to usually run and get an hour of sleep so I can go to the other. Exactly. Set. I was actually sleeping at Hollywood Center Studios. It was like they they put a couch in the makeup room for me. Oh my god! Because uh, they knew what I was doing. Yeah. And. Um, the budget on um, Friday Thirteenth Part Three was two point three million, and it grossed nine point four opening weekend. So that's, that's that's four times as much. Yeah, it's like it's like now you know blockbuster now. Yeah, insane. It costs two hundred million to make it, and, and and they make you know a trillion. Yeah, on the film, it's, it's the crazy. Same, it's the same thing. It grossed thirty seven million at the box office overall. Oh, did it really? Yeah. I I I it's, I I don't remember seeing it in the theater. No. I don't think I did. Really? Even with the 3D, you weren't like I intrigued. I must have. I must yeah, have. You must have. I must have, but I, I, I might have gone to the to the cast and crew screening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I went to anything, it was a cast and crew screening. Okay. Very few times when I go to a theater and see the film, unless a friend or a relative, or I was taking my nephews, you know. But I would because once I got to the stage of like Arnold and those mm-hmm. guys and Roy Scheider, um, I was usually working in. Yeah. By the time they got to the screenings and stuff. So Jason kills 12 people in part three. How many of those did you work on in terms of the kills? Most of them. Most of them, right? I could, I could tell you by seeing them. Yeah. But I couldn't tell you exactly a number. Did you do that split in two effect on yes. the character of Andy? There, you'll see a, a photo here with me and Larry Carr. We did, that, uh, we did the, the body of that. You'll see us taking a life cast of his entire body. And then, um, and then the, when it was placed up in the rafters, mm-hmm. I... Uh, it was, it was a fake body with his body. Yeah. And we would work it together where his body was sort of shoved into the ceiling or, or, or side wall. And then the, the fake pieces were just placed there and poured blood on it. I did that. Uh, I, we, we also built those pieces. Yeah. Uh, I did the, the eyeball thing. You did, you did the one where he's, one. he has the, uh, the belt on his eyes. That's from part five. That's five. Yeah, that's five. You're right. Yeah, I did, I did all, 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 every one in part five I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's only one I didn't do because it's somebody. It's somebody had used their hand, and the director didn't like my hand or something. <laughs> I, Danny, his name was Danny something. Um, I, he was not a good director. He wasn't. Yeah. He made a lot of mistakes, but 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 um, he chose um, for that. I was at that for that film. I was working for Marty Becker. I was hired by his company to come in and work the set and do all the makeups on set. Mm-hmm. But I, for that movie, I was paid by the, the company, so I got a credit. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on the whole dream sequence at the ending? Do you think it was necessary? Where he where he put, where he opens the drawer and finds the mask. 
in, in part three. Part three. Part three. Yeah. yeah. Couldn't even tell you what that was. I don't remember. Oh, okay. It was a dream sequence. The, it was where... Uh, the barn. Yeah, like... No, no, no. It's after the barn. The bar- it was after the barn where... Um, yeah, but he's, he still wakes up, like, at the window, right? Yeah, like, like, Jason just happens to be at the window, and, like, the girl is in a... The, the boat. The lake, yeah. Yeah, and then... I remember he, the boat. I remember the boat. And then, like, but, a corpse of Pamela Voorhees comes out of the water. And as, like, zom- right? like zombified. Stuff all over him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And she comes uh, out. I, I, I always think... I always think... I, I hate what-if films. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, um, uh, what was the one that came out this year? The big Hollywood one with um, Brad Pitt won an Oscar for it. Um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Once Upon a Time yeah. in Hollywood. I hate those kind of films because yeah. that didn't happen in real life. And it's historical. <laughs> what if? What <laughs> if? It's a what if film. That, <laughs> that kind of a, a dream sequence is a what if. Yeah. Well, there yeah. was a there was an alternate ending filmed for part three where I think, uh, yeah, the character of Chris where Jason comes out and like decapitates her. Yeah. Is, did you work on that? Yeah. Or was that somebody? Like, so why didn't, was there a reason why they didn't use that ending instead? They had no, to rip off the original. It happens after we're done with the film. Yeah, gotcha. it happens in the editing room usually, yeah. with the director involved. Gotcha. Yeah, those kind of things are not. A lot of times on films, not those films, uh, like Halloween H two O was very secret about the script. Yeah. And you had to sign something to get a script, and your name yeah. was on it. Every page, your name's on every page, and there's a number, and yeah. so you can't copy it. And that most of the big Arnold films, all those are all like that. Uh-huh. But but um, so you you knew when something was changing, uh-huh. especially with Arnold. I mean. Many, many, many changes were made during filming of uh, uh, Terminator 3. Oh, Huge yeah. changes. Uh-huh. That cost millions. Mm. And Mar- Arnold paid for some of them. Of course. he wanted them so badly. We, we realized right, right after the first couple of weeks filming most of the films at night, uh-huh. we realized because of lighting, it was going to cost double what the film was going to cost. Oof. So they changed the whole sequence. The big sequence with, with uh, Christana uh-huh. is all day, daytime. We filmed at daytime. But that was a big, 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 big decision to make. Mm-hmm. Also firing the first actress who played uh, the Claire Danes part. Okay. We've worked for weeks with her, and she just kept gaining weight and gaining weight. Sweet girl. Yeah. But she was so nervous. and. and That's tough. Couldn't tell you how many olives she ate. <laughs> she <was very laughs> sweet. Her name was Sophia Bush. Great actress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She went out to do some, one of those, you know, kids shows like OC or something. Okay. But um, her father was a famous, a famous photographer. Um, named um, um, George Bush? No, John. No, uh, I can't remember. But he he filmed he he would filmed he, did, he photographs all the famous actresses through the seventies and eighties. Charles Bush. Um. So part part five. Let's get to that now. Uh, it's an absolute guilty pleasure amongst some Friday fans, but widely disregarded by people who hate the fact that Jason is not the killer. That's. The biggest thing that I always find online, I hear, yeah. people always ask me that question about why, what, what, to me it didn't matter. Yeah, it didn't matter. Because yeah. whether it's a good film or not, has nothing to do with that. You had to make the kills look good. <laughs> it was about the kill. No, no, not for me. I, I'm always interested in the script. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but who directed that? Um, oh, that was, uh, that was, that was Danny. Um, yeah. Yeah, it he, wasn't minor again. I didn't have much. It, it, input from him when I was doing things. I remember when, when what's his name got his head chopped off, um, uh-huh. which he, I gave him the head at the end of the film. He has it. Okay. After. Um, but but um, when we did that, I remember him directing me about how to throw the head into the scene in front of the camera. He wanted it to fall a certain way. And, and you're, you're throwing a giant rubber ball oh, right. into the middle of the scene. Yeah. Right, yeah. 
and you don't know where it's going to bounce. You have no idea. I mean, solid rubber. Uh, we, we shot that for quite a while, a couple hours, throwing that head in. Carol Locatello played the mom, his mom. Mm -hmm. yeah. Hysterical, so sweet. I mean, one of the one of the nicest ladies there who worked with. She she's actually doing a convention next month, or they're they're trying to Is she? in Arizona. So you're talking about the the mom, the funny one, like Carol Locatello's her name. Yeah, 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 yeah. and then her, she's going to be there, and then Jason, oh, Tom, great. Tom Morga, Tom Morga. Please tell Tom I said Tom, They're both going to be there. I, I'm going to try to go if it I happens. Man, I've done a lot of films with Tom. He's the yeah. sweetest, nicest guy. Yeah. yeah. It's funny because I like how Ron Sloan and then uh, uh, Carol, like they uh, they were like the best comic relief of that movie. Well, oh, yeah. Filming it. Hilarious. I personally thought it was way over the top. <laughs> way, way For over sure. the top. Especially Carol. Yeah. But he was directing her that way. Yeah. There's a lot of things that are missing. I, I recently saw the film. Literally maybe two weeks ago. Because I, okay. I was talking to Melanie about something, and I couldn't remember what she was talking about. We have, ama I have amazing stories about working with, with, with and meeting mm -hmm. her on set. Because I had nothing to do with her in the, in the film. Yeah, yeah. She I never touched her as far as makeup is concerned. Um, but I think I maybe put some sweat on her for, for Ka Catherine. Ka Catherine, who also did um, Nightmare on Elm Street, the first Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. I've done literally 10 or more movies with Catherine as the, the department head makeup artist. And then I did all the special effects stuff. Mm -hmm. That happened a lot early in my career. I was good with blood. I was known, like, known as a blood guy because I, yeah, blood is hard to make drip the right way. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, anyway, Catherine uh, had, did her beauty makeup, which was, which was wonderful. So 80s. I mean, it's blue eyeshadow. <laughs> Not like well, Nobody would do that now. Yeah. But um, I mean, just, um, <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? Um, uh, Melanie... There's, there's a. I was sitting off set in the barn, mm -hmm. and they were shooting a scene where she comes out of the closet with the, with the, um, the chainsaw. The chainsaw. So <laughs> yeah. I said it was even more hysterical. We couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> Melanie has the best laugh, and she is the funniest, literally the funniest actress I've ever worked with. Um, yeah. Vanessa Williams is very, very similar in, in, in sense of humor, but Melanie is hysterical. She's, mm -hmm. And she's the sweetest, nice person. I worked with her a lot after the film, doing her makeup, her beauty makeups. Mm -hmm. There's one. There's a couple of shots of her that I sent you, yeah. in, in really high, high beauty makeups that I learned to, to do because I got a, I, I got a um I got lucky um Dave Miller again um a lot of my work at the beginning was always Dave Miller sending me somewhere or giving my name to somebody mm -hmm. but there's an agency in L A called Clout, uh, Chantal Cloutier was the owner it was called Cloutier and they had all the top uh, makeup artists and hairstylists in the business who did all the magazine covers mm -hmm. and that stuff and, and and I didn't know any better. I, I wasn't in that world. So I get a call from Chantal Cloutier saying they had just done a photo shoot with um, very famous um, uh, Bruce Weber. You mm -hmm. must have heard of him. He's tip top of the, of the world of shooting men. Okay. And, and this was a, Bob Peruga was the model's name. He's still working. Very handsome guy. And I had to make him look like the thinker, you know, the thinker with the bronze, mm -hmm. uh, the, the famous uh, French uh, sculptor by Rodin. Mm-hmm. He's got his hand under his chin. Yeah, yeah. I had to make him look like that. In, in the, and it was it was a shoot for a floppy disks back <laughs> in the early eighties yeah. uh, for a um, for Microsoft. Oh, cool. And uh, I have a copy of it somewhere. My portfolio is actually in the in the, in yeah. the academy. But but um, I remember that shoot where I had to make him. I I, I built a, a wig and I, I dipped it in um, Jello and then painted it bronze colored. Yeah. And uh, I, I I made it work. 
and I got called the night before they were going to shoot it. They had already shot it with a makeup artist who didn't know how to do those kind of things. Okay. So she called me up and asked me, you know, can I do that? And I said, absolutely. And then I went and see her how to do it. And, and I had to be the next morning at 6 o'clock in the morning. And um, I brought the wig with me all done and ready to go. And uh, makeup was quick after that. But, but from that, she started sending me out on all the special effects things that she had. I, I did a, a photo shoot. I think you have the picture. Mm-hmm. A photo shoot of, um, excuse me, of uh, Vincent Price. And there's all these goblins around him. Okay. And, and, and some wizards. And I, you know, I, made, I did prosthetics on all those for that. Plus, plus Vincent Price's makeup. But all from the Cloutier, the agency. And, um, but uh, I didn't know, I didn't like, in those days, because of how money worked, um, in those agency companies, those people who work in the agencies, they got like 1200 bucks a day. Mm-hmm. I'm making $200 a day. Yeah. And I knew how much other people were making just from hearing about it. So I told her I wanted $1,200. And not only that, she told me, well, you do the job tomorrow, and in 60 days you get your check. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not waiting 60 days. I've been screwed so many times at that point. Mm-hmm. I said, no, I'll come in and get a check. As soon as I'm done with the job, I'll drive to your, your office, and you give me a check for $1,200. Yeah. And, and she was very mad when she did it. And the rest of my career that I was with her, I was with her for many years, she had to do that same thing because that's what, how we set it up. Mm-hmm. Did not like that. That was a no-no. But Because those people don't get paid for sometimes forever. Yeah. And um, when you're in with a big movie star and you're doing magazine covers, it's a whole different story. Or yeah. if you're doing publicity, like for, for, for MGM or, or for Disney, it's huge. You know, you go away for a month mm-hmm. and you come home to a $70,000 check. Yeah. It's crazy, but... You're flying all over the world, you know. It's, it was it was great. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I don't know how I got off on that tangent. No, you're good. Friday thirteenth. The one thing that bothers me a little bit, uh, the uh, Friday thirteenth part five has a dream sequence in the beginning with two guys digging up Jason and Tommy Jarvis waking up. Yes. But in the dream sequence, Jason was buried with a screwdriver. Why was I, Jason buried with a damn screwdriver? Who was that young actor? Uh, Corey Feldman. Corey. I don't remember him being on the set ever. No. I I think that's from another film. I think that was from the for, film prior. Was, 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 was he in another film? He was in the fourth one. Well, I think that was a scene that was shot for that. And then we used that yeah. stuff with him. Because I do not recall him being on the set. It That's, probably was, yeah. Because there was blood involved and stuff. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, because what I read about that scene that was the opening in particular was they shot that in Corey Feldman's like backyard, apparently. Yeah, that wasn't us. Uh, the body and stuff like that comes out of the grave. Mm-hmm. I did that. Yeah. Because he wasn't in that. Yeah. Part of it, the way it was cut. Yeah. But 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 I did not do anything that he was in. I'll also ask Catherine. Yeah. Because we're, we're very close friends still. She did the, ma- the regular makeup on the film. Yeah. He did have some blood on his face in it, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Because I just saw it. I do know Ted White hated working with Corey Feldman on the fourth one. Who was Ted White? Jason in the fourth Jason. one. When Corey was the kid in the fourth one, and they worked well, together. I, I you probably I, haven't even seen it. No, I, yeah. I never saw it. But yeah, they hated working together. I, I, I did not like those films back then. No. No, because I, I, why would I? I was wanting to watch uh, The Wolfman. Exactly. You want to watch the good Mark ones. Cheney. Exactly. <laughs> good movies. I'm not a big Friday fan overall, but I like the ones you were the, Have you seen all the Universal Horror films? I, most of them, yeah. Most of them. Yeah. yeah I'm missing so much. I mean, I haven't seen every, every single one, but Bride I love Bride of Frankenstein, yeah. Brilliant film. It's one of the, one of the most perfect, perfect horror films out there. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. Son of Frankenstein. Great. Not perfect. Yeah. Great. Yeah, I haven't seen that Dracula. one. Dracula. There's no other There's no other Dracula. No. Bela Lugosi. Isn't that, that's it. It's perfect. <laughs> and that film, if you ever get a chance, 
um, to watch if if you get the if you have the collection. I have mo actually all of those on VHS. Okay, so uh, on VHS. Yeah, I got VHS. I want to get like the the Blu-ray sets. <laughs> I, I, I'll send you some. I'll, I'll give you some. You can stop by. Oh, that'd be cool. I'll, I'll give you some something. On there's a, in the collection the, the uh, Universal Horror Collection. Yeah. There's there's uh, like thirty films, but but um, one of the films is is, is there's two versions of Dracula yeah. from 1931. The second one is the Spanish version. Ooh. It's it's. Even though Dracula, the original with Bellagos, is brilliant, yeah. the Spanish version is 10 times better. How they did it was, really? as soon as they were filmed, uh, finished shooting on the set, uh -huh. the next day, the Spanish crew would come in with all the Spanish actors and shoot on the exact same set, <laughs> exact same lighting. No way. But they would change the little things here and there. Yeah. Some of the lighting is brilliant. It's amazing. <laughs> and the actor playing that part, um, because Bellagosi, don't forget, he's, he's, he, he, he was... Um, Austrian or something, I forget what he was. Okay. But 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 he was speaking in English. And this actor was speaking in Spanish and he was Spanish. Mm -hmm. So his 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 acting is so much more alive mm -hmm. in some things. But nobody nobody can say uh I never drink wine. Yeah. I mean that's Bella goes he says that with his accent. I never drink wine. <laughs> It's perfect. Yeah. Or, or uh, meant to be. To die, to really be dead. Yeah. That must be glorious. Coming out of his mouth. Yeah. It's incredible. No, it's just perfect. But you should see the Spanish version. <laughs> no, I would love really to. Really well done. No, that sounds fun. Um, so the head crush scene in part five where the killer kills the dude with the belt and the stick. Yeah. Was that in the script or was that a last yeah, minute it was idea? In the script, but not not exactly the way you see it. Not the exact. I sculpted that piece myself. So of course you did. I sculpted all the pieces that I used. Yeah. Um, that. Um, it's not my hands doing it. It's it's Marty Becker, the special effects coordinator, who did the special effects. Okay, you know the, all the other stuff, but but it was his hands twisting the belt behind the tree. Okay, but but the um, the prosthetic I designed myself and built myself, and it wasn't like that. It was just supposed to be done with the belt wrapped around and just blood. Yeah, and then I thought, wow, let's make it three dimensional. I mean, why why do that? Why not have it three dimensional? Yeah. So the cuts the cuts weren't really good though. The cuts are not perfect. They should have been cut differently. I learned over the years to to take control of of, of, of practical effects myself when yeah. I was on set doing them. Um, for instance, I did a thing called um, um, the ten ten things that 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 for the world. I remember it was an HBO special. It was maybe in two thousand and ten or something like that or eight. Mm -hmm. um, the ten things that changed the world, mm -hmm. ten events that changed the world, and one of them was the uh, the the, the um, Pequot Indians um, were were completely decimated um, from 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 uh, from, the, from life. Except one of them lived; he got away. Mm -hmm. But all of them were killed except for one, and um, and it was an important important event in the, in the history of this country, and um, a change that changed America, and. Um, there, there was a, a, a scene we got to where James, the director, who's a very close friend of mine, mm -hmm. uh, he wanted to have one of the Indians in close-up have his neck slashed. Mm -hmm. But he didn't want to do it digitally because he didn't have the money for that. It was a, a documentary. Yeah. So he asked me, he said, how can I do that? And I said, well, what we'll do is we'll put a prosthetic on his neck that's a huge slit, just like in the, all the other ones, like in Friday 13th, um, uh, part three and part five, there's two of those slit necks, right? Mm -hmm. But you, you put a prosthetic on with a big slit in the middle of it, mm -hmm. you fill it with blood, and then for doing for doing a um, um, a reveal, it's called. Yeah. And you take the, you take the knife, 
and you have the hand across the arm is across the neck mm -hmm. and you have your hand on their hair and as you swipe with the knife mm -hmm. you pull the head back really fast and and then you expose the cut mm -hmm. all on camera right on camera nothing's nothing was done you know no pulling no no nothing mm -hmm. and i think i had i think i had some blood a blood tube that pumped blood when the, when it came across and blood poured down him and um that's practical effect i directed that when we shot it Cool. Because because I know how it's going to work, and if you know if the director's smart, he lets you do that. Um, Steve Meyer let me do that many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah he seems really easy, easy to work with. The best. How about the, uh, such a good director? The road flare. Did you do that as well? Yeah, it was it was we built a head. That's cool. We, we made a copy of his head, and he just had his mouth was open, and we just we did, they did a quick cut. Again, the cuts for that aren't that great because yeah. you see for such a quick second. It should have been longer. The head looked pretty good. Yeah. And, and then I, I think again, it was, I think I, it was my hand that did that, sticking the flare into the mouth. Because mm -hmm. you have to know how far to go. So the Elm Street movies, yes. just curious. I want to know what work you did on each of them, on uh, one, uh, five, uh, and six. On the first one, I did Robert's makeup for the entire film. Okay. Um, uh, also, um, I was involved in all the makeup effects. Because I was on set. Already. Yeah, of course. And uh, uh, whatever the effect is, just ask me about it. And I can tell you whatever mm -hmm. it was. A lot, a lot of them didn't need anybody because Dave was there for those. Mm -hmm. He would come with that, whatever that was for that day. Mm -hmm. You know, show up with a, with a phone with a tongue in it. Yeah. You know, he'd operate that himself. Or I would be operating the, the, the you know, controls for it. Yeah. And Dave would be holding the phone or something. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, did, I was there for all the effects for that. Mm -hmm. and, and, but not on five and six. No. I only did Robert. Only did Robert, okay. Only Robert. Because I noticed they, they, they uncredited you on the first and fifth, but they did credit you on Freddy's Dad. And I, I'm just curious I how... Wasn't, I wasn't hired by... I wasn't how that works, by, yeah. Uh, the company. Okay, so that's why they do that. For the, for, the, for the first one and the fifth one, I worked for David Miller. Okay, so that's why they, they do that. I, I, I guess so, yeah. Yeah, it's that, weird. It, 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 you should probably check the films... Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna check the actual credits on, on, on the first one. On the first one, okay. On the actual film. Yeah, that's cool. It says uncredited on IMDb. Uh, IMDb. I put that there. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I all the things on there I put on there. Mm -hmm. they, they, there's a couple that show up. I see. Because uh, they, 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 they just do. They, you know, somebody else probably puts it there for you. I see. Or something. That makes more sense then. Because, because Dave, I got really mad at him. Um, I don't want to say this on here. Yeah. I'll tell you that later. Tell me later. <laughs> you might, might tell you the story about the, yeah. uh, the credit for for uh, for um, a lot of my films with Dave. Okay, sounds good. Um, how was your experience working on episodes of Freddy's Nightmares? It was fun. Mm -hmm. It was hard work. I didn't have any money. I got paid really well. You did like twenty of the episodes. Really well. I don't remember. I don't something like I that. Some of the again, we were brought on after yeah. Kevin Yeager was 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 let go because. Makeup took too long. Too elaborate, yeah. And, and, and Robert didn't have much time to work. Uh, remind me to tell you about Adam's family, the same thing. Okay. Um, Robert, you know, didn't have a lot of working time. Mm -hmm. It would be like an hour and a half to get his makeup off. And I, it was me, like, you know, 20 minutes to get his makeup off. Mm -hmm. and it was like, after, after the first couple of episodes, it, it was like 45 minutes to put his makeup on. But it's obvious when you're, it's a TV series, nobody cared. Mm -hmm. So later working with Steve Miner again on Halloween H2O, uh, I know you did. I did one more with him in between there. It was uh, yeah. What was the other one? Uh, it was a warlock. Oh yeah, warlock. Okay. Which 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 was uh, interesting. It was, it was the script was amazing. Yeah. 
but we got to we, we were in Boston shooting the first um, six or eight weeks. Yeah, and then we came back to L.A. to go in the desert and shoot. And Laurie Singer uh, had a, a prosthetic makeup, an old age makeup, for the second half of the film. And um, we went to do her makeup that morning. Uh, Carl Carl Fullerton designed the makeup. Carl was a brilliant protege of, of Dick Smith. Okay. He designed the makeup and hired me to do the makeup every day. And I was already on the film doing all the, uh, as an assistant, and doing all the special effects makeups. And, and he, um, uh, he uh, we were doing the makeup on, on, on her, and he was set at 3 o'clock in the afternoon to fly back to New York. That's where he lives. So when we were done with the makeup, he was going to go home. And then I would continue the rest of the film with, with her. She was so difficult to work with that day. Um, we started putting the makeup on her and we walked in the trailer mm -hmm. at three o'clock in the morning and she's like, I don't want to wear the eye bags. I don't want to wear the chin piece. I don't want to wear the hair pan pieces. God. I don't want to wear the forehead piece. That's like the whole makeup. You're fired. <laughs> Asian makeup. Yeah, it is fire. So it was really tense. We, we just walked out of the trailer eventually. Yeah. We left her in there and we went and got to the producer, the director. Arnold Copelson was the director. Yeah. These people, after what I'm going to tell you, these people thanked me later on because it put her into... It put her into control for them. Mm -hmm. um, what, what happened was we did. The, we finally did the makeup. You know, she finally was got talked into after like two hours of them in there talking to her. Let us do as much as we could without the eye bags, which which did not look good uh, without them. Yeah, I can imagine. And um, it was very important. You know, you got this young under your eyes, and the rest of you is old. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, uh, so we finished filming. Carl leaves. He's actually on a plane, uh -huh. and I'm taking her makeup off. Okay. And she's screaming. I know how to take makeup off at this point, you know, especially prosthetics. Yeah. And 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 I'm and working. She had a lot a lot of peach fuzz on her face, mm -hmm. and she was literally screaming and crying. It was a big act because she didn't want the makeup on. Yeah. Right. We all knew that. It was so obvious. Mm -hmm. And at one point, I had like four of the other girls, the makeup girls, helping me take her makeup off, so slowly. Nothing could be possibly hurting her. And, and we, we finally get the makeup almost off. It's hanging off her face. And, and she turns to me and she grabs my hand. And she says, you... Can I swear? Yeah. You ahead. fucking listen to me. You do what I tell you. I'm the movie star here. And you're nobody. And you're fucking hurting me taking this makeup off. Now, watch it. That's what she says to me. Yeah. I had enough. And I had to powder puff I was using to take the makeup off with and it was filled with makeup remover liquid makeup remover yeah, yeah. and I took it and I flicked it right into her face oh to get her eye turn around oh, no. and I walked out of the trailer oh my god I went straight to the we were in the parking lot of the hotel where we were we were the we're on the desert now yeah 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 right? and um I walked into the office of Arnold Copelson and and uh, and Steve Miner yep and uh, he was a producer Arnold Copelson was a big producer huge I mean like you know big movie he did collateral damage uh, not Kyle Damage, he did a eraser. Eraser, okay. Um, and so I um, you know, I, I'm like, I'm I'm done. I'm leaving, I quit, I'm not staying. And they were like, No, you can't do that. We're gonna have to shut down production. Yeah. Because I was the only one who knew how to do it. Carl was in back in New York. Ugh. And now they're on the phone with him trying to get him to come back. Yeah. And he's like, I can't come back, I have something else this week. And and he couldn't come back. And so um they offered me like three times my money. I was already making like fifteen hundred a day. No, nice. And I, I didn't care. I, I didn't want to work with her anymore. Oh. I, I don't need that. No, nobody needs that. Nobody needs that. So, so they, they thanked me. And I left, and they paid me. Uh, they paid me for the whole month. Wow. Which was nice. And um, so now we're doing. Uh, we're doing um, 
uh, and, and put her in control. They, they called her agent. They were going to fire her and reshoot the whole film over again. Mm -hmm. Six weeks that we had shot. And her agent got involved and flew, went out to the desert. And they talked her into putting the prosthetics on. But they had to close down for three weeks. Ugh. To, 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 that was a big deal. What a pain in the ass. Plus a lot of money. Yeah. Well, when I'm doing Halloween H2O, and we're in the production meeting, I'll never forget this. Yeah. Steve says to me, uh, we were, I, I hadn't seen him in maybe two years. Yeah, years. yeah, yeah. Maybe more, maybe six years. And he sees me, he comes over, and we talk, and, and we're, we're laughing about her. And he said, I want to I thank you for doing that, for walking off, because had that not happened, mm -hmm. she would have been taken over the whole film. Because had you allowed her to... to, to walk over you. Walk yeah. all over you. What happened was when you left, they used that against her, that they had to let you go, and it shut down for three weeks because of her. They put no other blame on me. Yeah. And I want to thank you. And, later, and, you, and, and a couple of years later, I worked with Arnold Kobelson, the producer, doing um, collateral damage. Oh, no, yeah. I'm uh, a racer. And yeah. he did, basically said the same thing to me. And it was in front of Arnold, which was nice. But, but <laughs> Steve, st during that production meeting on that first day on Halloween H2O, um, we got to the kills, the first kill. Okay. And this was, this was really sweet. Uh, we started to talk about the kill. And the, 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 the first AD is talking about the kill and, and how we're going to do it. And Steve Miner says... I've already worked with Lou two, two, two times. I know exactly what he can do. Let's just, let's just skip past all the kills. Okay. At the production meeting. Very important to, to talk about them, right? Yeah, you, yeah. You yeah. have to, which was nice. Because he knew that. He I, trusts I, you. I, I yeah. yeah, he trusted me. And never once through the whole film on, on H2O did he question what I was doing. That's so cool. Yeah. What was I working... worked with him again one more time after that. I think it was... Uh, I could look it up. Doesn't matter. I, I wouldn't even remember. <laughs> I worked with him again. Yeah, that's cool. Something with Arnold, maybe, or um, uh, or uh, no, not Arnold. Maybe The Rock. Uh, well, I mean, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But that film was um, I loved working on that film. I absolutely loved it. There were some problems with the mask. Uh, they didn't like the mask how it looked, so they went. They um, I think it was John Beekler who did that mask, and it was a copy of uh, William Shatner's face mm -hmm. from one of the other movies. But then they went to Stan Winston and Stan. I recommend it. They call Stan. Because they could do a quick turnover, because we were filming, and so Stan resculpted the mask, and um, and the hair, and then it looked pretty good for the film. There's all this controversy online about yeah. that it's the worst mask, and the worst film of the series, which I don't believe that. I uh, H2O. Good, what? I think it's a good film. I love H2O. Yeah. I think Resurrection's the one and that they people don't hate. like the mask. They just don't like the mask. But there's two versions of the mask. Yeah. That was another thing. I had two of those masks when I wrapped and gave them away to my nephews. Yeah. I don't know where they are now. What was working with Jamie Lee Curtis like? I worked with Jamie before that. Um, on um, yeah, what did you work with her on? I don't remember what the other film was that oh. I worked with her on, but um, I, I already knew right. She was. I, I in fact, literally a week before the filming, or a couple of weeks before filming, uh, 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 her makeup artist was getting married, and her makeup artist used to be my assistant. Okay. And and so that's how I got on that film actually, and um, so uh, she was getting married, and Jamie was. Um, Jimmy was at the wedding and she was at my table and we had a great time and we knew that we were starting the film in another week or so and uh, so, so we bonded there first Jamie's amazing when, when LL Cool J came the first day of work <laughs> Todd um, he yeah. came with like six guys six bodyguards really? yeah for what? <laughs> that's, how they, that's how they roll in the, in the rap region. world I guess <laughs> and, and you know and, and he came into my room he tried to bring all these guys in my room is about not um, that big, right? The size of the kitchen. 
Okay, so not I very big. I always have my own room after a certain period. I always have my own, after, after Sequest. Yeah. I, I always had a trailer that had my own separate room up front. As you should. For every film. Yeah. I like that. I usually did the female actresses also at yeah. this point and special makeup. So there was a lot of nakedness going on. So I usually like to have the door to close. But anyway, um, he comes into my little room like that with all these guys and they're coming up my stairs and I'm like, whoa, no, 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 no. They were bigger than him, bigger than me now. Yeah. I'm like, you guys are going to have to wait outside or go wait in, 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 in Todd's trailer. And uh, they did. They were all so super nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said to Todd, I said, let me explain to you how filming works. I've never done a film before. Yeah. Nicest man in the world. In fact, I, did his, I was his personal makeup artist after that film for like two years. I, all his videos. Really? And, oh, that's yeah. cool. I, I happened a lot because I would get along with them really well in the film. And then I would work with them for so long as their personal. But then I always had something like Arnold or Roy. You know, one of their films would come up, and I couldn't. I wasn't available for them. Yeah. You know, like Sean William Scott, or uh-huh. uh, you know, or um, uh, uh, Rosario Dawson, or somebody like that. Okay, she's so cool. I would, I would, you know, they would get somebody else eventually. Yeah. Um, after I worked with Gene Hackman, he called me six times to work with him again, but I was never available. Okay. But um, uh, on that film with Jamie, she's a sweetheart. So I said to him, I said, "You look down the trailer there. Do you see anybody with Jamie?" I said, I'll guarantee you, she drove herself to work today. No driver. And you won't see anybody visiting the set. Her, her, her daughters eventually came once or twice. And her mother's in the film. Yep. And, I know. And, and, and driving the great cameo car right there. That Psycho. she drove in Psycho. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not the Zach. Oh, I, I never knew that. Same, same model and, and make and year. Not the same one from the Oh, film. okay. I'm like, wait. <laughs> oh, no, it was hysterical. I oh, didn't even funny. know that was happening. There. I never knew that. And they walk, you know, she, she, she pulls up the first day uh, <laughs> onto the set in that car, and it's, we're, they were dying. They shot it like 10 times. Yeah. It was so iconic. Yeah. Are you a big Psycho fan? I love Psycho. Yeah, I do too. I love Hitchcock. I've never seen the sequels, though. I heard those are a different story. It was, it was, uh, I never saw any of the sequels. I, yeah. Why would I, I want to watch this? Why would you want it? It's stupid. Did you see them? No, never. Yeah. You're a diehard fan, aren't you? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, you'll you'll, you'll watch. Please don't eat the babies. I bet. <laughs> that's that's probably me. I'll I'll watch the more obscure shit. You yeah. know, like Star Star Crystal. I would watch all the weird stuff. Did yeah. You see Star Crystal. Uh, Star Crystal. Films. I think I've heard Star of that. Star Crystal. Star Crystal. I actually just <laughs> watched uh, Life Force for the first time yesterday. That was a weird movie. I don't know. I don't know that one. I T- heard it. Tobe Hooper. Yeah. I, Toby I, I did a film with him. Nice guy. Yeah. yeah he got a bad rap with uh, Poltergeist because. They said Steven Spielberg King directed the film, and yeah. that's not true. No, it's not. But he was probably there and made suggestions once in a while. Of course, but yeah. He's, he's a producer. That's his film. Yeah. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it doesn't work out that way. When I worked with uh, um, uh, comedian Billy Crystal doing um, Mr. Saturday Night, mm-hmm. um, Rob Reiner came and visited the set. Oh, really? Yeah, not good. Not good. Best friends, great friends. A big director like that coming and visiting another one who's not really a big director who's directing like his first movie. Yeah. And he's giving suggestions. Oof. And it was it was a funny stuff they were shooting. It was basically a take on uh, Four Soldiers, which was a, a Rat Pack film with, with, with Sinatra and Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah. And uh, you know, and those guys and D Martin and, and we were we were doing it with, with um you know, Robin and Robin Williams came and played a part in that. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and 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 he was given Billy, all these funny things to, to 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 reshoot and stuff, and he was getting angrier and angrier. They were right across from us on this another stage shooting a, a few good men. Uh huh. Rob was and, and uh, uh, that little 
a short little guy came over a couple of times. Tom Cruise. <laughs> How is he? <laughs> he he seems out there. I worked a couple of days here and there. And I was, yeah. you know, as an extra makeup artist in some of his films yeah. uh, for friends and stuff, which I rarely ever did. Um, and he, um, he had a tent, a tent on the set. Yeah. A Scientology tent. Or if you wanted to sign up, you can go to the tent and sign up on a film. What? Crazy. Oh, he's nuts. <laughs> nah, not a fan. <laughs> I'd, I'd like the Mission Impossible movies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they, I, lo- they, I like they, Rain Man. I like some of his yeah. movies. Yeah. The Mission Impossible movies take no, no, absolutely no uh, charisma. You just have to be in the action scenes. Exactly, yeah. He messed up his ankle on like, the last one. Yeah, I saw you that. You saw that video? Yeah, Slow motion. Video. He smashed it. Oof, really bad. Horrible. He, he, why, why is he... Why, I don't get it. Arnold, Arnold is amazing uh, with stunts, but he yeah. doesn't do them himself. No, he's got four or five stunt guys who do it. Yeah, and, and you will never know because we have prosthetics. A couple of them at home. Yeah, it looks uh, so prosthetics weird. that look just like him mm-hmm. that we put on the stunt doubles. Was, so, was Peter Kent one of those stunt yeah. doubles? Yeah. Peter got Peter or badly on one of the films on on, on uh, Eraser. There was a, a scene at the end of the film where this giant container metal container and four things attached to it and it was supposed to snap the, the chains and fall straight down and, and the stunt people who were on it the three stunt people doubling Jimmy Kahn Vanessa Williams and Arnold were supposed to they were on wires and they were supposed to be pulled away from it as it fell well only three of them snapped and one of them stayed on there one of the, one of the chains big giant chains and it, it swung around banging all the stunt people and Peter Kent got his face smashed open really oh. bad we had to rush him to the hospital. Jeff had a, Jeff, the That's other neighbor, Jeff, who was a department head, Jeff drove in the ambulance with him to take the prosthetics off. Because when he got there, they had to have him off. Mm-hmm. That was a, that was a bad that was a bad bad thing. But but it was it was a uh, it was Arnold stunt uh, Arnold's special sex guys who did that, and and, and mm-hmm. they're they're really amazing and faultless. They never ever had things like that happen. So it had to do something with the with the um, actual. Explosion. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no way to really know what's going to happen in mm-hmm. those kind of things. I mean, on Beastmaster, we had this moats, giant moat in front of the yeah. castle, and and they had barrels and barrels and barrels of gasoline in them, in the moat, very low. Okay. You could see, it, and they explode the moat, and they start from one end. Yeah. Stupidly, they should have started from the middle. Yeah. Or or, or the end and go in. Sorry, from one end. By the time I got to the other end, the explosion, it fireballed, this giant fireball, and, and burned down the whole, whole mm-hmm. set. Oh, my God. Maybe that's why, maybe that's why uh, Don was upset. <laughs> I, don't, I just remember reading I just a that. ton of stuff. But, yeah. Um, did they have an, another person instead of Mark Singer? Or was he just... Second film. A third film, I think. Oh, okay. But, I mean, like, there wasn't somebody in his role before he came in? Not that I recall. I can't remember. There was something weird in the book. They may, they may, they may, have, been, may, may, may have had someone... Yeah. Uh, that never made it to set or something happened. You know, work. A lot of times, you know, like like Tanya Roberts. I mean, she was drugged out. Yeah. Bad. Oh, bad. Woof. Yeah. I have a picture. I think it's in there. I'm making her standing. Yeah. yeah. She was sweet, wonderful, mm-hmm. sweet, beautiful, beautiful. Mm-hmm. But it was in the '80s. Yeah. The middle '80s. I mean, everybody was on drugs. I'm one film. I I was so naive. I'm one film. The special, not special effects, the prop man. I want to name his names. Prop man. Other the the um, the uh, wardrobe girl asked me to bring something to the prop man. Yeah. It was a it was a bag filled with this white powder. I thought it was like 
coming from the wardrobe, I thought it was like Fun dip. baby powder. Yeah. Right? So I'm carrying this bag across that. I put it in my pocket. I'm carrying it across that. Ah. Uh, I get to the, to the prop trailer, and I bang on the door, and he opens the, the door, and he's like, Jesus Christ, get in here! Oh, I mean, God. it was literally this big, a giant bag yeah. filled. Yeah. But that was the 80s. I mean, it was uh, cocaine was everywhere. Yeah. Uh, a rap party for for Beastmaster was in this old mansion yeah. up in the Hollywood Hills. Huh. And um, uh, it, it, it was wild what was happening in there. But one of the things that still amazed me and impresses me is there was this small person, maybe like three and a half feet. Okay. He had a gold diaper on. We man. We man. He was painted gold and he had yeah. a gold diaper on. Yeah. And he was bald. His head was painted, painted gold. Lovely. And on his head, he had lines of cocaine. Oh and in his hands, he was carrying a handful of gold straws. Oh, God. Talk about decadence. Oh, my It's a true story. I still, I still see coke on sets even nowadays. I was on a set, and we were, we were actually at the house from People Under the Stairs. I don't know if you ever saw that one with Wes Craven. Uh, yeah, and I'm getting offered cocaine in 2019 or whatever this was. That's, 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 that's crazy. I, I would think that's very odd. Yeah. Because it's not, it's not something I, I've ever seen. It shouldn't happen anymore. That when I when I you know, I've been retired six years or seven years now. Yeah. But um yeah. So you were Roy Scheider's makeup artist for twenty three years, right? Yep. How was he? Amazing. Yeah. Was, was my second dad. Yeah. Um, how I met how I met Roy again, um, David Miller. Yeah. I had just come back from working with uh, Gene Hackman and Danny Glover in, in Malaysia. We shot in Malaysia, okay. Borneo, and. I just flew back, and maybe two days after I got back, he said, Dave Miller called me and said, I, I, I need to send you to uh, uh, Texas for this film called Cohen and Tate just overnight. And you're going to go down on Friday night. Saturday, you're going you're gonna to take, uh, no, it was a Thursday. And Friday, you're going to take an impression of Roy Scheider's face, and, and you're going to bring it back, and, and I want to make some prosthetics for him. Okay, great. So I get there, and I, and I, I spend my two hours with Roy doing his life cast. And we hit it off really, really well. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, just as I'm about to leave, he said, as he's about to leave, all cleaned up, and, and I'm packing everything up, and he says, so I, I'll see you on Monday for filming, starting Monday. It was just to start. And I said, I'm, I'm not doing the film. I'm flying back today, yeah. tonight. And like like in, in two hours, I was flying back. And he goes, really? You're not doing the film? Because his makeup artist, who at the time was Dick Smith, um, was sick, and, 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 and they were going to find him. They said they were going to find him another makeup artist. And of, of, of what he would be happy with because it was in his contract yeah. to have his own makeup artist. And um, he said, I thought it was you. And I said, no, it's not me. I've never talked to anybody about it. He goes, he goes um, well, they must have found somebody for me because it's for shooting on Monday. But um, do you have a resume on you? And I, I of course, in my kid, I always kept a resume and some cards. Smart. Back then, it was, you know, you, you, I, after a while, you don't need those kind of things. But yeah. back then, you, you, it was really smart to do that. It's still helpful. I mean, it's still professional. I think. Yeah, it, yeah. Well, he, I was happy I had that day. Yeah, especially. Because he took it from me and he left. And he came back in 10 minutes and he said, he handed me the resume. No, he, 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 um, he handed me some, oh, I had given him a, uh, a copy of VHS of um, uh, All That Jazz and okay. asked him if he could sign it. Okay. And he took that with him when he left with the resume. And he came back and he handed me the, the, the video. And he said, okay, great. He goes, um, you're going to go home in, in a couple hours, make your deal in the car. And you're gonna you're gonna pack all your stuff, and you're gonna come back on Sunday, and you start to film as my makeup artist and the department head of the film on Monday. I was shocked. Wow. 
best deal I ever made in my life because they were forced to hire me. Yeah. You know, basically. And um, the driving back to the airport uh, to get my stuff and fly back on a Sunday, I, I made my deal in the car. And it was great. And, 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 and what he said to me before he left the door, left that day, after he had handed me the tape back and said, you know, all those things about when I should come back, he says, if you're good enough for, Shire, uh, for if you're good enough for, for um, Hackman, you're good enough for me. Wow. I'll never forget that. But they were good friends because they did yeah. French Connection together. Yep. Uh, way back, I think they were roommates at some point. So they, they, they were, you know, that, that helped. Yeah. You know, if you're, if, you're, if you're okay, you just made a film with Gene Hackman. Yeah. You're exactly what I need right now. Yeah. So it worked out great. And I, and I went from film to film with him after that. Uh, he taught me more about life than any other person in the world. He, he, he made me read. Uh, he would bring the newspaper in every day. And, and, and he hands me, and I'm like, I don't read the paper. He's like, what do you mean you don't read the paper? How do you know what's going on? <laughs> I'm like, I just don't read the paper. He goes, all right, next day he comes in with just one article torn out. Okay. <laughs> this is interesting. You want to read this? Of course, I read it. And, and within weeks, I'm reading the entire paper cover to cover. Wow. Several papers. All because of him. And I did that for my whole career yeah. because it was interesting because I, I, I was learning why. Why was because he wanted to not sit in a chair every day and have stupid conversations. He wanted to have real conversations about the world. Yeah. I mean, I'm a liberal Democrat because of him. Yeah. You know, I, I, my politics is what I learned from him. Yeah. And they're good. They were good politics. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, I have a picture of him mooning uh, uh, Air Force Air Force Two, which is the helicopter, <laughs> at, at the White House. Oh. He was shooting 20, 2010 Space Odyssey. Okay. They were doing a scene in front of the White House, and, and he told the, the camera guy, John Bryson, to, um, to take a picture of him. He said, as soon as the helicopter comes down, take my picture in front of the helicopter. So the helicopter comes down. He turns around. He pulls his pants down. Oh, my God. moves, moves the helicopter. I can't even picture him doing Reagan. that. That's so funny. So he was a funny guy. <laughs> oh, he was the best. Yeah. He was, he was amazing. So, so, I mean, I became part of the family. I mean, I, yeah. I still talk to his wife regularly. Uh, Brenda, she's a goddess. She's amazing. Yeah. Their kids are, I, I love their kids. Um, I spent a lot of time going out to the Hamptons where they lived and, and, and staying on the beach there with them and. So how cool. I met JFK Jr. on the beach, uh, just sitting there. I mean, mm. I, I can't tell you how many people I met with him. Yeah, we would go to this place called imagine. the Candy Kitchen every every morning for breakfast, and you don't know who's going to walk in. It could be uh, all the people from from uh, from sixty minutes. Yeah, you know, whoever lived in him, uh, Spielberg, whoever was having breakfast there. I, I mean, incredible. Uh, you know, Richard Dreyfuss, uh, whoever was there. Yeah, he's I mean, nice. Even if you sat on the beach. Yeah, people would just walk by. Yeah, Dreyfus is cool. We met him. He's great. Yeah. So was was Roy ever sick of hearing about Jaws? I mean, obviously, that's probably what he's most well he known knew, for. He knew, and it happened. Yeah. He knew when he died what the papers were going to say. And they said exactly. Jaws actor. Roy Schneider, star of Jaws, Oof. dies. Exactly. Yeah. What he, he said, told me, and that was right on that first film. I said to him, I said, which film do you think, would you like, so far, which film have you done that you'd like to be remembered for? And he said, uh, all that jazz. All that jazz? It's yeah. I met uh, his co-star from all that jazz, Sandal Bergman. She's an absolute Sandal, sweetheart. I worked with Sandal on Friday Nightmares. Oh, really? And she did an episode. Yeah, she, she's such a sweetheart. Literally one of the sweetest people I've ever met on the convention circuit, if I anything. Can't she dance. She was really sweet. Yeah. It was great to work with, too. We were shooting out in the, out in the uh, Los Angeles forest. It was her and Tony Dow from uh, Leave it to Beaver. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And uh, one other actor that was well-known. And their scenes were pretty, pretty funny. She played a vampire. 
Didn't a major actor from Leave It to Be Ever just die like the other day? Tony Dow? Or, uh, um, somebody. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. the, the, uh, Hask- Eddie Haskell was his name. In the yes, show. yes, Eddie Haskell. Yeah, he, he was in that. He, right there, that was a sweet man. His character in the show was a total wow. I mean, he was, yes, Mrs. Cleaver. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just sucking up to everybody. And he was yeah. not good. Yeah. But in real life, he was the sweetest, nicest man. Yeah. I worked, I worked with, a, with all of them. On a, when I worked at NBC, I was at NBC for two years. And they would do these specials on you know, old shows and stuff. And they yeah. had a special on Leave it to Beaver. And, uh-huh. and they were all there. Uh, June Cleaver. And, yeah. Uh, it, was, it was great. I mean, the Gill- I guess the, all the Gilligan's Island people. Yeah. You know. were you ever, uh, did you ever see Beavis and Butthead? Partially? My, my, my niece um, <laughs> loved them. They did. And, and, and yeah. I got forced to watch once in a while one or two things. But I never got their humor. I didn't, I'm too old, I think. I don't know. But they did an episode that made that was a total parody of Leave it to Beaver, and it was called Leave it to Beavis. <laughs> and it was amazing. I'll have to look it up. You got to see that. I'll send it to you if I can find it. It's <laughs> yeah. so funny. That's great. It's probably the best one. But those guys are all really nice people. <laughs> yeah. So what about The Rock? You worked on many films with him. Uh how did this all happen? Well, again, um, what happened was um, with uh, w- with Arnold. Same thing with Arnold. I wasn't Arnold's makeup artist for the films. I'm, I, I I was there, and I, yeah. I would you know touch him up, or I would do you know uh, watch him on set or something. Because I was always on set. Yeah. Um, and Jeff Dawn was was the department head and his makeup artist. And how that happened was T two three D was um, Arnold. Jeff had hurt his back and couldn't do Arnold. He had been doing Arnold for years. Yeah. He got an Oscar for Terminator two, Jeff, for the makeup, but. Um, he couldn't do him, so I came in to do him. I was doing Roy, and, and, and Jeff really liked Roy. And his assistant at the time, who used to be my assistant, um, who did, who, who did um, Jamie Lee Curtis, Tanya McComas, she, um, she told Jeff that I should work with him. He thought, he thought we'd get along really well, because I did a lot of films with Jeff after that. But that's how I got with Jeff. And Jeff had this sort of deal with his wife that, because otherwise you never get to see your family. When the films were over, he had to go home, because he lived in Oregon. So Arnold was left without a makeup artist for doing publicity. Mm-hmm. So um, I would always make sure Jeff, Jeff didn't want to do it, then I would go and do it. So I got to travel the world with Arnold. And yeah. I did all the films too, but, but not, as his pers- not as his makeup artist. But when I did the publicity stuff, I was his personal makeup artist. I did all the Oscar stuff with him and the, yeah. the specials and all that kind of stuff and the publicity, which is where the real money is. Mm-hmm. You, can make, you can make in one month what you'd make six months on a film. No, for sure. Same thing happened with The Rock. We, got, we were working with Arnold on something, and we got, uh, we'd worked with Chuck Russell before. I think it was Eraser. He was a director on Eraser. And um, so we got onto the Scorpion, Scorpion King. King. Yeah. And, um, and again, Jeff did Rock. I did everybody else pretty much. Yeah. And um, Kelly Who and, and all the other cast members. And uh, uh, again, when he would go home after the films were over, that I would take over um, Dwayne. I worked a lot with Dwayne in, in eight years. I mean, I went all over the world with him. Mm-hmm. China, um, all over Europe, Africa, Australia. Um, mm-hmm. We went to um, his, his, his background, his family is um, from... Samoa. No, um, I know what you're talking about. Samoa. Samoa, Samoa yeah. So we, went, we, were, we were on a, a publicity tour going to Australia and, and you know, a private jet and stuff. So when we were there, um, he said he came one morning when we were uh, just before we were about to leave two days before he said how would everybody feel publicist hairstylist to me um, and the, and the, and the, um, um, the um, security guards 
And he said, how did everybody feel about stopping for two days, maybe three days, in Samoa? Does anybody have anything after this? And we, no, no, nobody did. Well, sh let's go. So <clears throat> we end up in, in Samoa. We get there. They had built a room at this. They closed the hotel just for us on the beach. We all had our, our, our bungalows on the beach. They built a special bungalow for the rock on the beach. Incredible. We ended up being here 10 days. It was amazing. One of the best trips I've ever been on. And um, mm -hmm. it was a lot of fun. And, but, but yeah, that's with Rock. But that's why I ended up working with Dwayne. But eventually, um, Jeff stopped being his makeup artist. Mm -hmm. um, at, um, uh, I think the first one I did was... Uh, the Rundown, Gridiron Gang? No, um, I think it was Get Smart. Get Smart. Yeah, Jeff did Gridiron Games and the Rundown. I was there. I did those films also. Get Smart was like 2008, nine. Around there, yeah. maybe it was before that. Maybe it was um, maybe it was um, Tooth Fairy. Tooth Fairy was ten. Um, so, okay, so we did that in two thousand nine. Then. Well, what year was Gridiron Gang? Wasn't that like six? I did. I as his makeup artist, I did. I did um, Southland Tales. Okay, which is my favorite film of all of all my movies. Southland Tales, um, uh, Witch Mountain. I did that as department head and his makeup artist, and then I did anything, everything after that. Yeah. Until two thousand and ten, when I when I retired. Wow. Half retired. Yeah. And then, and then eventually, I think it was 2014, I retired full time. Yeah. I hurt my hand. This hand I have no feeling in this hand. How'd you do I, that? In my pool, you can see right here, cut all through here, right here. I had four operations. Um, there was a fire. There was a fire in my yard. I went to put it out. Couldn't put it out. I grabbed this giant. Um, I couldn't find the hose. I had my house on Beverly Glen in Sherman Oaks. I went to a giant pool. I had this glass votive and I filled it with water and it was too heavy to get out. And um, the table had caught on fire from, a, from a, oh, a, no. a, a stove, you know, an outside stove. Yeah. yeah. One of those heater things. And um, I went to, uh, it, 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 I was going to break if I let it go. Yeah. And I had my nephews come the next day to go in the pool. It was one of their birthdays. So I water, sort of went in with it. Yeah. And, 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 and I was going to hit my head on the side. So I pushed off the glass. The glass snapped, cut my hands and... That was it. And then you lose all the feeling and everything? Yeah. Oh, my God. From, from here up. Um, I, this, this, this is nothing, um, nothing, nothing. Partial. Partial right at the top. Yeah. And my pinky, I can feel everything. Um, I, can't, I can feel here, but nothing in here or here. Nothing here. Does it still function normally, though, like in terms well, of... Well, no, because I, I, feel, I can't... If you ask me to pick up a pencil... It'd be weird, or yeah. Or a pen or a, a pin or something. But anything like that, I can't even pick it up. It's too heavy. Oh my God. I have no, I have no strength. Yeah, and um, you know when they, when they, when they, when they, because you have, because you can't work anymore. Uh, I wanted to keep working, so I didn't make myself disabled. Yeah. Um. So until 2014, and then when I went to the doctors to do the Social Security disability, and uh, and through my union. Yeah. Um. He gave me this thing to to grasp. Okay. You know, and and, and it doesn't it didn't go above zero. Mm -hmm. So I mean. With this hand, it goes like to 10 or 20 or something. Yeah. But this, nothing happened. Because mm -hmm. there's really no, really no feeling in here to do anything. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was, I went, I went to work on a film called Battleship, and I was dropping stuff on the actress. Because mm -hmm. I couldn't use this hand. I, I'm left-handed, but I'm right-hand dominant. I see. All sports, stuff like that. And, and, and working on, a, on an actor, I worked both sides of the chair. Yeah. Now I can't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. Just this side. So it takes this a lot longer. This hand's fine, but. Yeah. And I'm getting arthritis in this hand. It's, this is the natural shape of the hand now. It's yeah. not like this, I can open the hand up. But Stretched this out. Yeah. I have to really, I have to like go like that to make it go flat. Wow. 
So, but um, you know, I can paint still. Yeah. No, I, I saw your art. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I sent you some art, right? Yeah, it's really good. I I, I started painting around 2016. Okay. I had a oh, that's when you there. started. I thought you were like, but doing it way longer, because you're good at it. <laughs> no, thank you. You're naturally no, I good at it. Then. 2015, maybe. Wow. And I'm um, I, I painting and and, and uh, I've been sculpting my whole life. Yeah. Sculpting. But your work's in like galleries and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, I had I two. I did two shows in a gallery. Oh, that's so cool. I own the gallery though. <laughs> Still cool though. That's what I wanted to do after I retired. It's obviously good enough to be in a gallery. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. <laughs> I sold. I sold almost sold out in the shows. So that's cool. Yeah, it was good. It was fun. And, but you know, then I realized this is, I didn't really want to own a gallery. I, I just want to paint. Yeah. So as soon as this is over, I'll get back to painting. I'm not doing anything right now. Yeah, that's cool. I need to finish that head that I sold. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> for sure. Head. Jim Carrey got hella into painting. Yeah, I saw his stuff. It's amazing. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's really great. He does a lot of Trump, anti-Trump stuff. It's good. Yeah. I saw, he was talking about it at this uh, speech thing he had. I can't remember where that was, but it was in Hollywood. It, it was actually at the Roosevelt. That's where I saw him. The yeah. driver that drove me over here was a Trump fan. Was he? I was shocked. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, he's like, well, it's a good thing we have Trump. And I'm like, oh no. Don't start. <laughs> I, I, I can't imagine how they can't see. Yeah. The insanity, and, and, and you know that he's a, he's a, he's a sociopath. I mean, it, it's crazy. Yeah. It, tell people to, to shoot up with bleach, and and, and now he's taking uh, this, this new drug. He's not taking it. It's a lie. Yeah. He's trying to backpedal everything, you know, so that he can try and get some votes in, in November. He's gonna, yeah. He's gone. We're li- we're living in interesting times right now. <laughs> it is. It sure is. Yeah. Who did you did you have anybody that you were like trying to vote for when he got he got uh, president? Trump? Yeah. I'm one of the people who, who didn't vote because I thought there's no way he could win. Yeah. I'm totally di- I totally didn't go. Yeah. But I voted I, I voted all the years before that. I, I met for president, so... Uh, yeah. yeah. It's a funny story. I just did a post about it. Uh, I can't remember when, what year it was, what film it was, but um, Clinton was visiting set to, yeah. to see Arnold, and um, he was getting his makeup done, and, and Clinton walked in, and I, from my room I could hear them talking, and um, I looked in my mirror, and I could see him. And uh, he's very tall, 6'4", I think. Yeah, he's tall. And um, um, all of a sudden, I hear Arnold say to him, go down and talk to Chubby. I have to go down the other. The trailer was really big. And he yeah. go down to the other end of the trailer and get his hair done. He goes, that, that's going to be boring for you. So go up, up and talk to Chubby. He's probably the only one in here that voted for you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> God. He does it to him. Oh, and, 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 and literally, 10 seconds later, there's uh, a knock at my door, and it's 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 uh, it's Bill Clinton, and we we talked oh for maybe a half an hour, forty minutes. How is he? Uh, He's a good guy. So much charisma. So, yeah. So smart. Yeah. Very funny. Uh, first thing he said was, uh, "You let him call you chubby." <laughs> <laughs> I said, you, you, who's, "Who's gonna stop him?" Wow. Oh, yeah. I I liked it. I liked it. I liked it. I, I normally would not like allow that. Yeah, but, but it's Arnold. <laughs> And how is you got to tell us some funny Arnold stories? There's got to be something. Oh, he, he, he's amazing. He's funny. Arnold is self. Well, you make fun of yourself. What's that called? There's a word for that. Uh, I could think of it. Uh, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> he, he he will make fun of himself first. He is self. Self something. It's a, it's a big word. We figure out. <laughs> he will but, figure it out. <laughs> Arnold is that, and he will make fun of himself first, and then you second, and, and always always with yeah. love. Yeah. It was always love. like he was in the morning. He said this to me so many times. He was he was come up to me and he'd say, "Chubby, it's so good to see you from the front." 
I'm used to seeing you from behind. <laughs> right? That was his sense of humor. He, he, he loved, he knew, they, he, he saw them scare me one day on set where I screamed like a 12-year-old girl. And, and, and there was these dummies from Eraser that were, that were made for this one scene with alligators, and they looked so real. And one of them looked like our driver, Larry. And so <laughs> Jeff said to me one day, this is something Jeff would never say to me. So I wasn't skeptical, but I, I was mad. Yeah. Because he, would, he said to me, Lou, I was in my room. He goes, I wasn't doing anything. I was reading the paper. He goes, Lou, could you go outside, grab the dummy of, uh, it was uh, Sharon Stone's brother. Um, grab the dummy of Mr. Stone and bring it into the trailer. And I'm like, that's not a job I do. You knew that. It's like, we have 10 assistants. I got up and, you know, yeah. there were actors in the trailer, so I didn't want to look like an idiot. So I went out the door and I go out. It was dark out and, and um, I saw some people in the distance, but I couldn't see where they were. It was dark. And I leaned down to pick up the dummy and it reaches out and scares the crap out of me. I went back 10 feet, fell down into the street, screaming like a 12-year-old girl. I mean, it was hysterical from their point of view. Arnold was standing at the door when I realized what was happening. It was Larry, the driver. They put him in the clothes of the dummy and <laughs> to scare me. Yeah. And from that day on, for the rest of the time I've known Arnold, he's been trying to scare me. And he got away with it a thousand times. <laughs> I have a picture, I have a picture in my, on, my, on my phone with Arnold crawling on the floor into my room. I'm in the chair facing away from the door reading a paper and, and Arnold was crawling on his hands and knees into my room to scare me. He did too because I remember what happened after that mm -hmm. but somebody took a picture of him doing that. Oh my God. I would walk on set and he'd be hiding behind the drapes or something and he just loved scaring me. I don't know. Yeah. But he's funny. a funny guy. It's funny because you're not the first person to tell us that Arnold was a prankster. Vernon Wells who prankster. Vernon Wells from Commando told us he was a prankster too. He's and a what funny, about Sue? Oh yeah, Chase Chase Sue as well. well Chase Sue, yeah, we and were. you worked with him on Collateral Damage. Yeah. yeah. Well, I worked with Chase Sue on the film. He's the one that set this up. So thanks to Chase oh, Sue. <laughs> I know. I already thanked him. He's he's the sweetest he's man the best. in the world. He is. He, we did Nightmare, Richard Nightmare on Street, and then and I you know I I worked on the scenes that he I was I was actually doing the blood I think in the scene where he was hung in the jail. Oh, because I would do stuff for Kathy, you know, yeah. but I was doing all the effects for that, you know. Oh, that's cool. And anyway, um, so it was late at night. It was it was it was horrible, long, and and we we we, we were sitting talking, and, he, and and I after the film was over, I didn't see him for many years until until collateral damage. I mean, I, we're in we're in Mexico starting filming, and and this it's and like this, eighteen years later. Jesus, eighteen, right? Eighty four, or well, it would have been eighty three because you filmed then, yeah. and then it came and, out two thousand two, yeah. My door opens and he comes walking in with a big smile on his face. And, and, and he says, do you remember me? And I said. You can't forget that face. I said, Nicori. <laughs> Nicori. He goes, no. Like, what do you mean no? That's your name. No. No, it's not. I know it's your name because one of my favorite films is Gotcha. Yeah, I still got to see that movie. I love that movie. You haven't seen it? I heard it's great. It's, and he steals the movie. Yeah, exactly. He really does. That's like one he's of his favorites. Total Lothario. You know, with the French accents. And he's really, oh, he's, he talks like oh that? Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, I can't he's, wait. You know, he's working these women, these beautiful women. <laughs> and, he's hilarious. And I knew his name was Nick Corey from that, really, more than from Nightmare. Because I don't even ever, except for maybe, I might have seen it at a cast and crew screening or the premiere. But after that, I never saw Nightmare on Home Street again until... A few years ago. Yeah. But I'd love, I've seen Gotcha 20 times. Okay. And, and I, I remember working with him, and his name is Nick Gorey. And 
But anyway, because I, I, his name was on the call sheet. Yeah. And, and, and there's a little check next to his name, which is yeah. when we started a film, Jeff and I would split up the act. I got most of them because he had Arnold or, 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 or Dwayne yeah. for the films. And then I would take, you know, the female star, whoever that was, and, uh, uh, and, um, and most of the character actors, if they had names, you know, like uh, Jimmy Kahn or uh, yeah. whoever the other actors were. And, um, and, and he was one of the ones I was supposed to make up. And I, and I it said Jesus Garcia. And I'm like, you know, I don't know like who the hell is that? Yeah. But now, but we well, after that, we we bonded on that film really a lot. I mean, we had so much fun on collateral damage um, that uh, we would go to dinners together, yeah. and, and 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 you know, even even in the uh, a lunchroom at, at yeah. the tent, we would sit together, and we got along so well in that yeah. film, and I've kept up with him now really it's, closely. It's such a shame that came out post 9/11, though. I mean, it really killed the release of that movie. Exactly. Yeah. And, and um, Roy, Roy, I did a film with Roy if, um, and John Frankenheimer that's really well done. It's called The Fourth War. Mm-hmm. And um, it came out two days before the, two days after the, the wall went down in, 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 in Germany. Okay. When wow. it t- tore the wall down. And the, and, the, and the film is about the boundaries yeah. of war. Of, of, of one size Russian and one size crazy American. Yeah. And, and how they fight. And the, the, the thing for the, on, the, on the poster was the first, the first World War was, was, uh, was um, on the ground with, uh, with you know, guns and, 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 and whatever. The Second World War was planes and, and, and tanks. Yeah. And the Third World War uh, was, uh, I forget what it was, but the, the Fourth War is, is going to be hands, hands again. Mm-hmm. Because um, and it, it makes sense, right? Because because the place is going to be blown up. Yeah, there's not going to be any of those other things. And, and and the film is the two of them fighting. At the end of the film, they do this long fight in the snow. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. But John Frankenheimer was amazing. To get to work with him was was a dream. And because of Roy, because I was there with Roy, I was only doing Roy. I ended up doing Roy and Jurgen Prock now because uh, I made I had I I told the director I said, John the the makeup artist who's doing the film is doing Jurgen Prochnow's uh, makeup in the film. But at the end of the film where they're both fighting and they have blood and gashes and cuts, prosthetics, he's doing it in a different way than I am. Yeah. So when you're on screen together, they're going to look like two different movies. Their makeup has to be done by the same person. I said, I, 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 I'm going to let you work that out. But I'm, don't forget, I'm here with Roy. If you want me to, I will do it as a favor because I became very close with John Frankenheimer during filming. But I will do it for you as a favor. I felt bad for the makeup artist on the show. So bad that he came in the next day after John said, no, no, you're right. You have to do both their makeup so it matches. The next day, this poor makeup artist came in with his portfolio to show the director that he could do it. Uh-huh. Yeah. But it was, but John was really sweet with him. John explained to him why it was being done that way. Mm-hmm. But um, I love working on that film. How was it working on Adam's Family doing the special effects? It was great. I... I uh, Originally, I was hired to do what I did, plus uh, Lurch and um, Uncle Fester, yep. full prosthetics. Mm-hmm. And uh, once we did the, we shot for a week or so with the prosthetics. Yeah. And it was so time consuming. It was like four and a half hours mm-hmm. on, on, on Chris Lloyd. And they came to me and they said, what are we, how can we cut it down to an hour? I said, we can't cut it down to an hour. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. It's not like a Freddy makeup week. And it's, it's. It's like, you know, pizza. It's just more it doesn't matter what it looks like. Yeah. But when you're doing something like Uncle Fester, yeah. and the makeup was really great. Funny thing about Uncle Fester, sorry to cut you off, um, I was like one of the fattest babies ever. 
and I apparently looked like Uncle Fester because my whole family apparently called me that when I was an infant. <laughs> yeah, that's that's just something I learned from my dad. But you, yeah. you slimmed down. Yeah, I was when I was, when I was through my whole childhood. I was the skinniest. Like looked like nobody wanted to ever feed me. Yeah, no, so that's. Yeah, but you, I filled in and you, you lost it all. Yeah, no, I was huge. <laughs> but yeah, Chris went. Chris actually went ballistic. He, 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 he was gonna walk off the movie. He, he, really? he wanted to have the prosthetics. Very important to him. He said, "I'm not doing a ball cap again because when I did a ball cap on um, on uh, Back to the Future, it was a disaster. Really? You know, the back it was showing. It wasn't done very well. And so um, he said, I'll never do that again. Yeah. So he ended up shaving his head and and just having Kevin Haney, who's a brilliant makeup artist, Kevin's one of the best there is in the industry, do his makeup mm -hmm. instead of me. Um, and I, I went. I, I, I then they cut Lurch's neck piece out." Mm -hmm. So that didn't happen. So Kevin also did Lurch, I believe. Uh -huh. And then um, I was relegated to just basically doing all the special effects makeups. Uh, thing. I did the hand. Yeah. The whole film. Oh, that's many, so Many cool. different prosthetics on his hand. Yeah. Chris Hart, who's a magician, a really famous magician, did that part. Mm -hmm. He's a good friend of mine still. Um, and um, I was on the visual effects unit for most of the film. But I was also shooting Nightmare on Elm Street 6 at the same time. <laughs> It was a tough job, but, yeah. but it, I was being paid really well to do Chris and, and all the prosthetics. Yeah. So when they cut that, they wanted to cut my pay. And thank God for the uh, special effects guys. They mm. were, they got my back and they said, no, 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 you hired him and, and he has to, he's doing all these other prosthetics mm -hmm. still. So, but I liked, I love doing the Adams Family. But and, um, at first I didn't care for the director. No? No, not at all. Um, and Scott Rudin was the, was the producer and, uh, he was, he was always firing his assistants. Yeah. And, um, but um, but I, 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 by the end of the film, I loved, loved working with them, with them all. It was a great, great cast. Um, and you liked the final product, obviously. Yeah, it was very well done. But a lot, a lot of effects artists worked on that one at once. Was that... Effects, oh, yeah, Tony Gardner. Was that, like, more stressful because there were that many people? For me? Yeah. I never saw them. Yeah, okay. I was doing my thing. You were doing your thing. Uh, on visual effects unit. And they were, they were either on first unit or second unit. Okay. The visual effects unit was a whole unit. Yeah, yeah, just doing the thing and and whatever the uh, the special effects makeups were the the small things that I did. Yeah, but mostly I, I did after after they cut that. Mostly my big thing was just doing a thing. That's good. Which was a big deal. Mm -hmm. I mean, we shot it for we shot for nine months, um, and um, it was it was great to work on the the the, the, the we, we, because because I was doing Chris also for visual effects. He was also in first unit mm -hmm. with the other actors because a lot of stuff would have been first unit, mm -hmm. and and. Um, Somebody must have told, I don't know who it was, it wasn't me. Somebody told, um, he played Gomez. Um, RuPaul. Uh, no, he's uh, Raul Julia. Raul Julia. That I was Roy's makeup artist. I was also Roy's makeup artist. And he and Roy are very close. Yeah. Were. And, uh, and, and then I couldn't get rid of him. I couldn't get him, get rid of him sitting next to me. He was yeah. the sweetest man in the world. Yeah. So nice. And so was Angelica. Angelica was amazing. Yeah. That was a, one mistake in my life that I regret. Is her husband at the time still? Uh, uh, he died now. Um, oh my God, I can't remember his name. Famous sculptor, okay. very famous sculptor. I can't remember. I can't remember his name right now. But I, I, I showed him some of my sculptures, and he he actually invited me to come down and 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 work as a paid assistant for him. But I was going from Adam's family to to some. Uh, I think what year was that? Robert Graham. Robert Graham. Robert Graham. Robert Graham. Robert Graham. Yeah. Amazing man. Yeah. Sculptors are just what I love to do. Yeah. And, and, I, and, and I had hours and hours and hours of talking with him because, because, because his wife was always working. He was always there. Mm -hmm. And um, 
Angelica was wonderful. The last day of filming, she she thought she had she thought she had her her wig, and uh, uh, and her her dress, which wasn't they were they were doubles like a, a cheap wig and a, yeah. and a and a cheap extras dress. But she thought they were real. They're hers that she wore in the film because she promised throughout filming that the last day of filming she was gonna literally tie them to the flagpole, run them up the flagpole, and set them on fire. <laughs> and they were so uncomfortable. Her girdle, yeah, you know, to give her that shape, and her hairpiece. Which was all glued; it was all fake, and, and her nails. Uh -huh. and, and as they put that in some kind of sack and ran it up the flagpole at Hollywood Center Studios and set it on fire, she was so happy. <laughs> and then we came back for reshoots. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> and, she, and she was like, "Oh my God, what are we gonna do?" Because <laughs> they had them. Her, her hairpiece was six thousand dollars. Oh God, it was all handmade. Yeah, she was wonderful to work with. Yeah, I didn't do her makeup, but. Anthony did her makeup, but I, I I got to work you know on the set with her so, but just yeah, great. And, and she's been in so many good movies. Uh, was was a good was a good thing. I wish I had taken that that offer. Mm -hmm. I love her in The Witches. She's great in The Witches. Yeah, she's brilliant in everything she does. Have you ever seen um um, um Manhattan Murder mi Murder Mystery? Manhattan Murder Mystery, no. A Woody Allen film. Oh, is it okay? It's brilliant. I'll have to check that one out. Woody Allen and, and Diane Keaton come upon a. A murder, a murder. They think. Manhattan it's, murder. It's hysterical. Mystery. One of the funniest movies of all time. I want to make a note of that one. Manhattan murder mystery. And she's in that. Cool. And Jellicoe's in it as a as a um, an agent, a, a book agent, for 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 uh, Woody Allen had just written a new book, and, he, and she's coming on to him. She finds him incredibly attractive. And yeah. It's hysterical. Came out in '93. That was a good year. Uh, it was a good year. Hocus Pocus. I worked on Hocus Pocus. I worked on the. Did uh, you really? Yeah, on the. Uh, oh my god. I don't think it's on my thing. Uh, I worked on uh, it was a couple of weeks, maybe four weeks. Oh. Tony Gardner was the was the main makeup artist in that, and uh, and I'm I'm I've known Tony for four years. Yeah. So and, and in fact, he did he did all the aliens for me on Sequest. That's cool. But but um, uh, uh, I did all the um Halloween sequences. I had like six characters. I did wow. every day for a couple of weeks. I had uh, like a, a, a the devil and this odd some odd things I had. Little Bo Peep, some just yeah. normal characters. It was fun. It was the most fun. Yeah. And, and Bat Midler watching those girls on set must have been crazy. Jim, it was hysterical. They probably don't stop even when the cameras are off. No, they you do. They do because they it's, do. It's a lot of work. Of course they do. Uh, okay. They stop. But but they're just so funny. Robin Williams does not stop. Robin Williams doesn't. No. I was doing Arnold's makeup for a special. Uh, American <laughs> Cinematheque gave uh, gave Arnold an award. Yeah. As like Entertainer of the Year or something. Yeah. Uh, movie Star of the Year. And Robin, he, he asked, because usually when they do that, they, they asked who would they like to give the award to them. Mm -hmm. And Arnold said Robin Williams. Mm -hmm. And um, they were sharing uh, some writers. Because Arnold's speeches, whatever he did, whatever, was for whatever he was doing, a speech for the Oscars or whatever, yeah. he always had his, his stuff written by comedians. Really? Yeah. Um, who who's in the uh, Hollywood Squares, in the center square? Um, looks like, he looks like a, a Muppet. You know what I'm thinking of? Give me more. Anyway, he writes the Oscars every year. Okay, okay. And, uh, and, and Arnold knew that, so he, Arnold hired him many times. Uh, so many times where Arnold's working out in his gym, and I'm just sitting there waiting, watching him work out. And, 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 and um, this, this, this guy would come in, and they'd start writing stuff right there. Historical stuff. Yeah. Very funny. But um, what was my point of telling that story? Oh, so we were, they were giving him this award. And Robin and I was, I was standing on stage waiting for them to start the show. And we're backstage, and it's Arnold, myself, 
and Robin. That's it. Nobody around us. Nobody. No ADs, nothing. Yeah. We're just standing there all by ourselves in the dark. And Robin Williams is on the whole time. He's joke after joke after joke. <laughs> and I laugh really loud. And, and, and at one point, this was the sweetest thing Arnold ever said. He said, after I was laughing so hard, and, and towards the end of it, he says, he says to me, Jesus, this guy, I got to take him with me wherever I go. He laughs at all my jokes. And Arnold says, uh-uh, chubby's with me. Yeah, that's so that cool. A nice thing, yeah. Forget <laughs> that. But Robin was a sweet man. Yeah, it was such a, yeah. such a bummer. That was like the one celebrity I almost like cried when I heard he died. Almost cried. I mean, I had, I had a tear, honestly. Yeah. I'm not going to laugh. It really hit me hard because, you know, my brother, he just came downstairs and then said, Robin Williams just passed away. And I'm like... No, that's not even funny. Please tell me you're joking. And he's one of my influences. I mean, he's like one of the top four that I could say got me to be where I am and what what inspired me to come out here. I saw him do, I saw him do a, a riff on some. All he said was to, the, to a woman in the audience, can I borrow your scarf? Uh-huh. <laughs> and he did 15 characters with that scarf. <laughs> you would die laughing just listening to him. Whatever he did was just terrible. No, he, he did like, you know, Five, five, five nuns and, and <laughs> sixteen nurses, and yeah. it's hysterical. And um, like, have you ever seen um, um, uh, La Cage Faux? But it was it had a different title. The movie with um, with Robin Williams, um, La Cage Faux, Birds, Birdcage, Birdcage, yeah. You know that film? Sure, yeah. I saw hysterical. it once. Yeah. But he does that riff where he's dancing, showing the, the guy how to dance. Yeah. And he he does he does like. He, he does all the different kinds of dances that famous um, choreographers are known for. Yeah. I mean, Michael Kidd was known specifically for, like, Western kind of dancing. Mm -hmm. You know, and he did all these Madonna, Madonna, Madonna. <laughs> it was hysterical. It's so, it's so wrong. It was so amazing. Yeah. My, my, a good friend of mine, Cherie Mins, was, was his makeup artist for his, most of his career. Mm -hmm. and, and she got to know him very well. Very sad. Did she work on Mrs. Doubtfire? I don't. I don't remember. No, yeah. I don't know what she did. That was ninety. Might have been. That might have been. Um, she may have done the show, but I don't think uh, with the regular stuff with Robin, but Robin's straight stuff. But I think Greg Cannon did the prosthetics. Okay. Now I got a question. You worked on the Negotiator with Samuel L. Jackson and Kevin Spacey. Yes. I've heard horror stories about Samuel L. Jackson. Not true. Not true. Okay. No. Uh, I can't remember who it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did not like somebody there. Okay. And there was there was some drama. Okay. But it was it was it was uh, it was for a reason. Okay. It wasn't like just it wasn't just random, yeah. No, no, it was totally totally for a reason. I th it might have been the director F. Gary Gray. Okay. I worked with him twice. I I I, I think that's what it might have been. Okay. So he, so he was cool. He's amazing. Yeah. Sam. Yeah. He's the most down to earth, low key. Nothing, nothing excites him. Nothing, nothing gets him angry. Or, and, and at the time, the biggest show on TV was um, that crazy guy who had the show where he would bring people on, and 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 and, and, and it was like you know people divorcing each other and, uh -huh. and doing those, you know, what's that? Maury, Maury, Maury. No, the other one, the one before him. Uh, what was before him? One of those crazy shows like uh, that. I know what you're talking the about. The guy that. was really famous, and and he 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 loves watching that. We had it on in the trailer, twenty four seven. Yeah. And um, <coughs> that was a lot of fun. Springer? Jerry Springer. Jerry Springer, yes. Jerry Springer. That's the one. <laughs> Sam loved that. Loved that show. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they were so 
view was so white trash and so horrible. And They're horrible. Stupid. And, yeah. and he would be screaming at the TV watching the show because it was hysterical. Oh, that's so funny. But yeah, Sam is one of the nicest people I've ever met. What about Spacey? Again, I did three movies, three movies with him. Yeah, he he was very always very nice to me. I did yeah. with, with with same makeup artist who does Jimmy Lee Curtis. Yeah. Um, uh, was his personal, and I did um, pay it forward. Yeah. The, the prosthetics. Yep. With her, it's like two thousand. And so that was a that was a tough job, but it was one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. It turned out really well for us. Um, he was he was very secretive. Um, really nice guy. He was great to us. Yeah. Um, yeah. He had a great sense of humor. What 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 you heard is is probably what you heard. Yeah. So, but 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 I never saw any of that. Yeah. Not at all. Not 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 on set. Mm-hmm. But he's really he's really a brilliant actor. Mm-hmm. No, he's amazing. Love yeah. watching him. American Beauty. Yeah, I worked on that for. Week or two, two weeks. Yeah. yeah. What's your favorite favorite makeup work you've ever done? Uh, it was on um, Southland Tales, and the specific makeup was on an actress named Beth Grant. It's an aging makeup, beautiful uh, beauty aging makeup. Um, it's one of my favorite stories. Uh, she, she, the film, the film was set up in a way that we never knew who was coming into work that day. What movie star? It was different stars. Every day we, we were here, it was going to be this one, Angelica Houston, blah, 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 blah. They would come in, and, and um, the director was on set always, and he didn't have time to, to, he would tell me what he wanted, and he gave me a book before filming started called The, the Worst, um, Most Horrible Women of the Set of, 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 of All Mankind. Uh-huh. It would be like the, you know, Nazi women and who ran up concentration camps and things like that. And... Um, to, to read because he wanted he wanted to base a lot of the women on that kind of horror. Um, the film is is crazy, um, brilliant written. I didn't get it till it was over and I saw the whole thing put together. I mean, cars um, basically fucking each other. I mean, have you seen <laughs> Southland Tales? Yeah, I, I haven't seen it. No, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Anyway, um, so she sits in my chair. This great actress, brilliant actress, who's 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 um. Richard Kelly's sort of muse. He, she's in all his films. She was in Donnie Darko. She was in everything. Um, anyway, so um, she's in my chair, and she sees all these prosthetics set out. And all, all, all the director said to me, Richard Kelly, was, was I just wanted her to be about eight years old. She knew she was going to be aged, but she thought maybe 10 years or something. Little stretches to pull or something like that. And that's full prosthetics. And she was shocked. Very quiet at first. So I start putting the prosthetics on. And there's a point in a prosthetic makeup where you just have the prosthetics on, no color, just powder over the prosthetics so they don't stick together. And and you're looking at yourself in the mirror and you look like a you look like a basically a baby that just came out of the womb. You know, all wrinkly, but but no no makeup, no lips, mm-hmm. no eyebrows, no hair. And she started to cry. And 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 really she said, I don't know what I'm doing here, I don't know what Richard wants from me, what am I why am I like this? And I had to think quick and think, I got to finish this makeup. We're running out of time. I got to get it done. And I'm, I'm, I'm working on a concept in my head. So I started telling her things that weren't true, but that all I could do was to give her character stuff, references, to try to give her a character and help her. Richard, other than giving me that book, he had said nothing to me. 
He said, make her, make her look 80. And I also knew she was the richest woman in the world. So I started to tell her things like, your hair is silver, bright, shiny silver. It looks like spun silver. It's real silver. It's, it's mm -hmm. melted down dimes, and they made your hair. That's how rich you are. And your lips are super black and thin, mm -hmm. like, like a, just like one of those Nazi women, you know? Mm -hmm. and, you're, and you're German, and you have, you have a Nazi accent, a German accent. Mm -hmm. I'm making this crap up. Mm -hmm. And she started to go, oh, really? Is, is that what? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what Richard was thinking. By mm -hmm. giving me that book and you know getting and and, and your makeup is going to be gorgeous. You're not going to you're you're like a really rich woman who wants to look young. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to make it look like you've had a facelift, but you're old. I'm, I, these prosthetics weren't even made for her. They were just things I had left over, mm -hmm. and I had ten sets, so I knew that she could work ten days. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and she was only supposed to work five, but Richard stretched her out. Eventually, by the end of the film, the makeup took so long that he cut two of her days off because it just was no time to get her ready for camera because they were always rushing mm -hmm. to get ready. But when she got to set all done up, and there's a photo, I'll show it to you. It's my favorite thing I've ever done. It's, it's, it's beautiful. We saw in one of the photos you sent us that Sylvester Stallone was with you and James Caan and Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger. Did you get yeah, a chance Bobby. to, did you work with Stallone? No, never, I, I, just that day. I met him many times through Arnold, cigar nights and stuff like that, but never, never worked with him ever. But I, yeah. but that night we were in, uh, it was an opening of a Planet Hollywood in Cincinnati, uh -huh. and we spent literally twenty hours with these these guys, and it was one of the most incredible nights ever because uh, we were like really used to being around each other by the end of the night. Yeah, now, I'm the only person who was a celebrity, but they were they were really super nice to me. Also, not in the picture. Well, Shaquille O'Neal, he was with us also. Oh, God. He was not in the photo. He must be yeah. cool. He was great. Yeah. Big, big mook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But super smart. At one point, we were in this house. This guy who owned all the Planet Hollywoods. And we're in his house for dinner after, after the, the, the event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the house was amazing. I mean, in, in, in the middle of the room, in the living room, there was, a, there was an easel with, with a Picasso yeah. from the blue period. I mean, oh, wow. $100 million right there on that. But the house was filled with Chagall's, and there was a Giacomelli sculpture in the hallway. Oh, my God. Toys all around it because he had kids. Filthy rich. Huge. Amazing. Yeah. And at one point, Jimmy Kahn, Jimmy, I, worked, I did three or four movies with Jimmy, and I love doing his makeup. I love working with him. And he, um, he turns to Shaquille O'Neal, and he goes, hey, Shaq, he goes, I, I, have a, I have a piece in my pocket. What do you think we take this place? <laughs> <laughs> and Shaq goes, no, let's not. <laughs> but the, the, the art was everywhere. You could have picked something up and put it in your pocket. Yeah. There was a, there was a uh, there was a Monet sculpture of one of the ballerinas. Mm. So, so they're so rare. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, the Picasso and a couple of Chagall's. The Giacometti was was a ten foot tall one. You know, Giacometti is a sculptor. Giacometti. He's a standing yeah. man. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Incredible. I mean, one of the biggest one I've ever seen. Probably the biggest one mm -hmm. was in this guy's house, and the house was nothing special either. You know. Mm -hmm. Most movie stars don't have special houses. Mm -hmm. Most big movie stars, they just have a nice house. That's how I would want it. I'm not big on mansions. Well, they're, they're, they're for the showy people. Yeah. But, you know, Arnold, Arnold has a great house, not, not, nothing big is better. I mean, yeah. they own three of them in a row next to each other. Yeah. One was a gym. <laughs> and he's out, I've, I've noticed, he's out and about all the time. He doesn't seem to care. He's very approachable. I heard he's approachable, but he, he but just... Nobody bothers him because he's approachable. Yeah? Yeah, I've walked around with him all over the world. And yeah. 
the best was we're in we're shooting Jingle All the Way, and then Marlon love that movie. And and we're shooting one of the scenes, and and he goes, Joby, come! I have to buy uh, Maria uh, uh, engagement gifts. Yeah, let's go to the jewelry store. So I'm walking with him uh, to the jewelry store, and we're walking in this huge mall, people everywhere. And and what would happen was as we walked past some people who were walking, they would do this. They would just stare. <laughs> and then they go, No, what are you be doing here? <laughs> right? and that was that's everywhere though. Yeah, uh, Italy was tough. Italy was tough because. So he wouldn't walk around with some kind of disguise on. He would just go oh, walk around. No, 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 That's no, not no. him, right? Yeah. No, 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 no. His bodyguard Howard was was like sixty something years old, and yeah. like, like your grandpa. Exactly. Like yeah. Deadly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like these celebrities that walk around with the, the dark shades on and they got the, the security with them. It's not necessary. They're creating that, that yeah. thing. Yeah, they're creating that. Some of them truly do get mobbed. Yeah. Uh, I know. Uh, I know um, Henry uh, Cavill. Oh, Henry Cavill, yeah. He, he can't literally walk anywhere. Really? No, because he's so, he's so, he's so, they want to touch him. That's so weird. Yeah. Robert, when we were in Russia, I'll never forget when we were in Russia doing um, Dance Macabre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and we're at the, we're at the Vaganova, Vaganova school? No. I think it was the Vaganova school. But it was the premier, uh, in St. Petersburg, the premier dance school that everyone had gone to. Every ballerina, everything, Pavlova, Nureyev. Yeah. All of them had gone there. Nijinsky, Barishnikov, yeah. and, and these kids, we're in all these kids. You know what a raked stage is? A raked stage is like 30 degrees, mm-hmm. the stage. And they're dancing on point on that stage, like this. That's tough. And we're in awe watching these kids, little to, to you know, 16 or 17. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and here they see Freddie. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and they're all in their classrooms, and we start to hear them. We're sitting, we're sitting in the middle of the room with a stage in front of us, and we're watching these kids go through some dance moves. It's Robert, me, and Nancy, Robert's wife. Yeah. And, and we're watching this. We had an interpreter with us, Elena. And we're watching these kids. They're amazing. But we start hearing, Freddie, Freddie, Freddie. Right, right, and we walk out. He must the love hall. that. It was incredible. It was incredible. There's thousands of kids uh, yeah. wanting to see him. Yeah, you know, these are ballerinas and dancers who are amazing. You know, yeah. I mean, they want they want Freddie. <laughs> I feel kind of bad for him though. I mean, I mean, it's cool as hell. He doesn't. He can walk out in public. No, I mean, with Robert, though, I mean, everybody probably just talks to him about Freddy, but he's got so many other good movies he's been in, like Dead and Buried, yeah, Night Terrors well, he did with well, you. Robert's smart, as, as was Roy. Yeah. Robert's smart, knowing that that's what made you famous. Exactly, yeah. I worked with Tina Louise, who was in Gilligan's Island. Yeah. She hated being recognized as Ginger. Hated it. Really? Whereas, whereas uh, t- uh, the other one, who played Marianne, she loved it. And they embrace it, yeah. it. And people didn't bother her. And Tina Louise, no one went near her. You could just see that the the some actors are just not happy. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll, I'll say this right away. Miserable. I can't stand. I'll say it because she truly is a bitch. Excuse me. Um, is um, oh my god, I have a blank on her name right now. Christy Swanson. No, because she is. She's, uh, <laughs> she's she the worst. She was in um, uh, Victor Victoria. Leslie Ann Warren. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm with my niece, and and, and we're watching we're for the premiere of E.T. Oh, okay. And I'm sitting on the ends with my niece next to me, who at the time was like seven, eight. Mm-hmm. And next to us, in front of us, but sort of off to the one side, like this far away from me, yeah. was Leslie Ann Warren, and, or who we call Crazy Ann Warren. And, and next to her was her, her friend. And, and 
Jenny says to me, Lenny says, look, look, Uncle Lewis, there's Cinderella. <laughs> Can I go say hi to Cinderella? And I'm thinking, she's Cinderella. She's got to be nice, right? I never met her before. Yeah. I, I did eventually. I did a movie with her. But she, she, she gets up and she goes around and walks over to her. She goes, hi, Cinderella. My name is Jenny. Oh. And she turns to her friend and she says, great. Another friggin' kid who thinks I'm Cinderella. <gasps> what? So I got up and I grabbed my niece's hand, pulled her out of the aisle and sat her back down. And I said, Jenny, sit down. We don't want to. We don't want. We don't want to talk to somebody who's not nice. Cinderella's a bitch. I said really loud, <laughs> and all the people around us started clapping because they had heard her. Oh no! And as soon as the movie was just about to start, as soon as the curtain went up and the movie started, she literally and the two of them literally got jumped out. The theater. Yeah, she was just horrible. Ugh, and then I went. I, 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 one of my oldest friends, who's you know got all the awards there is Emmys. He's even got a Grammy, uh, an Oscar. Uh, not, not a Tony Award. Everything else. Every word you can imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's directing a film, and he calls her in to be the lead actress. And he says to me, he calls me up, and he says, maybe 15 years ago, he says, come in, I want you to meet her. I want you to, to um, bring your portfolio. I, I said, I don't use my portfolio anymore. I haven't used it in you know, 10 years. Bring it anyway. She wants to see your portfolio. And he, he wants to know if I could make her go from 17 mm -hmm. to 16. Okay. The time she was 15. And um, she's still pretty, you know. And I, I met her, and I and I, I gave him. A, I just shook my head, yes, which means I could. But a lot of work, but still, yeah. you know, uh, lifts and stuff like that for the younger stuff and lighting, and then for the older stuff, some prosthetics and stuff. And I said, yeah, we can, we can totally. And so she's going through my portfolio, and she says, "Well, you haven't done a lot of magazine stuff." I'm like, "I, I have, but that's another portfolio." It's just my movie stuff. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it was, you know, Robert and, 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 and aging makeups and things like that. All the character stuff, all the blood and gut stuff, the stuff that's hard. Not the beauty makeups. It was another thing. And she said, um, are you even with an agency? Mm -hmm. And I said, yes, I'm with Cloutier. Oh, she was, oh, 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 oh okay, well, um, I, I really don't like your portfolio, but we'll, we'll have to talk, James. And I got up from... from there and I, I turned to James right in front of her and I said I have no interest in doing this film uh -huh. and I left oh. now I'm doing um, Jobs oh which that was you and did a great job on Jobs yeah that was very and, cool and uh, she's wanting to be made up young yeah 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 it, it was so obvious and the, one of my assistants who was doing her makeup did a beautiful job on her but trying to keep her at the age she was and a little older but because she was playing his mom who was pretty old in, in real life and, and she's wanting to just keep being younger and younger and younger. And after about three days, I went to the director and I said, she's, she's, just, she's just wanting us to make her, she wants to wear so much makeup and look young and we can't do it. She's not the character that you want for the film. And they let her go. They just, for me, you know, explaining that she doesn't want to be what you want her to be. And we, can't, we can't get her to do it. I had to let one of my makeup artists go because mm -hmm. she refused to work with her anymore. Mm -hmm. She wasn't doing what she wanted. I get another makeup artist come in, which is so horrible because the one I had was brilliant. Mm -hmm. But um, she's a horrible person. I'll say that. That and Lori Singer. Lori Singer is the other one who I told you the story about. Right? Yeah. It was the only two of my entire career that I... That was actually... That was one of my next questions was, out of all the people you did makeup on over the years, who was the biggest diva and who hated getting the elaborate makeup done the most? That was one of my next... 
Lori Singer, elaborate makeup, and 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 and, and Crazy and Warren. Yeah. So yeah. everybody else was cool. Uh, everyone's great. Yeah, the, that's good. The, the general, for me, in my career, the yeah. bigger the star, the nicer they are. I mean, I made up Elizabeth Taylor, uh, you know, all these huge big stars, women, mm -hmm. and this was most more, most important in the in the field of that, you know, Ginger Rogers and all these people I made up for the past and stuff. But 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 um, I've also done, you know, Rosario Dawson. Mm -hmm. uh, love her. Uh, what's that? Oh, we love her. Yeah. She's great. Yeah. So funny. Love her and Clerks too. There's a great picture of me holding her over my head. Yeah. In here and and uh, uh, you know. Um, from Terminator 3, uh, uh, I loved working with her. Claire Danes? Claire Danes is the best. She came in, they, it was a Friday when they, they let the other girl go, and, and on, on Monday, they told us they had hired Claire Danes. And um, I could tell the story because I don't think she would care, but uh, I think they were paying $250,000 for the first girl, for the whole movie. And I think, they, because they wanted, just, they just decided, let's just get the best actress out there. And yeah. Claire would be the one, mm -hmm. and and they did. They threw money at her. They threw two million dollars at her, or two and a half million dollars at her to play the, for the part. The most money she ever made at that point. <laughs> Vanessa Williams, I've made, I've worked with her. Yeah, she's amazing. But the bigger the star, the nicer they are. I found the only one I didn't care about. I didn't work with him. I just over the years I didn't really care about him because I, I, I was around him a lot on a movie called Nothing But Trouble. Um, okay. Was Bruce Willis because he was married to Demi at the time, and she was just a horrible, horrible brat at the time but I worked with her later when she was married to Ashton mm -hmm. I've done three movies with Ashton yeah how was Ashton on jobs Demi was amazing uh, working with her on, on, on um, what's the film I did with, with um, Ashton Kutcher and and uh, uh, if from from the, 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 the if you if you build it they will come Kevin Costner I did a film. With oh, him. Field of Dreams. No, I did a uh, Coast Guard movie. Uh, oh, the I know you're talking it about. It was the something. The bodyguard. No, no, no. The, the, the no, no, no. I anyway, know, I know you're talking about. <laughs> Demi was there every day, and she was amazing to be around. She would go get coffee for us. She would go to the, run to the Home Depot, whatever, whatever we needed. She was amazing, and her she had her daughters with her, and they were hysterical. The Guardian. The Guardian. Yes, we had the best time in the world with her. But my first experience with her was she was just a brat. Because she was with Bruce Willis. Yeah. And I don't really want to... Uh, I did, uh, Jobs was a was a hard film for me. It was my first time back after that sort of uh -huh. early retirement that I took. Yep. And I came back and I did that because um, I'm really good with facial hair and beards and mustaches to make them look real. Mm -hmm. And the director came to me and he heard about me and he said, I had a meeting with him. He said, um, I, I want to know one important thing. Can you make them look real? And I said, if you give me the time, they will look real. Yeah. If you don't give me the time, on set, not, not in the makeup trailer, on set, you give me the time, and they're going to have to be touched up almost every shot. Yeah, of course. Because they're just fake, and they're yeah. going to pop up. And um, I did uh, the two important ones for the film. We did everybody, but the two important ones were um, Josh Gad and, and, and Ashton. They had completely fake hair the whole movie. Mm -hmm. When they had hair, mm -hmm. there were some scenes where they don't have any hair. But that was, um, they just shaved, but... For most of the film, I had to put a beard on a mustache, mm -hmm. and they look completely real. Yeah, there's a couple of pictures here. I think I sent you. I liked the film. I've seen the film. It's <clears throat> it's definitely good. Yeah, it's um. I don't think it did well at the theater. No, but but um. I thought it, it was fun working on it. Good, yeah. We went to the real places that they actually took place. That house 
in the garage where they uh-huh. built the that, that was his real house. Yeah, I actually I visited there. I actually we went. Uh, you weren't with me, right? No, uh, I went no. with Meg. We went we went all the way to Northern California and visited the house just to get pictures and check it out. And one of his neighbors came out from across the street and actually he actually lived there when he was actually neighbors with Steve Jobs and he still lives there now. And he was telling me all oh, really? these stories about Steve Jobs. It was really cool. Yeah, we met we met his mother. Yeah, his mother still lives in the house. Mm-hmm. That we were, that we went that we were filming in. Probably does. She did, yeah. Because we, we we she would you know leave in the morning when we got there, and uh, we were there too long. We went we went up north for, I think three or four weeks. Yeah. The rest of it was all shot down here. Mm-hmm. UCLA, a lot of UCLA. Thing. Do you like shooting up there? I like I like the area. I I, would, yeah. I I wouldn't live there. No, yeah, no. I love San Francisco. Yeah, it's cool. It's a great city. Boston is my favorite city in, in the United States. Really. I've been to Salem. I don't think People, I've been food, to Boston. Everything. Yeah. We shot. We shot um, uh, Warlock in Salem. Mm-hmm. And Hocus Pocus. I, not not I, your I, stuff. Your I, stuff would have been out here. I, I only did the stuff here at a studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a. It was a big. Um, it was like four weeks of a big Halloween party. Uh huh. That was fun. And then I had a question about horror stories from your career, but I'm pretty sure you've already touched on those. Horror stories about people, or, or, or just just in general. I don't really have. A you lot don't have too many. Horrible things have happened because I was always Focused. so excited to be at work. Yeah. Um, some things. Um, uh, nah, Nothing too bad. Uh, no, I really don't have like horrible things that have happened. I told you about the, yeah. the Laurie Singer was the worst, I think. Yeah. Of, of all the horror stories. Yeah. Um, I really don't. I'm trying to think about from film to film. and um, I mean, there were films like... Uh, um, some of the really low budget films where they were just horrible to work on. And, no, of course. And you couldn't wait to get away from them. Yeah. But um, those horror stories are, they're long gone out of my head. Yeah, yeah. 20 years ago, I would have told you, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but I, most horror stories for me, I could tell it and it sounds funny. Yeah. Because, because there's a joke in all of it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, how I got to do Elizabeth Taylor was crazy. I mean, I, I was filming Sequest. And uh, we were shooting on stage 28, and my trailer was parked right outside because Roy liked having the makeup trailer right next to his trailer. And, 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 and across the stage, across from us, on different stages, I think it was 22, they were shooting um, Flintstones. Okay. And I went over a couple times to visit. I wanted to see Elizabeth Taylor. I mean, Elizabeth Taylor. She's a Lacon. And because and, 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 uh, I knew the ADs really well. Yeah. Very well. And, and, and one morning, about 10 o'clock in the morning, one of them comes running over and says, Are you, have you done Roy already? And I was like, yeah, he's already on set. I'm just about to go and touch him up. Well, can you tell them that we need you for a couple hours? Can you, we need you to make up Elizabeth Taylor. Her makeup artist didn't show up. Oh, no. I was like, sure. Uh, was I nervous? Hell yeah. Yeah. It's Elizabeth Taylor. And you're just jumping out of and, project and her last room, second. Her room was painted purple. Yeah. <laughs> you know, lavender. Because her eyes are lavender, and she liked everything lavender around her. The lights in there were lavender. So I went in, and all the makeup was set up, and she comes walking in, and on her desk, on, on the makeup desk, there was a, a list of 10 items. Mm-hmm. And it said, it said gifts. Uh, it said the date and gifts. And, and, and when she would come in in the morning, she would cross off one or two of the gifts, and somebody would pick the paper up. She didn't hand it to anybody. It got picked up and left. And, and, and literally within two hours, those gifts would be on her, on her desk, on the makeup desk. Wow. Lolly, crystal, uh, 
you know, some uh, chili drink chasins, <laughs> whatever yeah. the, the gifts were. All through her career, yeah. in her contract, it said Louis B. Mayer started at MGM. He spoiled her rotten. Mm-hmm. And so eventually that was in her contract. And she got, she got a gift every day she came to work. Yeah. Of her travel. The, the lists were given to them by her assistant and then, and then brought back and she would, you know, they would mix them up. And you know, I was only there that one day doing her makeup. Mm-hmm. I'm here up. I went to set with her for maybe an hour or two, two hours. And then her makeup artist came. She had a, I don't, know what, I don't remember what happened. I never asked. Mm-hmm. But one nice thing was she was so tiny. And, and, and she had her little Pekingese with her everywhere she went. Mm-hmm. And but she, 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 had, she had a back problem. And so she would come over to me. I was always really three feet away. Mm-hmm. Wherever she did, I would follow her around because I wanted to make sure I was there. And um, she was so nice to me. Mm-hmm. And um, she, um, she would always come over to me and like lean against me and put one arm around me with the Pekingese in the other arm. <laughs> she was like... I would kind of hold her up because her back would hurt. Mm-hmm. But she couldn't sit because it would be worse. Mm-hmm. And she turned to me one time and she said, you don't mind, do you? Like, no, I'm in, I'm in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> and she hit me because she goes, she knows, she knows I'm gay. So what, 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 what does that mean to her? Mm-hmm. So, several of her husbands must have been gay. She had eight of them. Yeah. She married one twice. Two twice. One twice. Yeah. Richard Burton. Mm-hmm. She was amazing to work with. She mostly did her own makeup, in all honesty. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I would do the base. I did the base, and, and then uh, I, I would do the eyeshadow, and then she would do the liner. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd paint her lips, but she would do the liner on her lips. And then she went back and did pretty much went over everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but it was a great experience. You've done a, a good bunch of TV movies and series. Do you like the quick shooting schedule that those types of projects go by, or does it make your job more stressful and take the fun out of it? I'm never. I was never stressed. Never. But yeah. I do not like that. I don't like. I didn't like doing TV. I hardly ever did it. Yeah. You can see how many things I've done. Mostly film. Mostly film, and I love being in film because it, they, they're paying attention to what they need, and they had the money for it. Not always, but but most of the time. Yeah. And um, but. A $2 million film is absolutely no different than a $200 million film mm-hmm. when you're working, other than how long things take. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember two weeks every single day where we shot absolutely nothing on collateral damage. Maybe it wasn't two weeks, maybe it was a week, but it yeah. was a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and we did nothing because they were trying to set up these crazy shots. And, and um, well, at least you got some downtime to hang out with Jay Sue. Yeah, <laughs> always he was always there behind me. Yeah, I mean we got along so well. Yeah, I think there's a picture of me stamp, sitting on him. Uh huh. And then I sent you a picture of me sitting on him. Yeah, he was doing push-ups on a bench on a, on a on a park bench, and I went up and sat on him. I said, "Now try to do a push-up." <laughs> but yeah, he, he's we, we 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 spent a lot of time together. We went to dinners a lot, and um, yeah, yeah, a lot of times I would say, "I'm I'm, I'm not don't count me in," because he he liked doing adventurous things, you know, like. Going down and buying crickets to eat that are chocolate covered crickets. And, what? Oh yeah, all kinds of bugs you can eat. Ugh. He does I tried that? one. I tried one that they're crunchy and they're sort of salty. Ugh. Uh, but I don't want to eat those. Yeah. Right? No. All kinds of bugs. I mean, it was crazy. Bees. They would sting around and then they would they would yeah. deep fry them and Yeah. When was the last time you saw him? Jesu? Yeah. Uh two years maybe. Okay. But you still keep in touch. Well, I keep in touch with him all the time. That's good, yeah. 
on, on Facebook almost daily. Yeah. I know. I'm so happy we got Facebook in the last, whatever, 10 or 15 years it's been, but... It's, it's, I didn't have it for a long time, and when I finally got it, I was like... Because, I mean, when it originally came out, it was it was like my sister telling everybody yeah. what she ate that day. <laughs> it's a lot better now, yeah. It's a lot better. People, I, I, I had to finally stop posting anything that was political. Yeah. Because I'm so liberal. And, and, and I'm finding out what friends were Trump supporters is the most shocking thing there is. Because mm-hmm. at first I was just... Delete, delete, delete. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't want those people to be my friends anymore. Then I realized the really good friends or family that I've had for 40, 50, 60 years, yeah. I, can't, can't, I can't block them. Yeah. I have to, I have to trust that what they believe is what they believe. I, I believe that you, everybody believes in their beliefs, and especially yeah. with religion. I will not post anything about religion. Yeah, no, I don't either. No. Yeah. I know, I know some celebrities I have on my Facebook that that's all they post, just political stuff, and I just can't stand it. Yeah, well, if it comes from a, a certain person, you know, um, somebody said to me recently, a really good friend yeah. said to me, I, I posted something about, about um, they, were, they, were for, they were for Bernie Sanders. Okay. And when Bernie Sanders was finally, you know, uh, took, pulled out of the race, yeah. I said to him, basically, what are you going to do now? You're going to have to go for, for Biden. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, I won't. I would never do that. Ever in my, well, you're the person that's going to cause Trump to win. Mm-hmm. Because you know whoever you choose is never going to win. Mm-hmm. The only person that has a, cha- a chance, I don't care that much for Biden, but he's the only choice. Yeah, his only choice. But mm-hmm. what do you think? Do you agree with that? Go go with the no. you want to get Trump out. Yeah, is that the most important thing right now? Yeah, I mean, I I don't follow it that much to be honest. Anyway, but well, that's why I stopped. That's why I stopped. It's it's just yeah, it's just too hard. He right said now. to me, he said to me, you should just stick to the cute, funny. Posts that you do, yeah. I just stick to film, music, whatever. Yeah, that's, your interest, that's all so. I do now. I, I love posting the posters and stuff. Because whenever you, you say something on Facebook, it just turns into a huge fight, no matter what yeah. you believe Absolutely. in. Absolutely, it's just so annoying. It stops all that. Yeah. yeah. And I had one person who's a, a my, I had an aunt who um, who's in her eighties. Yeah. Uh, just go off on me. She was a huge Trump supporter. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, what am I gonna do? Get rid of her? No. Yeah. Yeah, I know I what you mean. Her. So, how about working with John Candy and Chevy Chase? Yeah, I, uh, uh, Chevy Chase, John Candy. I didn't work. I didn't have anything to do with him. Oh, you didn't? Okay. Was, uh, Dave Miller designed the makeup. It was it was on Chevy Chase. Okay. Uh, it was a uh, old age makeup. He uh-huh. Played the judge. There were several versions of it. Yeah. I um I again um something happened, uh, and I I didn't. And I don't want to get into it because it's it's a it's a as a close friend. I don't want to say his name, but it's okay. I ended up not finishing the film. Um, because I was embarrassed in front of Chevy Chase by somebody, and I said, "I'm not doing this. I don't need this. I don't need this. I, I never. If you don't need it, if you don't worry about the money, mm-hmm. and and you and you and you and you only want to go to work to have a good time and and to do your work, yeah, and do good work. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for this other stuff. No, not at all. And and uh, somebody uh, said something and threw something at me, and I said, for many years, if you ever throw anything, he was famous for threw something at you. Yeah. What? If you ever throw anything at me, I'm at it. I'll never speak to you again. And and it happened. It almost hit. It almost hit Dan. <laughs> Dan Aykroyd. Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase. I didn't. I didn't have anything to do with him. It. it was Dan Aykroyd. We did the makeup on. Yeah. There's a picture of it here somewhere. Uh, I don't know why I keep pointing over there. <laughs> but, uh, in what I sent you. Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't Chevy Chase. It was it was Dan Aykroyd. Who was who was just a treat. And wonderful. Yeah. And he was very upset when it happened because it almost hit him. Yeah. It was right past me. 
I used to be a dishwasher and I worked with this crazy chef. This is years ago. And he would whip pans at me. But I mean, I would, he wouldn't even be mad at me. He'd be mad at like waitresses in the restaurant that would come in and screw something up. He'd throw it at you? But he'd throw it at me because I'm the dishwasher. It's the shittiest job in the world. It's like if you have a coworker that's just completely out of line and just ruins the experience for you, what's the point, you know? I agree 100%. There's no point in being there. And those are the only, I told you three films I walked off. Those are the only ones. Uh, I, I've had, I had one other that I left because, uh, uh, because um, I, I didn't care for, for one of the actors. Um, but other than that, I've never had any really bad experiences. Mm-hmm. The worst of all of them was, was, was um, um, Laurie Singer. Yeah. yeah. It was miserable. No, that's a bummer. But even it, though I knew that what I was doing was right. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, and it cost people a lot of money for me to leave. But I, I, I knew um, that it was the right thing to stand up to her because uh, she was a monster. Mm-hmm. Somebody had to do it. Well, I'm, 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 I'm such a bitch. I just love that you're able to walk away, though. That's, that's good. It's never been a problem. No, that's, that's a good thing. It's a good trait to have. But it's bad, it's a, it's bad if, if, you, if you can't control that and you do it with everything and everything. Oh, yeah. When you do that with friends and family, that's not good. No, yeah. And I, my, my, my point always with like, especially with my family was, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're planning a trip, the whole family's planning a trip or something. I'm like, well, I don't want to go to Indianapolis. Like, I'm not going there. <laughs> How am I going to do it in Indianapolis? Yeah. Uh, you know, we're going. To, they wanted to go see the the, the cars. What are they called? The the, the raceway. Yeah, I know. I've I've been there. Yeah. I, I've been to those things so many times with like Dwayne and Arnold. Like right on the tarmac. Yeah. You know, or getting in the cars and I mean, where it's really special. Yeah. You want me to go and sit in this, oops, you want me to go and sit in the stands? Yeah. Way up there? <laughs> You're like, I'm not doing that. Not because I'm, not because I'm, 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 uh, you know, uh, too good for it. Yeah, yeah. Not because I, I don't, why would I want to put myself through that? Yeah. So that, those kind of things, I always stood my ground. Did you ever go to uh, Gray Brothers Cafeteria in Indianapolis? That's, I, I, that's a good restaurant. I, we were, we, 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 you had two choices. You, you, had, you had many choices with Arnold. But with Dwayne, you had two choices. Chicken or steak. Oh, that sounds about right. And usually, or, or, or sushi. Uh, what's the sushi place down in, in Beverly Hills? There's one in Malibu. I wouldn't know. Would you know? Very famous. Um, very expensive. I mean, it's like thousands of dollars to have it. Uh-huh. But that place and, and, um, uh, and, and Ruth Chris. Oh, I, you know, when you're in... When you're in China in Hong Kong, yeah. you don't want to go with Chris. You want to have Chinese food, <laughs> yeah. Which there is not Chinese food; it's just food. Uh-huh. <laughs> so Arnold, Arnold was pretty open then. Arnold would eat any. Arnold, Arnold loves food, and he's a cookie monster. He loves cookies. He won't eat more than one or two, but he loves cookies. Cookies? Yeah. Really? Oh yeah. What kind of cookies? Oh, especially oatmeal. Oatmeal. oatmeal with maybe some nuts in it. You know? No raisins? Pecan. Yeah, yeah raisins. He'll eat raisins. I mean, I, I used to make them. We would all take turns making them. Yeah. And he, you know, who he loved the most. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm not a baker, so I, I, yeah. I did that once and they were burned. Yeah. I don't remember. I was always just like, let's go. I'll just go to Porto's and buy them. Yeah. Yeah, Porto's is crazy good. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you know. You Have you seen Dawn of the Dead, the original? No. No. Well, the one actor from that, uh, he's like obsessed with peanut M and M's. Oh, I gave uh, I gave him peanut. Ken yeah. Ken Foray, Ken Foray. How do I know that? What, 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 you probably have seen him in something. Scene he's, he's done Texas Chainsaw Massacre three. I, 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 I don't know. I saw the first one. 
He did. I hated that movie. The first? I don't. Chainsaw Massacre? Yeah. I don't see any reason for those kind of movies. No. They're just hacking up people and there's blood everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> when, we, when I was doing um, Cohen and Tate uh, with Roy and, and, and Alec Baldwin, who was a sweetheart. But we were doing that film, and, and, and the director, Eric Red, which Roy called Eric the Red, um, there's a scene where Alec Baldwin's in the, in, in, um, in the, Adam Baldwin is in the trunk, and he's bleeding. He's been shot up by Roy many times, and he's in the trunk of the car, and he wanted blood dripping out of the back of the car and, and you know, doing a puddle. And I said to the director, after I had poured an entire gallon of blood, okay, he wanted more blood and more blood. By the time I had like four gallons of blood around the car, and I said to him, you do realize we only have eight pints in our body. And he was like, uh, that doesn't matter. <laughs> it, was, it was the worst. His script was brilliant. I remember reading the script on the plane coming back after I got home that weekend. Yeah. And it was so good. Yeah. He couldn't direct. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roy, 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 Roy was famous for, for ma- making... Uh, making hysterical mistakes like uh, yeah uh, he came to me one day and he said um, I can't remember whoever, whoever directed um, Oliver um, he had the same name as another director who directed only like low budget horror movies and he came to me and he said what do you think of uh, this such and such a director and I oh my god he did Oliver and he did this movie and that Carol movie. Reed no not that Oliver the second one the musical musical he did Carol Reed did the uh, original uh, with, with um, the second one with um, Alec Guinness. No, not Alec Guinness. Uh, uh, I can't remember, but it's 1965, I think. 65? Yeah, Oliver. Anyway, he told me the director's name. Maybe it was Mark something. Or Mark was the second, the other director. Did you find it? It says, it says Oliver, 1968 British musical drama, Carol Reed as the director. That's, that's, you're right then that, that is who did that okay I can't remember whatever the film was yeah, yeah this yeah. other guy did yeah. it was brilliant yeah okay and then, and then I remember the second guy's name was the same last name but only his name was Mark instead of you know the famous guy's name mm-hmm. and I said oh he's brilliant and blah 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 and so the next day he comes back to me he goes what did you say that guy's name was yeah. and I said he goes that's not the director that they, they want me to do this film his, his name is Mark something and I'm like Oh no, he's done like you know, alligator or something like that. <laughs> and you don't want to work with. And he said, "It's too late." I already said yes. Pay or play. I heard alligator is a good movie. <laughs> I'm just guessing. You're just guessing. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. I, I wish I could remember the name of the. Yeah, 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 director. yeah. For sure, for sure. But um, sixty-eight. Yeah, I thought something. Whatever this movie was, it was in sixty-five, maybe. Okay. But but anyway, <laughs> he had to go back to his agent and tell his agent that he didn't want to do the movie anymore because he he thought it was the wrong director. Oh my and, God. and that's like an impossible situation, especially when you signed or something, you know, or mm. agreed handshake. Yeah. And Roy wasn't one to back out of something. We almost got, we almost went and did it mm-hmm. until the, the director finally, some, I think the, the, the agent finally said to him, look, here's, he thought you were somebody else. Yeah. So, but that's typical. That was typical Roy. He was the best man in the world. I, 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 would, I miss him so much. Mm-hmm. Back to Elm Street. Before we were recording, you were talking about Johnny Depp living in his car during filming. Yeah. So that's. Can you tell us a little bit about that? All I remember is that is that he would come in in the morning and he'd unshowered and, and tired and, <laughs> and you know eventually we found out yeah. that he was living in his car with his wife. That's great. I don't know how long it was exactly, but 
um, quite a while. And I think I, I, I'm only guessing. I, I only what I remember because it was a long time ago. So yeah. Almost forty years. He, um, I think they gave him a hotel room. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they did. Uh-huh. Or, or he got a, or he got a, um, uh, he slept in a honey wagon or a trailer or something. Mm-hmm. I think it was, a, I think it was a hotel. Yeah. But yeah, he was very nice, very nice, very young. Mm-hmm. I have, I, I have a photo that he signed for me, and it's just hysterical what he wrote. I don't even understand it, but he's like, "Hey, how about that girl with the big tits?" I saw that. You, yeah, you, sh- you sent me that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That? Hilarious. Yeah. And I still don't get what it means, but that that was yeah. his sense of humor. <laughs> it was very nice. Uh-huh. There's a couple of pictures of him in there somewhere. Yeah, no, he's he's super. I, cool. I met him. I met him years later, maybe maybe 15 years ago. Again, with I was with uh, The Rock somewhere, and I I told him I, that we worked together. And he yeah. Said he, he said he remembered, but I I know that look, that feeling when they don't have a clue. Yeah. You know. We saw his band, The Hollywood Vampires, when they played I, the Greek. I, I, um, I heard they're very good. They they're pretty good. Yeah. I mean, they they don't have any like recognizable songs, like hits or anything, but like you go there and I mean, they're good. Yeah. Well, apparently we left early because we wanted to beat the traffic, and Steven Tyler of Aerosmith went on stage to do a song with them, <laughs> and we missed it. Wait, what? Yeah. You didn't okay. even tell me about that. that I thought I did. Yeah. Holy shit. That happens a lot. Yeah. Especially with celebrities. Well, speaking of another prick that I met, uh, Joe Perry from Aerosmith, he was rude. Really? Yeah, I met him on a red carpet uh, in Cleveland. And, uh, Cleveland? Yeah, I was at this, this Alternative Press Music Awards, it was called. Why were you there? Were you interviewing people? No, we were just there, and we were just um, we had tickets to the event, and we got real close, like on the bar, where so you could you could meet everybody that came by, pretty much. And Slash walked by, Ice T, and then Joe Perry comes by, and he was like taking, he was like signing for people and stuff. And I I just asked, for, I I don't usually do this, but I asked for a picture, just like, oh, can I get a picture with you, quick? Because a lot of people were doing it, and he literally goes, uh, oh, ask my security. Oh God. And then walks right by me. Swear to God, the very next person, probably the guy that asked next was like the same age as me and asked the same question. Can I get a picture with you? He's like, yeah. <laughs> Immediately, like the, the person right next to me. He, he saw something here and like, you, you don't know what those people. But yeah. The guy, again, he, he's not a huge star, so. No. I mean, in, in his world, maybe, but yeah. not in the world world. No. Um, you know, um, I could, could never think of, uh, you know, Real, real movie stars doing that. No, yeah, it sucks. Bruce Willis might. Yeah. Not, not anymore. I hear he's completely changed. But. I mean, I heard he was he was trouble on that one film. Was the one we did, Kevin Kevin Smith cop out. Yeah. Well, they hate each other. Worse than that, the, 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 the last Expendables is that what they're called? Expendable. He did a. He oh, wait, cameo, really? He had a cameo in Expendables one, and then he had an actual like role in Expendables two. And then in three. Three. He he declined it. You know why? He, they said he didn't. They weren't going to pay him enough. Everybody got paid the same amount of money. I think it was a million dollars. That's stupid. Now he wanted more. And only for a week. <laughs> a week. Yeah. And he wanted two. What an asshole. And, and Stallone said no. Stallone was only getting a million. Yeah, it's so stupid. They already have mil- I mean, multi-million dollars. I mean, I mean, I mean you, how much more can you make? <laughs> for a week. It might have been two days. If I'm, if, I'm, if I'm correct, I'm sorry. It was two days. That's when you know they don't even have the love for, for film anymore if they're no, acting like that. that. It's, it's, it, 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 it's sad. Why? Why? Just to go. I mean, all your friends are there. All the guys you like working with. Yeah. Maybe he didn't. And you know, it's sad. Like if you're losing the interest in it, then just retire. But you know, one actor that because like when I worked on a set one time, one actor that I could tell really loved his job as an actor was Danny DeVito. He's a sweetheart. I worked with him on yeah. uh, Get Get Short. You sure it was the get first shorty. one? What was the second one? I don't even know. Get Shorty. I know he did Get Shorty. Uh, Whatever the sequel to Get Shorty was. Get Shorty was um. With Gene Hackman, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, 
It was the one after that. I'm, I'm, I'm actually curious. <laughs> which which Expendables was Eric was Eric Robertson? First one. Just the first one. Mm-hmm. And you worked with Eric on what? Uh, several things, right? Or just one? No, no, I never worked with him. I I, I met him. Oh, you I, met him? Okay. Times, yeah. Okay. I never worked with him. He was never, very nice. Yeah, he's awesome. I, I, I met him. I met him with his sister. First time I met him. Really? Yeah. She's nice. She's sweet. Yeah. She's very very nice. Very down there. Well, you're in a, you're in, in those situations. You're in a room with pretty much all movie stars or all mm-hmm. celebrities. Um, you know, uh, it's it's a different whole different situation. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember doing um, the show with um, it's it films in Hollywood at the at the old Disney next to Disney um, Disney Theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it Jimmy Kimmel? Mm, that's across. Is it Hollywood? The show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah across, yeah. The, across, no. yeah. across from Chinese. Yeah. yeah. So we're doing that show. I was with I think I was with Dwayne. And um, in, 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 the, in the green room, they weren't even going to be on the show, was um, Paul Walker. I forget who the girl was. And I miss Paul Walker. A huge fan of Paul Walker. He's, he, he was just amazing. He was sweetest s- man the nicest world. person I ever heard. Yeah, sweetest man ever, yeah. ever. And I, I'm watching the monitor, and, and he literally walks right up to me, next to me, and, he's, and he says, he, he says um, the security guard there told me that you're with Dwayne. This is before... before um, they even did the other with, Fast and the Furious yeah, together. Yeah, and um, because um, Dwayne didn't start those until after I was had retired, and um, yeah. So um, I I said yeah I, I said I said what well, can I help can I help you with it? He I realized it was Paul Walker, and of course you wanted to tell him whatever he wants to know. You know, you it's a secret. <laughs> You're so nice. Yeah. And he was like, I just I just wanted to know, uh, you know, uh, he looks great. I said, oh, thank you. His, his his makeup was not easy, Dwayne's, because it because he had different shades of skin yeah. tone. But um, I, I I made him look good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, did you keep any of your makeup appliances, props, or anything remotely cool from any of the productions over For the years? Many years I did. I, I they're all gone now. They're all gone. Yeah. I have I have like maybe fifteen or twenty appliances from from other things that yeah. I don't know how I got them. I just remember how I have like lots of full face prosthetics and yeah. mostly all creatures and. I have still a bunch of the hands from uh, from Thing. Oh, that's uh, cool. Yeah, and I have uh, I have one of Robert's hands from Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, he was, I think it was his right hand. I can't remember. Oh, that's which cool. hand had a prosthetic on. One didn't, and one did. Yeah, the one without the glove. Yeah, and um, that's so cool. I still have one of those. Uh, somebody offered me like eight thousand dollars for it a couple of years ago. And I thought, really? You know what? I'm just gonna hold on to it, and yeah. when I need money. I don't need money. So if you ever do get rid of it, I'd say go go down the auction route. Because they get a lot, yeah. they get a lot. Unless, unless, unless it's a unless it's a collector who wants it before somebody else gets it, or if a museum. That's how I got the yeah. the, the Freddie head thing. Is they really, he really wanted it. We had a friend, uh, our friend Sean Clark, got the uh, or at a, at an auction once. I think he was offered five grand or something for the original poster art painting of Halloween. Yeah, and how much? He, it was like five grand at the time. It's gotta be worth more than that. Yeah, yeah. He's he declined because he didn't have the money at the time. Then it went at auction years later, five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. The 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 um. Stephen has Stephen Spielberg in his office. He has um some really amazing things. He has the Maltese Falcon. It's very he cool. Has, um, he has Rosebud from Citizen Kane. Uh-huh. What? Oh my god. So a plexiglass frame. And um, of course and one other one, I can't remember what it was. Uh, what important? Oh, Ruby, Ruby slippers, but they weren't. They weren't. They had like, several of those, I think. 
There's five. There's five paintings. Yeah. I think there's only four now. There's one one missing. One got stolen, right? Yeah. yeah. I think they got it back yet. Oof. It was stolen from Judy Garland's museum in, in Kansas or wherever she's from. Yeah. Where wow. she was born. But um yeah, we we have a we have a pair at the at the academy that uh, that we own now. I, they had a, they had a thing last year, two years ago. Yeah. Before the, well, after we bought the building and they had a really nice uh, uh, like um uh, Deborah Nadeuman who's Costumer, she does most of like big movies like uh, Titanic and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she did a, a, <clears throat> a costume thing, had stuff throughout the centuries, mm-hmm. throughout the whole century, last last uh, last century. And yeah. So, I don't know, like uh, Gilda's dress, you know, Rita Hayworth's dress, and mm-hmm. uh, Marilyn Monroe's dress from some Seven Year Itch, mm-hmm. the one where it gets blown up by the. I love Seven movie. Year Itch. That's a great one. The biggest collector in the in the world of, of movie memorabilia was Debbie Reynolds. She owned thousands what? and thousands. When they, when they closed MGM and a bunch of the other studios and they were selling everything off, she went and bought everything. Really? Put their own money. Put it in a storage. She, 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 she offered it to Hollywood yeah. to open a museum. And they had no interest in opening a museum. Oh, so stupid. But now, I think, I think the Academy said no to her too. It makes me so mad years. we don't have it. We don't already have a great museum well, with we props. Will we will now, but it's sad that it's going to be amazing. It's just why did it take so long? The Hollywood Museum has Money. a couple of cool things, but take care of it. You you know, take care of it. The Hollywood Museum has a couple of cool things, but they don't Arnold have. Arnold has everything he's ever from every one of his movies in a warehouse somewhere. Does he really? Every costume, every prop, every and several versions of it. For only him to see, or twenty leather jackets from Terminator Three. He's got all twenty of them. Really. All the you know ones from the doubles and the his contract he gets all the costumes. Yeah, that's awesome. Have you ever signed at a convention? No, I, never. I, I, I've, never. I've always said no. Okay. I, I want. There was one this year that's happening that Robert's doing, and so is Melanie. It's been canceled. It's been canceled already. It's been canceled already. Yeah, it was oh. this month, I think, or next month. Masapalooza? No, no, it was in it was in the middle of the country somewhere. I don't Days know, of the Dead? Maybe New Jersey. Monster Mania? Maybe. Yeah. It was something Robert was going to be at. Yeah. So it was, a couple of friends were doing it. Yeah. And I thought, okay, I'll, I'll call up this woman. Because uh, yeah. I got uh, Melanie's agent and Robert's agent both. Yeah. We're, we're going to, you know, handle me. And then I just said, you know, I'm not, uh, I went and I called her up and, 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 and I offered myself and she said, sorry, we're full. What? So, but I'm not going to do it again. I'll try it again. I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't think I want to go now. Uh, you know what's going on out there? Big mm. crowds like that. Oh yeah, it's gonna be weird for a while. That's why I'm wondering how the heck are they supposed to do it in Arizona next month? Like they're not. They'll be canceled. I mean, I don't know why they think it could. Ha- I mean, because they they think because they're already more open there than we are. But I mean, I don't know how they're gonna run a convention. Uh, they'll, they'll cancel it. They'll cancel it. Yeah. That's what I think. I mean, I mean, who would want to meet <clears throat> a celebrity wearing a mask? Uh, <laughs> That'd be lame. That wouldn't even be fun. No, it wouldn't be cool. It wouldn't be fun. No. Yeah. Um, so you, you haven't done any Q and A's then either, uh, in terms of like. Thing, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you what happened. Okay. In, in 1982, I, and I, I'm pretty sure it was for Nightmare on Elm Street, or it might have been. Uh, it was Friday the 13th. Three. Um, yeah, sorry. And I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Friday the 13th, part three. Okay. Um, I had done a thing for Fangoria. Okay. And it turned out nothing what I told them is what ended up in the article. That's so annoying. It changed the whole thing around. And it sounded like I had taken over the project and oh. I did everything and, you know, and didn't credit anybody, but it wasn't true. 
Yeah. And I just swore I would never do it again. Uh, over the years, I just never did. I was so anti-publicity. Because you're worried they're going to twist I had your friends, words. You know, doing it constantly, and it's really good for you to do. Yeah. But I just stayed away from it. I was always working anyway. You know, I didn't really need it. And mm-hmm. um, I know the money's good. I hear. Yeah. But I've never, I've never gone after it. Where can your fans find you? Uh, Facebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know a lot of people that would love to meet you. They, they love everything you've worked on. Well, you, for for any amount of money, I would be happy. No, I, would, <laughs> I, would never, no, I, I, I had uh, the sweetest thing happened just today. Yeah, just this after this morning, um, somebody wanted to somebody friended me, and I, I always read the page. Now I didn't used to. I used to just say yes. Now I read the page. I look for anything that's Trump <laughs> positive, and I say no, and I and, and I stay away from religion. And this this one this one kid he he said he's I didn't read the bottom part of it I didn't get all the way down it it just said uh, when you when you when you uh, he said he was a, a, a Christian a devout Christian that's what it said devout Christian and I thought to myself oh God do I want it, do I want this do I want this crazy in my life again you know, I I was just about to say no and I looked a little further down and it said autistic. Well, those two, those two things go together. Yeah. And I said, okay, so I, I friended him. But I told him, I sent him a thing, and I said, if you're going to push religion on me, you can, you can, you can just um, unfriend me. Yeah. Just letting you know. And he asked me to explain. And I did. And, and, and he, 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 he agreed with my, with, my, with my answer. And then he said to me, would you mind if I called you? So I can tell you why. Uh, what was the reason he wanted to explain something to me? Oh, he had been an extra on something. Okay. He wanted to explain to me how he got that, and I could. In reading what he was writing to me, I could hear in his voice that he really wanted that. Yeah. So I called him. I called him up, and he gave me his number. I called him up. And I talked to him for an hour. Wow. The sweetest, nicest kid you ever want to meet in your life. I was so happy that I accepted his friendship, mm-hmm. and then uh, he um, he sent me a, a, a thank you mm-hmm. as soon as I got off the phone with him, which I, nobody does that. Yeah, and I thought, how sweet is this kid? And I felt bad because I was I'm so snarky and sarcastic mm-hmm. that at first that was how I was going to go with it, and um, I apologized to him when I got on the phone. Um, he he he's a he's a I don't want to say what he does because I hope figure out him, but um very sweet and that happened today, mm-hmm. so you, you never know what what who you're gonna meet and how you're gonna meet them. Yeah. Um I'm 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 almost almost always open to people calling my my phone number's on. Yeah. On Facebook I don't it doesn't bother me. Yeah. Um I I have I have some fans out there I know they send me letters and mm-hmm. I've asked for autographs and um the first time I got that I was shocked I I didn't know these people knew me you know. Yeah. Because I was never out there. It's always the diehards. Always. Yeah. It's always. Always Friday 13th. Yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Always. I can see the Nightmare on Elm Street for sure. There's a couple of Halloween. Uh, one of the biggest, uh, and thank God he lives in another state. <laughs> <laughs> was it weird? <laughs> you know, he just loves, he just loves, um, he just loves um, the box. And, oh, yeah. Uh, you never know what people are going to love. You know, you just never know what to say. Shocking, wow. And I love working on that film. It was great. It was a good film, yeah. I loved working with Jimmy, and, and, and 
I didn't do Cameron. Somebody else did her makeup, but I, I spent many times at dinners with her. And she I'm seems so, nice. She's hysterical. Yeah. Oh my God, you're so funny. I love her in What Happens in Vegas. I don't know if you've seen that. I have, yes. That's hilarious. I love her. I watch her in anything. Yeah. It's Chuck Russell uh, discovered her okay. on the streets of New York, I think. Really? Sorry, I heard, yeah. Oh, so and she just kind of randomly got it? Really? Yeah. And she got her first job. She's very funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. You were, you were just talking about a fan in... Uh... Uh, weird know, fan story. Somebody who liked, who loved the box. Just loved the box. And, and whenever, whenever he's a friend on Facebook, so I, I know if I post something from the box, I'm gonna get a hit from him. Oh, I see. Every time. I Every know exactly time. who's gonna? I don't know who's gonna hit me for what. Uh huh. You know, whoever the, the, those fans are. But mm-hmm. there's, I'm also part of some of those horror groups. Yeah. Just only recently, in the past six months. Yeah. Because I have, I'm, I have a book coming out next, you know, at the end of the year, possibly beginning of the year. But, but I know that I'm gonna, I'm gonna. You know, publicity is good no matter how yeah. you get it. Yeah. And so I decided I was going to join those groups, and it's good. Mm-hmm. They, they love the posts. Um, Debbie C. Voorhees from uh, Part 5. Uh-huh. Sweetest girl in the world. Yeah. But I have a bunch of photos of me with her and you know, her kills and stuff from the film, and yeah. um, and they love seeing those. Mm-hmm. And they're always shocked when I send a picture out of me and her. Mm-hmm. Because, like, why would you have a picture with her? Mm-hmm. They don't realize you worked on that movie. Mm-hmm. You know? I don't think my name isn't synonymous with, with anything except for Robert with Freddy stuff. Always it's synonymous, but because I did, I've done the makeup more than anybody else. Yeah. But, um, I still get, you know, people saying, uh, "What did you do on the film?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> because they don't, they don't. Whether it's the credit, the credit's not there or whatever, you know, they don't mm-hmm. because I wasn't paid by the company. Yeah. And um, it doesn't bother me at all. Credits don't bother me. Now the credits, credits bother me. Well, at least we could hear now exactly what you've done, and you know. Well, I've, I've done, you, we haven't even touched on yeah. half the things I've done. Oh, I know you've hundreds. S- yeah, Sequest was the biggest for two, two, three years. It was the biggest thing in my life. Yeah, it was incredible. I mean, Roy, Roy had a, built a house in the Hamptons on the beach, and we called it the house the Sequest built. I mean, yeah, it was the same way for me. Um, that was a that was an interesting story. I I. I you know, I was Roy's personal for many years already, and when they were doing the um, when they were doing the show, uh, I they called me and, 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 and asked what, what money I wanted, and I told yeah. them, and they were like, "There's no way we could pay you that." I well, I'm, I'm in Roy's contract. You're going to have to do something. Yeah. And they, the, the production coordinator, production manager, refused to even discuss it. You know, he gave me an offer what he thought I should get, and and so uh, I called Roy, and and Roy said, "I'll I'll take care of it." Yeah. And I literally get a call from. Um, can't remember his name right this second. Uh, he was the head of um, a Spielberg's company, not 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 um, uh, the other company. Um, Amblin. Amblin. Yeah. The head of Amblin. The head of all of Amblin. Okay. He calls me up. Tony. Tony something. Tony. And he says, uh, I've met him a couple of times already. Explain to me what 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 the the discrepancy is here. Okay. Well, this is how much I want. This is how much I get right now. Anyway, and. Um, this is how much I was offered. And he thought for a little bit, and he said, um, I could talk about it now because the show's over. And I agreed never to speak about it until the show was over. Um, and I did the show for a long time. And um, he said to me, uh, okay, here's what we're going to do. You're going to get off the phone, and you're going to figure out right now the difference between what he wants to pay you and how much you're going to lose it by not getting what you're asking for. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we'll discuss that. So call me back as soon as you figure that out. And I figured it out, and it was 
almost a hundred thousand dollars, like ninety something. And I called him right back, and I told him. He said, "Okay, here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna give you uh, a third of it uh, halfway through, and I'm gonna give you another third of it halfway through that. And at the end, I'll give you the final third." Mm-hmm. And I said, "No, you're not gonna do that. You're gonna give me a third up front, mm-hmm. a third halfway through." And a third, three quarters of the way through. Mm-hmm. I'm not waiting until the end. Yeah. Smart. And he said, okay. And uh, I got those payments. Mm-hmm. Now, the production manager on the show uh, did not know this happened. So the, now what's happening is Universal, who he works for, um, is, is producing the show. Yeah. And, and Amblin, who Tony worked for, um, was uh, was the production who owned the show. And so whatever Universal um, um, spent, or or whatever was owed to Amblin, Universal had to eventually pay that money. Mm -hmm. Because they had the money given to them. So now they had to get paid back. So all of a sudden I get called to the office, like two days before filming is wrapped. And he said, I just got a bill for 90 something thousand dollars from Tony over at Amblin. What is this for? And I explained to him. And, 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 the, and the really cool thing, that another good thing about it was when, when he realized, when I came in the next day and said to him, okay, I'll accept whatever money you want to offer me, mm-hmm. which, which is not something he thought he was going to hear. And because of that, he offered me three times kit fee than what I had asked for. Mm-hmm. You know, kit fee is what you get for, to rent your kit to them. Mm-hmm. And I, my kit was huge. It was a couple thousand dollars a week. And he tripled that because he, he knew I was losing all that money. Mm-hmm. When he found out that, that he owed from his budget, univer- he owed all that money to Amblin, he called me a bastard. And, <laughs> and he was so mad at me. Yeah. But then he started laughing and he's like, good, good deal, you got me, good deal. Mm-hmm. So that was, a, that was one of the great things about Sequest that I loved was it was a great money and I really enjoyed working on Sequest. Yeah, I still got to see that. I want to check that out. It's a good show. Is there anywhere you can find it? Like uh, maybe Prime. You like I know there's episodes Prime. online you can just watch. Yeah, maybe that because I think it's NBC. So it's I NBC, it's... yeah. But I can give you my copy if you want. Yeah, because uh, I, I, I know I, they I have that... a lot. Well, because I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but they have a lot of NBC rerun shows on the NBC app actually. Like oh, there on, you go. On like Roku and all that stuff. Yeah, it's not. It, it was. It was a Spielberg show, so it was really. It was the highest rated show of all time. For the for the for the preview movie, the, the the you know the first movie, it was an hour and a half movie wow. or two hours, and it, it got a twenty seven share, which is higher than any Friends episode. Yeah, uh, it was huge the first one, but then people started to the the, the, the issue with Roy was um, that it, it, he agreed to make a f- science fact based show mm-hmm. and not science fiction, and and it eventually went the way of you know. Star Trek. They even hired a guest star. They even hired um, William Shatner. Yeah. It's wild. The original Michael Myers. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I, I talked about that with him because I did his makeup. I, I had to put a mustache on him. Oh, yeah? He, he sat down in my chair. You know, he wears hair pieces. And he sat down in my chair and he, he, um, I had all these like 30 mustaches to choose from. And he's looking at them and he's like, what color? And they don't look good. And I'm trying them on. And, and I said, well... Before we even decide which one of these mustaches, I said, is this the hair you're going to wear next week? <laughs> <laughs> Big mistake. 
He looked at me. He, looked, he turned and looked at me like, "Are you fucking kidding me? You really gonna ask that question?" <laughs> and I said, "Yeah. Well, how we know which color mustache?" And he's like, "Uh, this is my hair." <laughs> okay, okay, I get it. Oh God. And Charlton Heston was also on, and uh, he called me and the and the hairstylist into his trailer. Yeah. And uh, his first day of of, of um uh, to, to do like a test makeup. Yeah. And <laughs> he had a full hairpiece on. Yeah. Uh, full. Lace, uh-huh. the whole head. He must have been completely bald under there. Mm-hmm. And um, he had a box with another hairpiece in it that was made bigger to put on over his hairpiece. Yeah. So he was sort of fooling. Who are you fooling? I mean, we're makeup and hair people. We used to seeing that. Mm-hmm. But he wanted to put it over the hairpiece he had on. Mm-hmm. And he said, just give it to me. I'll show you what I mean. And he went to the bathroom, closed the door, and he came out with the hairpiece. We were shocked mm-hmm. putting a hairpiece over a hairpiece. Yeah. What was the sense of that be? He didn't want anybody to see him bald. And um, sweetest man, nice guy, other than the rifle thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> NRA. Yeah. But um, he's a great actor. Yeah. What was working on Terminator 2 3D like? 3D. Um, that was great. It was really, it was really wonderful. Um, I was asked to come on and do Arnold's makeup because his makeup artist Jeff Donner hurt his back, and um, and it was really fun. It was uh, a lot of hard work. The, the the originally uh, Bruno, um, John Bruno, who was the who did all the um, I think the set designs and the and that kind of stuff for um, for the other Terminator films, was directing T two three D. But within within two days, um, Jim Cameron was there directing, and John Bruno was yeah. sort of just sitting in his chair watching. But um, he was Jim. Jim is uh, Jim is Jim Cameron. He's a <laughs> very interesting. Yeah. No, I miss when they had that at Universal. At least in Florida, I never saw it here. It was, it was good. It was, it was pretty, pretty amazing. I remember when I saw it the first time. Uh, you know, in the in the in, in the actual show, I went with Arnold and uh, and and everybody. We went to see it in in the audience with a, with a full audience. It was pretty spectacular. But I'm thinking about it back now. I mean, with all the CGI that we have now, yeah. I don't know what year that was. Ninety five, I think. Ninety six. Ninety six. Yeah. yeah. So T two three D, we had. One day, I'll never forget this, Jim was directing, and it was, they were blowing up like 10 buildings in a row. Jeez. You know that, when they drive by with the, with the motorcycle? Yeah. Those buildings are blowing up? Well, they did that real time. And uh, with Billy, Billy, uh, stunt two stuntables, Billy Porter and Billy Lucas and, on the bike, as the kid and, and Arnold, and uh, they're, they're driving just ahead of the explosions, just slightly ahead. And, and before the, they get ready to do the explosions, there was like seven or eight cameras. And they're calling to all the cameras. And Jim yells, rolling. And there's still guys running out, camera guys, running away from their cameras because they had to run out and start them. Mm-hmm. And they're running, and they got caught in some of the explosion because Jim yelled, action. And, 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 and he didn't yell, cut, until all, all the buildings were exploded. So the, we lost the, we, the day we lost the entire camera crew. They quit. And I forgot that day. Yeah. Yeah, because he, 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 he eventually apologized, and, but he, he's very rambunctious. Yeah. He's a great director. He's brilliant. He can really do everybody's job. He shouldn't, but he can. He, he thinks, he grabbed a bottle of blood out of my hand one day, like I told you guys, and uh, started dribbling it all over Arnold, and it was a mess. It, doesn't, it wasn't what he wanted or what anybody wanted. And so he handed me a towel. He, I came over, and I was like, uh... He was like, well, yeah, this, is, this is all wrong. I'm sorry. I put too much on. So he, he grabs a towel off my belt, and he says, clean all this up. And I said, you clean it up. 
why, you know, why would you grab my bottle of blood? That's, I said, look, Jim, I'm here to do what you want. You're the director. Tell me what you want, and I'll do whatever it is. Mm-hmm. That's my job. I know you can do it. I know how talented you are, and I know what you can do, but that's what I'm here for. And he took the talent, he cleaned the makeup up. Most of it, I you know, really did a better job and put makeup back on. But, but um, the next day, he was so nice. He was like, good morning, Lou. <laughs> Which you yeah. don't get from Jim Cameron. <laughs> but um, yeah. he was great. But no, it was just amazing. It was amazing to see that attraction back then when yeah. it, it was still fresh. Like, I remember as a kid, like, it was, the line was just going, like, out the door. It was, like, the hottest attraction when it, it was, had just it opened. Was, I, I think Arnold was saying that it was sold out for, like, you couldn't really get you couldn't. To, to the ride ever. It was just so always sold out. But um, we didn't have to do that. We just, you know, walked in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, do, you, do you still keep in touch with Arnold? Yeah. That's cool. When was the last had, time you I talked had, to him? Huh? When was the last I time? I coffee with him last uh, September. Oh, October. nice. Cool. A couple times a year. Yeah. That's and I'll cool. call once in a while and uh, uh, if I have a question about something or, yeah. you know. Um, I'm writing a book right now. He's agreed to do the uh, The forward? Oh, okay. Uh, Robert's doing the forward. Robert England. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So I, I could sell a book just on those. I'd love to meet Ireland. So yeah. cool. He's, he's amazing. Yeah. So what what are the plans for the release of the book? I'm I'm trying to finish it. I have an editor. Yeah. Um, I can't spell and I can't. Uh, I can't. Uh, my 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 lines are good. I I could structure and stuff, but I I have no idea what the the the, 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 the whole thing I'm following is a book by um, a great book called Hollywood by. Um, Carson Kanan. Okay. Uh, his his wife was um, uh, Ruth Gordon, the actress mm-hmm. from you know, Harold and Maude. And anyway, um, Harold and Maude's a great movie. It is a great movie. He's <laughs> always killing himself. He wrote this great book called Hollywood, and and it's basically sort yeah. of throughout his career, it's just stories, mm-hmm. and how he he makes it work is he ties it all back to one person, um, Samuel Goldwyn, you know. And, and, and Goldwyn, there's something called Goldwynisms, which you can look up. They're amazing. Malapreps? Mm. Malapreps? Mm. That is Malaprep. No. It's something that's said, but it's wrong. It's like, uh, instead of saying, um, that's, that's water under the bridge, he's like, yeah, that's, that's, um, that's that bridge you got to put the water under. A Malaprep. That's not a good... Uh, but look, look them up. But look up Goldwynisms. Some of them are brilliant. Some of them are fake. Because the... Um, Goldwyn Studios, his publicists were making up them as they became famous. Yeah, he became famous saying them. They would make them up. But you can read which ones are real. Yeah, that's. And cool. you can tell which ones are real. Yeah. They're out of this world. They're so crazy. Um, but he um, he thought Garson Canyon was under contract to him. He was only under contract to him for like two years as a director or producer. And then after that, he got you know he got let go, basically fired. And he went on and, and made incredible films like. Uh, um, Born Yesterday and uh, On the Waterfront and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that was one of his, but anyway, that kind of films. Big, incredible movies. Yep. And, and very, very, made Classic. a lot of money. And he, and uh, you know, Golden was at one of the screenings of Born Yesterday and he sees Garson Gain in the lobby. This is in the book. He sees him in the lobby and he's like, how much money am I going to make off this movie? <laughs> he's like, I don't work for you anymore. <laughs> like 15 years. He didn't know. He had so many people working for him. Yeah. But um, he was a great character in the, in the world of, of, of the history of film, Samuel Goldwyn. And 
I'm doing the same basic thing, but mine's with Roy Scheider. Oh, that's it all, so cool. It all goes back to stories with Roy. I have yeah. so many. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I, 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 when, when uh, they had Roy's memorial service uh, in the Hamptons at the, at the Sag Harbor Theater, and there's like 600 seats, a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of celebrities, a lot of you know, family, and, and I flew out for it. And, yeah. uh, and I, I just made it in time to get there when it was going to start from the, from the airport. I wasn't even dressed right, and I was tired. And, I, and so um, I walk into the lobby, and I see Brenda, Roy's wife, and she says, um, by the way, you're, you're in the program, uh, and she hands me a program, and she says, "Have fun." And she passes me in the back, and she walks away. There's like a hundred people in the in the lobby, you know, talking. And before they went in, and they start going in, and I'm like, "Brother, I'm not talking. I'm not getting up and talking. I, I didn't prepare anything. I had nothing to say. What am I going to say? I, I, you know, I'm horrible at public speaking. So I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I, I'm sitting there next to his son and his daughter on each side of me, and 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 I'm. The, in the program before me was Mercedes Rule, you know, Academy Award-winning actress. And after me was Helen Hunt, Academy Award-winning actress. And there's me in between them. I'm not getting up. I'm not even going to stand up. So they call my name. And <laughs> I wouldn't move. I was, and and, and uh, Roy's son, Christian, is like nudging me. you got to get up and talk. You gotta, he would really want to hear you talk. you got to say yeah. something. I, 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 and all of a sudden, I hear Brenda from across the theater say, you gotta get up and talk. And I got up and I walked down. And Roy, Roy was going to do a, uh, a memorial service for Bob Fosse, mm-hmm. and, and he had a talk. He wrote a, he was in my room getting makeup, and as he was getting makeup, he was writing out what he was gonna say. Yeah. I'll never forget this. And we were in Florida, I think, filming. And um, I, I, I read it, and it was really wonderful. And I said, what is it, what is it, I don't like public speaking, what's it like to get up and, I mean, it was Radio City Music Hall or somewhere big, you know, for Bob Fosse. And I, he says, once you get up and on the stage, there's, there's, there's lights on you, and you can't see anything. You can't see people. You just have this bright light on you. It's just, you're going to hear people's voices that you know. You'll hear somebody laugh, and you'll know their laugh. But other than that, you're not going to even see anybody. And this is exactly what happened. They had two spotlights on me. And I, know, I said, I don't know what I'm going to say. Yeah. I had no idea I was in the program, and I'm, I'm between two Academy Award winners, and, and, and um, so far the first one was pretty interesting, <laughs> I don't know what to say, and, 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 and um, somebody said, just tell a story. Yeah. So, okay, a story, okay. Um, so I get a call from Roy one day, um, out of the blue, and he says, you want to go to Bulgaria, do mm-hmm. a movie? I was like, yeah, when, when does it start? He says, uh, and five weeks, six weeks. I'm like, oh, I just got nominated for an Emmy, and I'd love to go to the Emmys. I've never been nominated before. He goes, ah, you don't want to do that. You're going you're gonna to go to the Emmys, and you're going to lose. Why would you want to do that? You've got to put on a tux. you got to hate, you hate limousines. Uh, you're going to eat that bad chicken dinner. You're going you're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna to lose, and you're going to go home with nothing. Well, well uh, I, I really want to go. Like, okay, now, what if, what if you go? And you win. Yeah. You still have to eat that bad chicken dinner. You're gonna have to put a tux on. You hate that. You hate limousines. I always like like town car. You hate limousines. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna hate the whole evening. But you're gonna come on with an Emmy. Oh, fine. Okay, great. Now, you go to Bulgaria, <laughs> and you're gonna go first class. 
you're going to stay at the Sheridan Grand Hotel. Uh-huh. They're, going to, they're going to give us Yeltsin's limousine. It's bulletproof. And the Emmy will be waiting for you. <laughs> you won't have to eat that lousy chicken dinner. And you're going to lose. But you send your sister. She loves that kind of stuff. She gets to get, put her husband in a tux. She gets to buy a new dress. You don't have to eat that. You're making all this money in Bulgaria. And we got to, don't forget, we got Yeltsin's limousine. We'll have them shoot at us and see if it's really is bulletproof. I'm like, you're insane. And he goes, okay, now you go to Bulgaria. Yeah. And you win. You don't, you don't have to eat that lousy chicken dinner. You don't have to go. You know, your sister's going to get to go and accept an award for you. She loves that stuff. And mm-hmm. he says, and you're in Bulgaria. We're going to, we're going to. We're gonna have a beautiful hotel and all that money, and we're gonna have great food, and 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 don't forget Yeltsin's limousine. We'll have a shoot at us with a machine gun. <laughs> <laughs> he goes and he goes. Okay, now what are you gonna do? I guess I'm going to Bulgaria. <laughs> yeah. So I did. It's probably one of the best moves you ever made. Best, smartest thing I ever did. Because because. Which project tell, was this? I forgot to tell this part. We yeah. lost. I lost, and so yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he, he that morning that it was you know that they were having the award show. My sister did go with her husband, and they got a new dress, and and you know she had a speech all made out, and and um, she calls me up, and she says, uh, "I'm sorry, you, you guys lost." And so I said, "I, I, I he, he was right. I'm glad I came, and and we had I loved working on the film. It was an Italian crew, and and uh, so." We get to go to, when I come down that morning, get in the car with him, and we used to always sit in the back seat, and, and, and we would share the newspapers, because we both like to read the newspaper. And, and um, he, um, <laughs> about halfway through the ride to the set, he puts his paper down, and he's like, well, you, you didn't tell me, did you win or lose? And I was like, oh, we lost. He goes, told you. <laughs> oh, man. And, uh, and then I told this story about uh, him being, I was on the beach one day here in L.A., and I get a call, and uh, and he's at the post office. I, I, I'm reading. No, I'm I'm on the beach and I'm reading the post, page six, which is all gossip. Yeah. And it says Roy Schneider berates wife in, uh, in post office about buying stamps. And so I call him up right away from the beach, and I'm like, "What are what are you what are you yelling at Brenda in the post office in yeah. the Hamptons about buying stamps?" He's like, "Yeah, she bought like like twenty packs of stamps. Yeah. What do we need all those stamps for?" I said, "Roy." By any chance, were they forever stamps? Hmm. And he's like, forever. What's forever? What's a forever stamp? I said, Roy, a forever stamp is no matter what you pay for it, even 20 years from now, you can still use that stamp for whatever you pay for it forever. The price never changes for a letter, a first class letter. He's like, really? Oh my God. Uh, um, don't tell Brenda. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I told those two stories, and they loved. But I forgot to tell everybody whether we lost or won. And um, so we after the after the after the whole thing was over at the theater, yeah. we went back to Brenda's house for and everyone, you know, all the celebrities showed up and there was food and stuff. And the second I walk in the door, people were attacking me like, "Did you win or lose? Man, you didn't tell anybody." Uh-huh. And I said we lost. But those were the two stories I told. I got a lot of laughs. No, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 I, I I miss him. He's my my favorite person I ever worked with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Yep. Yep. It's a bummer. He, he left behind a pretty amazing career, though. He had, he had a great career. I, not, none of the movies I did with him. <laughs> no, you don't, you don't think all, so? No, it was right after the, the last really great movie he did was, uh, 
I think um, uh, the one with the helicopter. Uh, something Blue Thunder. Blue Thunder. Great movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was a total action film. You know, with the helicopter from the future. Sorcerer is great. There's one. Those are all before. There's one Wait, really. <laughs> there's one really good one. I'm sure you've definitely have seen it. Fifty Two Pickup. Yeah, that was that was right after. Um, that was uh, right after he did um, the Blue Thunder with uh, also John Frankenheimer. The movie with John Frankenheimer was really a great movie, and it just mm-hmm. it just came out at the wrong time. I heard uh, Night Game wasn't as great as it should have been. Night Game had a great script. Um, Roy told me right when I first met him because we were doing a Cohen and Tate. He said, "He said, how I known? Uh, you know, I, I looked at Cohen and Tate, and I thought, okay, Cohen and Tate, it could happen anytime. But if you're doing a movie called Night Game, you're shooting all nights. So I was like, okay, don't take a movie with night in the title. Oh no." And they were on street. Anyway, so um, <laughs> we're, we're shooting night game. It's all nights. Yeah. And the, the, the script was amazing. Um, and the director was pretty pretty good. It was uh, uh, he had, he had directed Best of the Whorehouse in Texas. Um, oh, that's night. the same director. Um, same director, yeah. Dolly Parton. No, not the Dolly Parton. The the, the, the theater uh, version. Oh, okay. And okay. Pulitzer for it, and because uh, he wrote it and, and directed I see. it. I mean, it was amazing the stage play. His wife was in the film too, Carlin Glynn. Yeah. She played the, 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 the you know the madam in the in the show. Okay. And she got a Tony Award and it was brilliant and the whole family was there. Yeah. Mary Stuart Masterson is his daughter. Oh okay. she was an actress? Yeah. Yeah. It was um, uh, Pete Masterson. Mm-hmm. And um and their son was in it and it was great. But there was an actress in it who was just not nice. And uh, Roy was so nice to her throughout filming. And the last day of filming, I think Karen Young was her name. She walked up to him. Last day, we were just leaving. We mm-hmm. get in the car to go back to the hotel, and we're done filming. Yeah. And um, we already had the on, you know, on set rap party. Yeah. And um, she, Roy says it was a pleasure working with you, and he shook her hand and she said, "Give her a hug." And she said, "Well, I thought you were the most condescending man I've ever met in my entire life." What? I swear to God. And she said it to him, and, and I'll never forget that. And I, I just, we just giggled, because <laughs> he and he turned to her and he said, "I thought you were a peach." No. <laughs> what are you gonna say to something like that? I mean, he was so nice to her. The first night we got there, she she had just come in and he invited her to dinner. He took her out to dinner at a beautiful restaurant. I was with him, and, and it was a great, incredible seafood restaurant in in uh, in um, uh, what's that seaside town outside of Houston? Um, Galveston, Galveston. Oh, Galveston. Yeah. We shot most of it in Galveston. It was a lot of fun. It was good. Good film. The film. The film was okay. Yeah. You know, it's not. It's not amazing. I love the poster for it. Yeah, with the baseball. Yeah, the blood, the blood yeah. coming out, almost like the tether, whatever you call yeah. it. Yeah, it's cool. Well, thank you so much for doing this for us. This was a lot of fun. You're so welcome. Thank you. For so many me. cool stories. I've done one of these in, uh, um, in a minute. Ever. 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 No, it's the first one. Well, I did. I did a, a lot of interviews for magazines lately. Yeah. Um, a, a couple. I did a French magazine last week. Yeah. The other day, and I um. I did a British um, prosthetics magazine recently. Yeah. Um, but uh, and over the years, I've done you know interviews for th- those kind of things. Yeah. And on set, sometimes you know, with what I, actresses they always wanted to do in style. I've done a lot of those. Yeah. But interviews like that about the actress, but no, nothing about my career. I would never do those because of what happened that first time. Yeah. Such a bad interview. No, I. I, I did a lot. There was a lot of write-ups in magazines like Fangoria. Yeah. Um, stuff like that that I've done over the years. They, they didn't talk to me about it. Yeah. They would just print them. 
So you don't like Fangoria at all because I, of that, no, right? I, love, I've had, I used to have all of them. Oh, you do? Okay. No, I, I did. Just the experience. Until my until my, my sister and my brother were mad at me for something. I don't remember what. Yeah. I had, do you know what, um, Famous Monsters of Filmland? Oh, of course. Newspaper? Basil Gogos. That's right. Yep. And, and and then the other magazine, Famous Monsters of Filmland? Yep. I had everyone from number one through 100-something. That's crazy. Everyone. Yeah. Right? They're worth a fortune. Fortune. I come home one day, and I go to take one of them out. I think I was 17. Okay. And my sister and my brother had put a dot of glue, must have been weeks before, on every page of every magazine. So they were all dried and stuck together. What? I swear to God. So I threw them all away. I wish I didn't. I wish I had kept them. Even in that condition. Yeah. I could have worked it apart. Yeah. You know, over the years, probably. But I threw everything away. Mm -hmm. I'm so mad. Even if I just kept the covers. Yeah, the covers right. are the coolest the part. The yeah, <laughs> the artwork. I mean, they would look great, you know, framed somewhere. Yeah, but I never, um, I'll never forget them. Well, I mean, I did cut the eyes out of my sister's dolls, Quasimodo, yeah. and and my my mom had. We were very poor, and my mom probably got it from my aunt because they had money. But my mom had one green eyeshadow um, oh. that was perfect for doing like the Frankenstein monster. Yeah, and um, it was by um, uh, it was by uh, Givenchy. It must have been really expensive back then in the 70s, early 70s. That one? I chopped it all up. Yeah. yeah. I have some photos. I think there might be one in here that I gave you guys of me doing some makeups when I was, you know, 13. They're really bad. That one film I was telling you about earlier before we were doing the interview, um, Johnny Gruesome, that I did a couple years ago. Same director that did this horror movie called Slime City. You probably haven't heard of it, but... um. Yeah, the poster art he did was inspired by Basil Gogos. That's what it looks oh, that's like. That's fantastic. Yeah, it was super cool. See, I love poster art. I love it. I mean, I don't know if you've noticed on my face, Facebook page. I oh, it's amazing. All, yeah. all posters, I love them. Yeah. No, I do too. Especially the really... The, the good ones. <laughs> well, mostly the European ones. Yeah. The really odd. You know, like, there's nothing about the film. You know, it's like, like a splotch of yeah. a face of just all green and then blue hair yeah. <laughs> on a red background. and. It's and it's for like you know a movie you never would expect to do that like yeah. you know Dark Passage or some Humphrey Bogart film. Yeah, posters nowadays are atrocious. They're horrible. They're, They're just, so just, bad. They're just for money and just. Uh, no, oh, no, I I can't I, stand I, might, it. I might have it. I I will find out in the next month or so because they're going to come by with them. But when I was moving out of my house on Beverly Glen, I had a nice house on Beverly Glen. When I was moving out, I had a big sale. Uh huh. And I was I, and I I it was a bad time. I just hurt my hand and. And I was on my like third operation, and I just wanted everything to go, and I was going to move. Yeah. And um, friends, very close friends, had taken a bunch of my stuff. Mm -hmm. um, they took my all my mom's um, Christmas decorations because mm -hmm. I was selling them. And they just took them all, and um, and they took my posters, and they took this Freddy head that I have, mm -hmm. which got back from them, and a bunch of other stuff of my personal things, mm -hmm. and they kept them all these years. It's ten years. Mm -hmm. And they just called me and told me that they found the posters. Yeah. And I thought they'd all been sold or I gave them away. I used to give everything away. Mm -hmm. I, my, whenever I got a jacket or a shirt, t-shirt from a film, from all the films I've done, it's a lot of, lot of you know, swag. Like crew jackets and crew stuff? Crew jacket. Beautiful Arnold gave leather jackets with you know a, a thing inside that had a special thing that said, uh, to Lou, Merry Christmas, love Arnold. Yeah. You know, I, gave, I sent everything to my dad for years and years and years. And so when he died, I went back, you know, to, to New Jersey for the funeral. And when, when, when uh, 
the night I was about to leave, his, his, his then wife uh, uh, said to me, uh, do you want, and she took me into the room and he had everything I sent him, he had dry cleaned and wrapped in plastic, hanging on hangers in his closet. I mean, yeah. literally the closet was completely filled with my junk. Yeah. Hanging, beautiful. You should, you want any of these things. And I was so sad about my dad and everything. I yeah. said, yeah, I don't want anything. Yeah. Give it to your sons. And I wish, <clears throat> I wish I had done that. Yeah. But you don't regret those kind of things. It's just, no. what are you going to do now, right? Exactly. I think in these posters, I might have my Revenge of the Jedi poster. Oh, an original? Yeah. Oh. Before they, before they changed the name to uh, Return of the Return. Jedi? Yeah. Oh, that's going to be worth yeah, a pretty penny. <laughs> back then, they sent it to the theater. Yeah. And of course, they pulled it right away. Yeah. And you were supposed to send them back. I never forget, too. Because it was like, imperative that they come back. Yeah. But, I mean... It's it's a collector's item. I know I have uh, I know I have um, the Blue Lagoon, and I don't know how I got that. Yeah, I know original, and I know I have um, uh, a Nightmare on Elm Street one. I don't know which one. Oh. And something signed by Arnold. I don't know what else is in there. There's a, she said there's ten or fifteen of them. So I, I haven't seen him. Yeah. You know, and, and even when that ten years ago, I probably hadn't seen him for twenty years before that, or fifteen years before that. Yeah. And where'd you say those are now? Those posters? A friend has them. He's gonna bring. They're gonna bring them to me. They're they're away right now. Yeah. She found them just yesterday or two days ago, and she was leaving today yeah. to go away to their their beach house. Yeah. In um in uh, Florida, and so when she gets back next month, she'll drop them by. Well, uh, they're in a, they're in a, a sealed uh, yeah. You know, one of those shipping containers. Let me know if you want to part with any of those. <laughs> I <probably will. laughs> I mean, what am I gonna do with Elm that? Street? Would be cool. <laughs> I have, I, 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 beyond those things, yeah, I've yeah. collected real art. Yeah, of course. Know, from all over the world. So yeah. Some amazing pieces. There's an artist named um, Andrew Salgado. When I was doing, uh, uh, this isn't on, is it? Yeah. It's still on. We're still recording. Yeah. Still, oh, okay. I, 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 I don't want to tell that story then. <laughs> but I said uh, Andrew Salgado. Um, I went to his studio. I, I walked into my, it was for a tooth fairy, and they had this beautiful condo for me. And we were going to be there like three or four months. Yeah. And it was a gorgeous condo. It was a glass building. It was stunning. And on the, on the counter when, you, when I walked in, there was one of those like LA weekly kind of newspapers, mm-hmm. but for Vancouver. And it had, on the cover, it had a picture of a painting, a portrait. Um, and and um, I, I loved it. It was just amazing. I never, never seen anything that was such expression. And it was pretty big, 48 by 48. And I called up the editor of the newspaper, and he said, "Oh, that show's over, and I think they sold all the pieces." So I get, I get, a, he gives me the number, the phone, the um, email of that of the artist, and I email him. I say, "If anything comes back or anything, please, I would love to buy a piece, or maybe I can come to your studio and buy something else." I mean, I was working on, you know, big movies back then. I had the money, so I, I, I he calls me up and he says, I, "I don't know which one you wanted, but I had a, a collector of mine." buy two paintings, yeah. two portraits. And they were all very similar, um, just different poses you know, of, the, of the, the face. And, and he said, one of them came back. Mm-hmm. Would you like to come and see it? Yeah. And I said, yeah. I'm, 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 I mean, they were actually uh, giant portraits of, that the police had taken of this artist when he had been beaten up in the street. He was gay bashed. And, 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 and he went to the police and, and he was bleeding everywhere and wow. he took pictures of him bleeding. And this is what the post, most of the paintings were. The one that I liked was his glorified version of that person beat up. 
mm-hmm. like really looking great. Yeah. And it was a self-portrait. Since I bought that painting, I, I, I won't say how much I paid for it, not much, but since I bought it, this artist has blown up crazy, and his name is Andrew Salgado, he's brilliant, and his pieces now sell for like 35, same size, for like 35,000 pounds wow. each. And so uh, that kind of thing I've been collecting now all the years I've been working. You know, I would go to galleries with Arnold and I'd buy a little painting. And yeah. I remember yelling at him one time. We were, he was buying something for Maria at a jewelry store and it was very expensive. It was like $30,000 for just this little necklace. Oh. And um, it was beautiful, but not, I don't know, $30,000. No, yeah. And he said, he said, he said, it's all relative, Chubby. <laughs> he goes, well, you remember when we went to that gallery in, in Houston, Texas, yeah. and you saw that painting, it was $2,500, and you thought that was a lot of money. And for me, you know, that's about as high as I would go. Yeah. And I, I, when I bought that painting. And I remember you, after you bought it, you were worried about whether you could afford it, you know, even though I was working and, and, and making good money. I didn't regret ever buying that painting. And he's like, it's, it's relative. For you, that was expensive. And for me, this is expensive. But in the same, re- same way that you bought it, you still bought it. Mm-hmm. And I said, I still bought it. You know, he came from nothing. His first, his, his first check he got from Hercules in New York, he bought a building. He's very smart with real estate. Mm-hmm. He's a sweet man, Arnold. Yeah. Like I said, I'd love to meet him one day. <laughs> He's a, he's a great. I know he's just hanging around uh, Gold's gym all the time, right? I, I don't know. I, no, he has a gym in his house. Yeah. On a daily basis, he, he works out at home. But yeah. But um, he, um, I think. But you can find him there he sometimes. Owns, he owns a couple of them. I know that. Yeah. But um, I won't say on this where if you run into him every day, <laughs> but I'll go after. That's perfect. Remind me. <laughs> okay. Cool. Well, thank you so thank much. Thank you. I really appreciate it. This it was, was so much fun. It was very exciting for me. Yeah. I haven't done this ever. I love talking about work in general, and your work is just amazing. I, I, I didn't sound too, uh, I don't know what the word is, um, too fancy. Great. Uh, literally, you were perfect. Oh, yeah. Exceeded expectations. It's probably one of the best episodes we've done. Oh, really? Oh, <laughs> yeah. thank you. Oh, yeah. Some people don't really know what to say. Like You have a, you have a lot of good stories. Some, some people, I'm not going to say who, but they just don't have much to say about themselves. Well, I, I, I have... For my book that I'm writing, I have about 10 stories that I, I have to tell with people because I can't just yeah. write it. I realize as writing them, they yeah. don't come out the way they should unless I'm telling them in front of people who will laugh at the right place yeah. and get the, the humanity of it or the, you know, the yeah. love that's in the story. So I have to, I have to tell it. In front of, and what, I, what I've done for a couple of the stories is I've like gone out to dinner with friends and told that story yeah. to make sure they didn't know it already and... Yeah. I told that story. My book, any of the stories I've told here, not, I can't think of one of them that would be in the book. Yeah. Maybe um, our, our, our Roy's story about uh, Bulgaria would be, is in there. It's much longer and it's really funny. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait for this book. Yeah. You don't have, you don't have a title yet or do I you? Don't have, I have a tentative title, um, Confessions of a Hollywood Makeup Artist. Okay. But I don't really care for it. Yeah. And, and I really know what I want to do about the, 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 the look of the book. Is um, I've worked with so many big movie stars from the past yeah. and present that I want to uh, have photos, you know, little inch inch size or, or smaller half inch yeah. of each of those people, um, and then um, uh, and then I think on the back I'd like to have the same thing but with my posters from films. That'd be cool. And I think that pe- that would interest people to. Oh, of course, they'd pick yeah. it up right away. Yeah. Well, 
either way, we're excited for the book. We definitely want to check, check it out. out. Yeah, we definitely want to <laughs> check it out. And we're we're definitely rooting for Robert's you on that. Book? Robert's Robert book? No, I haven't. No. Really good. I think Gary Sherman was talking he about that. Copy, yeah. well, like last the end of last year. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna look that one up for sure. He, he, his storytelling is really amazing. He's a Renaissance man, true, a true Renaissance man. He knows a little bit about everything in, in, yeah. in real time. I mean, he's a classically trained actor. Yeah. And I think he went to Rada in in, in London. Yeah. yeah he's, he's he's amazing. He's an incredible actor. He's highly intelligent. Oh, yeah. he's so intelligent. He's so yeah. he's so amazing to be around and. As it, to travel, I've traveled the world with he and Nancy, his wife, is a special uh, part of my, my, my life because like, we had a great time. Wait, his wife's name is Nancy? Nancy, yeah. Oh, that's kind of funny. Not, not really. <laughs> 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 not if you're Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's Nancy. Uh, she's great. My mom's name is Nancy. Yeah. But, but, but they're, they're an amazing couple, and, they, and they're so much fun to be with, to travel with. I, mean, I went to Russia with them and, and Israel and yeah. uh, you know and, and a lot of places in the states and mm-hmm. uh, one other one other country I can't remember what it was, but um, we had a great time traveling and 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 they travel well yeah yeah and you still keep t- keep in touch with him right oh yeah very that's much, great very much, yeah. that's really cool they're really good friends um, I, I I love them I really like I love being around them I haven't seen them in a, in a while maybe over a year okay uh, but I keep up with them that's great especially Nancy on Facebook. Yeah, I'll get a call once in a while, or I'll call, you know. Yeah, like that. but I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, you know, lie and say I see them all the time. I don't. I no, don't, yeah, of course. I don't see anybody enough. Yeah, I'm bad at that. I'm really bad at mm-hmm. keeping up with. Yeah, it's hard right now, obviously, with everything that's going it's impossible on. Possible right now, but I have, I have, I have literally sixty dinners to go on when it's over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I honestly, I keep telling everybody. Everybody's like, "Oh, 2020's dead. 2020's the worst year ever." But like. Maybe, no, maybe I think it's going to be good. If, I think if, at the end it's going to be good, and then twenty twenty one is going to be like a party. Restaurants year. are going to really make hell. Oh, they're going to make like hell. Oh, yeah. My favorite restaurant is uh, it's called Oliva. I don't know if you've ever been there. It's um, Oliva. It's on um, it's on Van Nuys Boulevard. In oh, Oaks. No. oh, it's, it's, I'm probably by there all the time. It's real authentic, true Italian. I've I, I been in Italy like twenty times. I, I have Italian passport. Uh, I lovingly. Oh. And, what, what's, what's your name again? Oliva. O l i v a. I heard Italy is amazing. It's like to visit. No, yeah. there's no place in the world like it. The people are unbelievable. They're, yeah. you know, I, I, I always joke and say, I hate, I hate Parisians. I love Paris, but I hate yeah. Parisians because they're, they're you, if you don't the speak fakes. perfect French, they don't like you. Yeah. But in Italy, if you just try, if you say grazie, like thank you, or, or prego, or, 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 you know, where's the, dovio bagno, where's the bathroom? Just say one or two things in Italian. Yeah. And they'll be ecstatic. Yeah. They don't care about the rest. But but not not um, but Italians are the food in Italy is. Uh, oh, I heard it's insane. It's insane and it's incredible. France, on the other hand, I heard is horrible. No, it's not. It's it's, it's not. It's, well, if you like French cooking, here here's. But here's the people I'm talking about, like I, I heard no, the no, no 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 the French people in, in, in most of France are unbelievable. Oh They're okay. Wonderful. It's just Paris Parisians. I see. It's very snooty. Okay. But the rest of France is nice. They're, oh, it's it's it, it's gorgeous. Yeah. Um, but but beyond that, um, it's it's the people are really wonderful and sweet and and and, and you know and, and, and loving and yeah. Um, Germany Germany they're nice people are fantastic but the the place runs perfectly on time the, the buses and the and the trains are on time yeah and, and the place is unbelievably clean 
Yeah. And it makes me a little nervous. Yeah. <laughs> you go to Italy, it's just the opposite. Mm-hmm. But you can walk up to a, you walk up to the crappiest little uh, place to buy, uh, you know, a piece of pizza or, or, or a calzone or a sandwich. Still unbelievable. And it's unbelievable. Yeah. Pizza here sucks. I can't stand that. Oh, L.A. pizza. Well, not, not, try, um, there is actually a place in, not far from here that I used to go to, uh, but it's on one of the side streets right off uh, San Fernando. But there's Amici. a place called um, Amici's. Daniele's Wood Fire Pizza. Really? It's in um, it's in Valley Village. Okay. And it's just like New York or a pizza in Italy. What's that called again? Daniele's, like Danielle. Daniele's. Oh, that was my babysitter's Wood Fire Pizza. <laughs> Daniele's. Wood Fire Pizza. Do you like wood fired typically? Yeah, it's it, it, it depends on what the ingredients are. Yeah, it's nothing to do with, and and and, and of course, what's her name is on play some actress, um, Italian actress. Um, she has um, uh, oh, the piece of play Mulberry Street. Okay. And Beverly Hills. Yeah. Was oh, I might have been to that one. That's good. That's yeah, there was one place in Beverly Hills. The water from New York. That might be the place I've been to. Is it kind of small? Very small. Yeah, I've been there. But yeah. Daniele's is, is is they deliver. I think they might deliver here. Yeah. I have to ask. But, um, or just go there. That you can sit and eat there. Um, mm-hmm. I lived in Valley Village for ten years, so uh, for eight years, so I, I ordered from them a lot, and I, I ordered from them last night. I had yeah. pizza from last night, but Daniele's Woodfire Pizza is amazing. Okay, uh, it, it's very hard to find good pizza in, in, in LA. Yeah, it's it's tough. There's actually one good deep dish pizza that I went. Oh, you just ruined it. Which one? What's, what's deep oh, I know, I know, I know. I know, I know. It's, crust, uh, it, it can't be deep dash. I know, I know. But you're, you're there is one that, that's better than you most LA pizza. I never even want to talk to you again. The Masa, <laughs> the Masa place. <laughs> I, I'll tell a story on here because it's a trick. So I'm, 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 I'm not a big fan of deep dish, but if, if, you, if you want it. <laughs> backpedaling, backpedaling. If you want so it, they have We're in Rome at, with The Rock, right? And he wants to go to yeah. have, He loves pizza. Yeah. And he wants to go have great pizza. So I take him to the best pizza place that I know it's perfect yeah. it's thin yeah it's tomato I mean I'm from Buffalo so I like the regular style yeah it's called it's called uh, uh, margarita right it's got basil and fresh mozzarella it's yeah. all fresh yeah, yeah yeah and it's super thin and crispy yeah and he gets the pizza and it's like you know four slices and you know in Italy the, the portions are very small because when you go to a restaurant there here if you go to a restaurant you can go in and eat and you'll leave, and then they'll fill that table again. Yeah. And and when you those people leave, they'll fill the table again three, maybe four times, right, at a restaurant to have yeah. four seatings. In Italy, one, mm-hmm. one seating. You go in, you sit down, and you're there three hours. Yeah. Because you have five course meal. Yeah. The meals, the the, 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 the things are small. Yeah. But they're incredible. Mm-hmm. You want to have that. You want to have it's an experience there. Um, a couple of times when I went to Italy, I went alone. A lot of them, most of them were with you know Arnold or, or The Rock or, or Roy. But, but but when I when I travel there on my own, um, when you go to a restaurant there, they don't even let you sit by yourself. Okay. They'll put you at a table with somebody else who's alone. <laughs> I mean, last time I, I remember last my last trip, really five years, six years ago. Um, I went to this restaurant and and they sat me at the with with this woman. They asked for us, would you mind if if this gentleman sits with you? And they always look up and look at you. And uh, I, I always liked it because you get to meet people. Mm-hmm. This woman was American. She was the buyer. She was the shoe buyer. I was in Milan. She was the shoe buyer for Nordstrom's. Like all the Nordstrom store in uh, the world. That's my dad's favorite store. Uh, Nordstrom's? Oh, yeah. He loves it. It's like, it's like uh, very expensive. 
He must be rich. It was that, and then the oak one. I forgot. Oh, there's needless markup. Oak something. Yeah. Needless markup is just, what is that? Um, Neiman Marcus. Yeah. Oh, oh, where does he live? Buffalo, New York. Oh, there's different stores there though. That, that we yeah. There's great stores there. Yeah. I have a lot of family in Buffalo. Oh, do you really? Yeah. And, and do you know what part? Uh, no. No. I couldn't tell you what sec, what like. Sec, yeah. No. It's been a long time. It's been since, yeah. since the seventies. I've been there. Uh because it was family. We yeah, used to drive yeah. up from Jersey. But um, uh, I took so I took Dwayne to this, this place, and yeah. he hated the pizza. And then he, I said to him, "Order anything here. Everything will be amazing. Yeah. Do not order steak, because they don't do that. It's not an Italian thing to have no, steak." No, yeah, that's weird. When have you ever seen that in a menu in, in, a, in an Italian restaurant? <laughs> maybe maybe they'll have like they'll have asabuco, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, that kind of stuff, but not a steak. No, and it's always fatty. Right, not good in a good way. Yeah, and that's exactly what he gets—a fatty piece of steak. <laughs> We're in Rome, and I, I took it to Piazza Navona, and this, 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 this area—it uh, used to be um, one of the original uh, chariot races. Were in this piazza because it's super long mm-hmm. and it's in an oval shape, and they used to have chariot races in there. And um, this is, you know, like three hundred or two hundred A.D. Yeah. And, uh, but that's when it was originally built. There's no building in Rome that's not 600 years old. Yeah. Even the houses they live in. There's, there's I don't know, like a thousand churches. After a while, you don't want to go into the churches because yeah. it gets to be a bit much. Mm-hmm. After you're like 40th church, mm-hmm. you're like, <laughs> it's very religious in here. A lot of gold. <laughs> <laughs> no, it like gets Lapis it gets lazuli. Yeah. It's everywhere. But um, the, the, you, you'll never see anything more beautiful than Florence, Italy. I know. I heard. I heard it's, it's insane. Incredible. I went to Ireland. Ireland's very nice. Food there sucks. It's beautiful. It's the right time of year, though. Yeah, the food's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. England has what? But in London, you get the best Indian food anywhere in the world. Even Indian in, food, really? Indian food. It's what? Indian, because they're in, they're India used to be British. Okay. British ruled India for hundred years. Okay. And they just gave it back like five years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ten years ago. I think, I think I'm not, I mean, I'm probably off on all the dates, but, um, but yeah, it used to be, it used to be British territory. Yeah. So, so they all were allowed to go back and forth. Mm-hmm. So it's filled with Indians in, in London. Yeah. And in the, the, the food there, the Indian food is unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, so good. It's, it's the only thing you really can eat. Mm-hmm. Otherwise you get something called, um, bubble and squeak. Mm-hmm. That's a, um, breakfast. That's like a, that's like a fried eggs and, uh. And lard. <laughs> yeah, I, I always have trouble with Indian food, though, because uh, I can't get past the smell. The smell, really? I don't know. The smell bothers me. I want, I want to try it. I can, I can pretty much guarantee you're never getting invited to dinner at my house. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Do you like you're a big Indian? No, you just deep dish pizza and the smell of Indian Oh, food? I'm not. I'm, I, I wasn't saying. I'm really not a big Who fan. Who are you as a guest? I'm really not a big fan of deep dish. I was just saying because no, that's, I'm, that's the I'm only... That's the only decent Chicago oh, you get style. Sick when you smell Indian food, no, I don't get sick. I've just we had a place near my my house in Buffalo that oh, we you're talking about by. the smell of the restaurant. I don't know. I just no, just cooking from the outside food, of it. The food cooking, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just I haven't tried much of it. I have I've had curry, obviously, but I've had I've had Indian food once, and I I it was pretty good. I mean, it's been a while, but you know, I, I liked it. What do you normally eat? Ch- I might have, I've, I have had chicken marsala too, actually. Do you I've, guys cook? I cook, yeah. Yeah, no, I like chicken marsala and curry, but I haven't tried much beyond that. Chicken marsala is Italian. Okay. Chicken, what's what's marsala. the well, what's chicken, the what's the Indian chicken? chicken? Tikka okay. Chicken tikka masala. 
chicken tikka masala. Yeah. And there's um, chicken vindaloo. Okay. Uh, or just uh, chicken chicken masala is my favorite. Okay. It's, it's got a red sauce. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. It's really good. It's, it's really made good. With, um, tomatoes. I think my my friend Morgan caters that or he puts that. I'm sure they do. Yeah. It's it's, uh, well, it's popular. Also, um, chicken um. Uh, the, the, the chicken tandoori, which is like red chicken. Oh, okay. It's got the spice on it that is bright red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of caterers do that. Yeah. Because it's easy to do. Mm-hmm. I used to have these parties at my house. Um, in Sherman Oaks, I had a giant pool, and, and mm-hmm. it was really set up for parties. Like yeah. Big, you know, I'd have these Italian party every year, and like 600 people, and I, I, missed, I missed that a lot. Yeah. And what my a couple of friends would come, and I, we would cook everything. Yeah. All the food, all the uh, pastas, and and uh, we just put it out a giant buffet. And it started out with 200 people, and by the fourth one, it was 600 people. I didn't even invite 600. I only invited. They just all showed up. <laughs> yeah, they just show up. I had one guy. I had one guy that I didn't even know he was doing this. He'd come to the first party, and and loved my pool so much. He lived up the street from me on Beverly Glen. Um, I caught him in my pool one day. What? Just came a over year later. He was jumping my fence like nearly every day. I didn't even know it. Oh my god! It's a beautiful pool. I saw, I saw your picture of it. It was a gorgeous house. Yeah. Pool, but but it was it was too expensive. I couldn't keep it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 the, the um cost of, of of what you're paying here, you get a five bedroom house in 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 uh, in, in uh, South Carolina, brand new five bedroom house with a pool. It's crazy. Seriously. Yeah. Twenty one hundred. I just saw it the other day. Really. Gorgeous house. Oh my god. Stunning. Yeah. For twenty one hundred. With a pool. With a giant pool. <laughs> a big brick house. Beautiful brick house. Yeah. Like a mansion. Five bedrooms. Three bathrooms. Yeah, it's typical California for you with the crazy prices. Not here, you're not gonna get that one. Uh, oh yeah. My apartment is is just twenty three hundred and it's it's only one bed, one bath. Yeah. But it's a cute place. It's a, a bungalow, a nineteen forties bungalow. You don't see yourself ever leaving California, right? Or do you? Uh, I have two granddaughters who are twin, twin eight-year-olds, and I, 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 I love them so much I could never leave because of them. But yeah. they live in Torrance. But um, I, I, I'd like to live near the water someday again. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm Pisces, and I love water. Yeah. And um, to sit on the beach every day. It's the best. I, mean, I have nothing to do. I can just as much watch, uh, you know, bones at the beach than yeah, right. <laughs> sitting in my apartment. Yeah, for sure. So... And I miss I miss having my I don't miss my house I miss the pool. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe when your book comes out, it'll sell a million copies. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll get you a pool. <laughs> I, I don't know how that would work. I, I I don't I don't picture that. I picture I picture you know, two hundred copies to my friends. Well, <laughs> I'm gonna share it around like crazy. I'm gonna make sure everybody gets one. Uh, well, I hope yeah. so. I hope it does well. I, I think it might. Um, I'm looking forward to the it. intro and the and the and the um forward that I have that I'll have and uh, yeah. And I think the stories will be interesting. Um, they will be interesting, and, and how how it's being structured around around Roy Scheider. Um, uh, I mean, amazing, uh-huh. amazing things we would get to. And, and <laughs> it's not in the book, but I, I'll tell you a quick story. We were doing Sequest. Mm-hmm. We worked late sometimes, and and yeah. we we Roy and I used to like to go after work to get something to eat, a bite to eat. And Roy had the whole family there with him, so going home and, and getting in the kitchen and cooking something would wake everybody up. So he'd yeah. always say, let's go to the Italian restaurant we like. And, and, and Well, one night it was really late. It was like 11.30, and they were closed already. But he went, we went up to the door, and he's peeking in, and he sees people sitting at a table eating. Yeah. So, you know, after at, at a restaurant, people make food for themselves or eat what's left over, whatever they do. 
And so he saw them in there, and he said, they're all still and eating me. They'll, they'll, they'll serve us. And I said, I said, Roy, they're, they're not going to let us in. He goes, you know, a, a, in, in original size of movie theater, screen is 60 by 40, right? Probably about that. But, yeah. But that, that shape at 60 by 40. And he, he pointed to his face. He, he banged the door, and he waited a little bit. And he banged more, and I saw them get up. I said, they're getting up. He goes, when they get a load of the 60 by 40, they'll let us in. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. <laughs> and we did. <laughs> and, we, and, and that was the first, that was like the first time we had done that. Yeah. But we would do that after that because we were there almost a year and a half yeah. in, 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 in Florida, in Orlando. We shot originally in, in here in LA, mm-hmm. in first. And then the second season was in Florida. And we went to this restaurant a lot. Mm-hmm. And we got to know everybody and it worked in there. And, it was fun. We ate whatever they were eating. And sometimes I think they would wait. They knew we would come there around 1130. Mm-hmm. So they would wait to eat. We'd get there and they were just sitting down. Mm-hmm. And we would eat whatever they made. Yeah. We didn't even order anything. In Italy, you can do that. There's a lot of restaurants where the, you go in and, 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 you, and they have a set. Whatever they're making that day. Yeah. That's all you get. Yeah. And they, they just, there's no menu. And you walk in and it's... Uh, Especially out in the in the when you go into those little towns in Tuscany, and yeah. they don't even have a restaurant. No, no, you have to go and knock on somebody's door. They'll, somebody will tell you. Just ask. Mm-hmm. Get into a little town. Like I, I rented a car on my second trip there, and I went all through Tuscany by myself. Oh, that's and cool. I would get to a town like late at night, yeah. and, and check into my hotel, and I would say to the hotel, "Where, where can I get a meal at this time of night?" And they say, "Go down to twenty one. You know, just down, turn left, the yellow, the yellow house. Knock on the door, and they'll feed you." Yeah. And, and, and when, when, you know, when you're done eating, they'll feed you amazing food. And when you're done, you ask them, how much do I owe you? And they're like, pay whatever you think it's worth. Yeah. In Italian, they'll say it to you. And you're like, you got to be kidding me. Of course, you pay more than you would ever have paid anyway. Mm-hmm. Because it was amazing always. But I ate a lot of times like that. That sounds amazing. You, have to, you, have to, you, have to, you, you, can't, be, uh, you can't be shy. No, you yeah. can't be. No. Well, you're, you're the... the the other side of that is you don't eat. Yeah. No, exactly. And a lot of, a lot of those hotels also don't even have hotels. Mm-hmm. They'll just say, you can go and knock on the, you know, the door. You just ask anybody that you know where to send you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you can stay there. Or, or if, a little bit nicer if you go to this house. Or, you know, say, don't mm-hmm. go there. She's not nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Italians are so open that way. Yeah. But traveling that way is so amazing. No, I'm definitely looking forward to getting out there at least at some point. My, my very first trip to Italy was Roy Scheider and Brenda Scheider. Roy and mm-hmm. was their honeymoon. Exactly. Oh, wow. Same hotels, same restaurants. I rented my car where they told me to rent it. I, I, I drove where they told me to go. and yeah. um, It was incredible. That's so cool. One, one, one restaurant was in um, Montefucciano. Um, uh, and they had a little hotel upstairs with three rooms. Yeah. It wasn't really a hotel, but it was really beautiful. And I went there and they, and they gave me a room and they said, well, we don't, it was like 1130. And, and they don't have lunch there in, in restaurants. It's mostly it was evening. Yeah. Which means you're there three hours or more. So I, I, they said, well, but, but come down when you're done, you know, you know showering, whatever, come down and, 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 and we'll see what we can get, find you. And, and as they were cooking, whatever they were cooking for that night, they would bring out to you three, three little meatballs or, yeah. uh, you know, one, one ravioli. <laughs> and like 20 things by the time you're done. And, and wine... Um, you know, it, it, it was almost always in unmarked bottles because it would be their wine, yeah. the house wine, and from from the vineyard up up the street. So crazy. And, and yeah, and and how they how they can tell how they tell you to how they know how to charge you yeah. is they'll just point on the bottle, 
<laughs> you have the bottle in front of you, and they'll just go right there. Right there. <laughs> there. When you drink the bottle down to there, and they'll come back, and they'll go, okay, now it's here. <laughs> and without even speaking to you. And then, and I, it took me a while to figure this out, because they would come over and do that to my bottles, because they just put a bottle on your table, always. That's funny. A filled bottle. Yeah. And um, my favorite wine that I learned from being all over Italy uh-huh. is called Tini Yellow. It's amazing. It's like, it's like eating a steak cooked in butter. Really? Oh, it's, it's so smooth and, oh, wow. and it's, it, it's a little expensive. It's like a hundred something. But here, here it's like twenty bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here it's it's like it's very expensive. But but I would always, when I go when I went whenever I go I always bring back a couple bottles. Yeah. But um, I, I miss Italy a lot. Let me know next time you're going. I'll go with you. <laughs> I, I I would love to go with people. I I, I always I always my last couple of trips were with um family like not like like couples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we would go like six couples or so. We did the Orient Express from in the original cars from like you ever see the Murder on the Orient Express? I saw the remake. I saw the original like maybe once. And and even the remake they use the same cars, but yeah. the Orient Express they have these cars from the nineteen twenties. They're made with elite glass and yeah. and, uh, and, and hand polished wood, teak wood. It's incredible what they look like. And um, and there's only six rooms in each each train car, mm-hmm. so you know there's not a lot of people. And you get your own, though that car gets its own a dining room, mm-hmm. you know, because of how it's set up. Yeah. And then it's a cordon bleu meal cooked by a, a cordon bleu chef, which is like six courses. And, and, and the trip from Rome to Venice is like five hours only by car. Yeah. But on the train, it's overnight. Because once you're on the car, they go, they go so, many, so fast, like maybe 30 miles an hour. But then in the middle of the night when you're sleeping... They're going like five miles an hour only, mm-hmm. but it feels the same as because it's moving. Yeah, but it's going so slow. But you're in, in the Orient Express, and it's, it was incredible to do that. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, we we did a murder mystery. We did a we did a, a Agatha Christie type murder mystery. Yeah, we all played characters. I was Hercule Poirot, <laughs> and <a> mustache. <laughs> <laughs> and that's cool. Tuxedo. Yeah. Everybody, the, the story, the 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 mystery was, it was a year after. Um, they were making a movie. A movie company was making a movie in in uh, in Venice, and it starred uh, Jimmy Stewart and these big movie stars from the '30s. And um, and on the on the on the road on the trip, somebody kills John Wayne. Mm-hmm. And 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 this was all the year later. They invited everybody back who was on that trip to figure out who killed John Wayne. Oh, that's cool. It was really well written. Yeah, my ex wrote it. And, it was so much fun to do something like that. Mm-hmm. And since there were six, there were only five couples, and there's a sixth room, and the same thing at the table, tables in the, in the, uh, in the uh, dining car. Mm-hmm. So there was another couple there that wasn't with us, wasn't with our group, but they were forced to be, mm-hmm. and listen to our game because it was really, you know, mm-hmm. trying to figure, I would have people come to my table and I would question them as Hercule Poirot and, mm-hmm. and go back to their seat, the next couple would come over. and It was so much fun. That's so cool. I, I didn't guess who the murderer was, though. No. <laughs> it, was, it was Betty Davis. My cousin played her, and she was such an overacted as the character. Yeah. I like, couldn't possibly be her. Uh-huh. She's such a bad actress. <laughs> <laughs> we had a good time. All right, I'll let you guys go. Well, yeah. th- thank you so much yeah. for doing this. You're welcome. I let me know time. more about the book so I can promote yes, it when I it comes course, out. Yeah. I'm, 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 about, I'm about three-quarters of the way through, and I, I have to get to, to the editor to... to Fix the spelling and the I can't spell it at all. That's all right. None of us can. <laughs> my, my, my one of my my teachers from high school 
is still a good friend. And, yeah. And, and, and uh, don't use any of the things I learned in high school. Nothing. Yeah. Uh, why would I need any of that being a makeup artist? Exactly. Yeah. Especially, especially uh, math. Math. I was just about to say <laughs> algebra, geometry, <laughs> trig. They, I saw the new math. And it's, it's ridiculous. It's stupid. It's so dumb. You never why? use it. You never use Who it. Who will use that? Nobody. It's like the, the longest way around. They just want to they screw up your mind. The, don't they give you the answers and then you have to figure out how to make the, uh, the, the problem? How it works, yeah. It's dumb. Yeah, it was a waste of time. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't help my granddaughters with their, with their homework one day. They're, they're, in, they're in third grade, second grade. Some teachers have a weird way of teaching, too, though. Teaching math. Their mom is their teacher. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Well, thank oh, you so yeah. much. We will hear from you soon.